open up that DC Comics dimensional vortex and slide on that. Start over. Yeah. I knew it was going to fuck me. You hear me, Tim? up that DC Comics dimensional vortex and slide on over to Weird Science for the podcast that tells you how it is, or just rambles on about nonsense and tosses comics in here and there. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode number 83 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. What's going on, Eric? Where's the weird, what is it, Weird Out Loud? You don't even know what it is. You didn't even say Weird Out Loud. I didn't say it last episode either. I figured after all this time, no one has called it it but me. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm done. You thought we were down last last episode. You thought we were a little off. And that might have been it. Come on, give me a little Weird Out Loud. And this is episode 83 of Weird Out Loud. Hello, Weird Science. Oh my God, Weird Science. (laughs) Hello, weird science. Hello, weird science. Oh goodness gracious! That is inappropriate. Oh, what is I'm going on there? Oh yes, here Shit we are. She's gone crazy. Here we are. We're back again. And hello, and welcome to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of August sixth, two thousand sixteen. What's that website? Uh, that is WeirdScienceDCom at WeirdScienceComicsBlogs.blogspot.com. Yes. Yeah, nice. Just follow this if you want to go to the greatest site ever. WeirdscienceComicsBlogs.blogspot.com.com.com.com. Hello, Weird Science. Right here on Weird Science. Oh, That's my right, goodness. Dan. The soundboard is back. I didn't use the soundboard a lot last week. I was more concerned with getting things out and about, you know, to get it out to the masses, Eric. I wanted to be... Uh, right on point, but unfortunately, people did not think that. We had a guy who jumped on the podcast last week and then jumped on my ass yes, on Twitter and kind of was kind of said, "Hey, that, at first it started like, oh my god, an eight-hour podcast. I thought that was a mistake, and I, yeah, so did I." <laughs> and then he says from there, "Oh, you know what? You guys get off topic too much. Not for me." It was and like then of six course, six minutes later, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how he could have listened to anything. He probably listened to the intro. We started talking. You, you probably had an intro like your one just now that seemed very sliders esque. I watched Is a that lot where of sliders you got, today. Was, was that what you had? You had a lot of sliders today, so you started <laughs> that intro with a lot of sliders there. Um, but yeah, he did not like it. And then, kind of, it's funny. First off, it's funny to just shout that out on Twitter, like, "Hey." I'm going to check you guys out. If he doesn't like it, it, me personally, if I don't like something like that, I'll just go and shut, you know, the hell with them. I'll never go and listen to them again, whatever. The guy has to point out, you guys get off topic too much. Then starts giving me tips <laughs> on how we should edit the podcast. And it's like, well, if you got rid of some of that stuff, and I actually started joking around with them more like, oh, yeah, you know what? There is a little comics mixed in with some of the nonsense, you know, we're, we're not just, and he's like, I know, it, is it, it must be tough to edit. That's why you don't do it. No. Nope. Like, what? And nope. then I started, started getting angry. I started like, first off, it takes me a long time to edit the, a podcast that isn't edited. Like we are unedited pretty much. <laughs> just the, the amount of sections and shit to throw together is so crazy. But yeah, then this guy, like I said, he's giving me tips. He's pissing me off, Eric. I, I was so angry. Tips and, and now tricks. I'm getting angry again. I need to get a little up. Here's a little up. This is how we Ooh. do it. Come on, Eric. Let's yeah. go. This is how we do it. 
Like you know, in your high dance here. Yeah. Oh, but the way we do it here at Weird Science is we talk a lot of nonsense because we didn't talk nonsense. I'm trying to do this in sing song too. If we if we got rid of all the nonsense, why would we do the podcast? We already review and read all these comics. It's the fun part for us is the nonsense, right? I'm doing the Without cabbage nonsense, patch. Is that acceptable? Yeah, the cabbage patch is always acceptable. Excellent. Uh, but because this guy said it, I am kind of editing us a little tonight. Oh, no. And how I'm going to edit us is that we are going to be on point today. We are not going to mess around, and I have a nonsense thing. If we talk, start talking nonsense, I'm giving you this. That is the nonsense foghorn. So the minute that you talk nonsense... <laughs> I am hitting the horn and it ends. It's almost like a Pavlov, a reverse Pavlov's dog. When we hear that, we'll stop the nonsense. Like, what did you do today? What did you do today? I watched a shit ton of sliders, man. I started. Oh. Nope, stop it. I don't want to hear that. No sliders talk, Eric. This is a DC Comics podcast. But not even when Robert Floyd took over for Jerry O'Connell. Oh. That, see, that's what happens. Um, did you enjoy your week of books today? This week, it was up and down. No, nonsense, Eric. I don't want – actually, anytime you talk at all, I think the guy told me anytime Eric opens his mouth, nonsense. So I'm going to – it's a weird ending for that. It is. It's winding <laughs> it up for another bell. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. That is from the classic website on instantfoghorn.com. I'm sorry. That's a bit of nonsense right there. I Instant can't to get it so that yeah, it's so loud 50% of our in your headphones, it's going to blow your fucking headphones out. I took oh, a freaking uh, Excedrin right beforehand, so I should be yes. okay for half oh, the episode. Excedrin, did you? Excedrin. You know what we are, Eric? Excedrin this is migraine. not nonsense. Wait, what, what did you take? Excedrin migraine. Wait a minute. What? Oh. Ah. <laughs> That's the problem. I, I can't get to the goddamn popcorn. Uh, you want to hear what's not nonsense? We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. I know that. It's like, I don't know what that is. It's all uh, nonsense. Proud members of the Comics Podcast proud. Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, proud. and Batman Podcast Network. Proud. They're also part of the Potter Family Twitter group, Eric, where there's podcasts that I listen to each and every week. Sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? It's not. We're not getting I'm paid Jim for from this. I'm Science, and I listen to plenty of podcasts when I'm at work. Uh, no, but one that I also I, – I've mentioned a, a bunch of times that I love is the 365 Flicks podcast, and I consider them our UK brethren. Are they going to toss us a few quid for that? They might toss us a few quid indeed. Uh, by the way, they're not both Scottish. We, we have said that before, and they called us out on their podcast. Uh, Kev is actually a Brit like me, Eric, like myself. Oh, yeah, I you're a Brit. Brit. Chris is Scottish. We'll let them go from that, you know. And you know, those Scottish. They're like, I don't know. From what I heard from train spotting, all Scottish garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to you. Insulting <laughs> them. Hey, they watch movies, they watch train spotting, they know. There, Eric, you get it again. This is the, actually what we should do. Wait, I'm waiting for that little bit at the end. Come on. Come on. There we go. <laughs> What a, stupid fucking, what a stupid fucking sound. Who puts this on? Has nobody, you know, emailed instantfoghorn.com and tell them, listen, right. you have a tail end of this that's nonsense. As you said, there's no reason for somebody to come out and say something bad against them. Yep. You're talking nonsense, Eric. This is the new crickets, by the way. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. There we go. Um, now I, I've lost my tra- track of thought. Good. Good. I'm half British, Eric. You know that. I'm I half British from the, my mother's side, 
Fuck it off, side. I don't know, man. I've never met your mom in person. You could just be a horrible liar. Who knows? At one point, you considered her your little... Uh, my, English little British, my little English muffin, yeah. Little English muffin, you called her, but she is a bitch. I used to walk past <laughs> her house coming home from the bar sometime. I'm like, huh, maybe I should go knock on that door. Maybe I go knock on that door, all right. You said, listen, listen, Mrs. Werner, there are only eight planets in the in the solar system. And she said, what do you mean? I thought there were nine. Or I'm messing up the joke already, right? How many are there? <laughs> <laughs> the whole joke was leading to you saying, nope, because tonight I'm destroying Uranus. But boom, boom. Boom. I messed up the joke because I'm an idiot. But yeah, uh, right now, the 365 Flicks, they have uh, a instant reaction podcast up for the Suicide Squad movie. They went and saw that and came home and recorded a quick little thing about how they liked it, you know, a reaction thing. I told you the reaction videos on YouTube, my kids watch them, and it's all just people screaming and yelling. <laughs> I'm telling you, they could have a reaction Lord video. Lord the mailman. And look, here he comes. He's going to. He, he put the mailman up. Ah! He put yeah, the flag back down. Oh, my God. I hate those videos. I can't stand it. But I do like their reaction uh, podcast. I did listen. And why I'm mentioning this as well is just because I love those guys is that this week they're going to have their full review of Suicide Squad. And I am going to record a segment for that, Eric. Nice. I'm going to record a little thing because today I saw the Suicide Squad movie. What do you think of that? I'd never go to see a movie. And I wanted to be the first one on this podcast to see it. And I rushed out and saw it. And here is my spoiler free review i give it a and that's all i'm saying tell me it's nonsense no i i i liked it enough i was talking to i was talking to you a little bit about it i was a little disappointed but i, I gotta really sit down and think about it i'm not really going to review it uh until i do my recording for their podcast so we'll have that up this week or they'll have it up this week on there and i'll you know tweet it out and all that stuff in the meantime four guys in a podcast that we were on that is up now on their itunes go to uh, four guys and a I, I always want to say a cup. Four guys in a comic four guys in a comic and you can hear us and you can hear four me guys, not let anybody talk at all i i just i go on and on don't let anybody get a word in edgewise that's Sounds all i right. do that is all about me isn't it that's the whole podcast uh speaking of though the 365 back to them 365 Flicks. I went to the Chinese buffet earlier, and I'm not even going to hit the nonsense thing. Nonsense is on now, Eric. I don't care what that guy says. The nonsense meter or the horn is down because, Eric, this is yeah, come on. Let's dance it up. I went to the, I Chinese, I went to the Chinese buffet, and at the Chinese buffet, I ate a little too much, as that always. Happens. Yeah, it always does. And as I was eating, I realized, oh, no. I'm getting, I got a little trouble going down below. So yeah. ran off. And in the meantime, I was talking to Kevin from uh, 365 and also Reggie. So I ran, we actually went to go shopping right after the Chinese buffet. I went into the bathroom at Walmart and had the worst diarrhea I've had in probably, you know, 30 Ooh, that seconds. Shit up. I was going to say, you talk oh about your God. diarrhea every fucking yeah, day. Oh, it's awful. So I'm there and I'm getting messages and stuff. And I type in the message. This is all on Twitter messaging. I'm like, I got the worst explosive diarrhea. Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going on. It's like a faucet. I realized I sent it to the guy. <laughs> I sent it to Kev. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, you know, see behind the curtain. It's an ugly curtain. We're very close so now. We can talk about this, yeah, Kevin. He actually was like, oh, man, I was hoping that we were close enough that we could talk <laughs> this. I'm like, oh, well, you opened it up now because we're close. But, you yeah, know, that's my diarrhea story. Told a guy this week on uh, Twitter 
they said, hey, uh, we almost had a weird science-esque podcast. And, uh, you know, that's all about the length. You know, it's all about the length, Eric. And Not the girth? They, no, no, all, all length. And it was a two-and-a-half-hour podcast. I said, oh, you know what? You're working at it. You get, add five more hours, yep. about a, a thousand more uh, fucking curse words, and also a diarrhea story. You're in. That. That's our whole podcast. And you know what? You can follow us on Twitter, Eric, and talk to me about diarrhea at Weird Science DC. You can also like us on Facebook. Check us out there at Weird Science DC Comics. And you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And follow us on our site. What's our site again? WeirdSciencedCComics.com. Oh, geez. I, I hit the thing. I'm the worst with this board. I had the freaking, I had it all set up. I had the volume down. What am I doing here? I have no Why idea what you're doing. Mixblogs.blogspot.com. Boy, that's a joke that failed. Holy moly. Also, you can check us out at weirdsciencedccomics.podbean.com. That's our thing on Podbean, and I'm all out of sorts now. And uh, if you go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, where else? The radio, TV. Whatever podcasts are sold. A, a boombox with a guy walking down the street ready to kick your ass, and you hear our podcast, you can rate and review it. We have not had a lot of rate and reviews. What's Simbad tell me? 19 double, uh, D batteries? Double boom D, box? D, motherfucker, D. You <laughs> didn't like that. I'm doing the right thing. D, motherfucker. That's about as far as you got, right? That is as far as I got D, in the movie. Motherfucker, D. You can also call the Rant and Rave Line, the Weird Science Rant and Rave Line. Eric, I thought it was taken off at one point. Uh, I don't know now, but you can call it at 641-715-3900. Can you imagine if Christine from Evine Live, Live tried to say that? Big nonsense. But yeah, 641 715 3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy. <sighs> that easy. And we have a rant and rave. We have one this week. It is from Dancing Mike. Dancing Mike. Yes. Dancing Hi, Jim. Mike. Hi, holograms. And Not a hello. Jim and the holograms. Can you keep them in the dark for yeah. now? Yeah. Sing it from the wind and oh, This is Dancing Mike. <laughs> I went to the Golden Age 1942 Wednesday to pick up my books for this week. And get paid for I your freaking spots. I do like this. Like, he doesn't realize that everybody, know, you know, everybody knows you, Mike, now. But they're singing. Think, think singing. Here we go. I actually took my phone in and played the part of episode 82 where Jim says, the Golden Age 1942, a couple of times after I said my local comic shop. That's right. Well, good. We were worried we said it wrong. It's so cool. I've got to play that it's for my wife. We uh, his wife <laughs> went up with him and wasn't there Wednesday. So I told him where to find the uh, podcast, uh, iTunes, uh, Podbean, Stitcher. Everywhere, Mike. Long podcast, and there oh, is adult nice. language to be warned. But he oh, was really language. pleased that... He got mentioned all the podcasts, so you might have a new listener. And um, and most importantly, you brought a smile to someone's face. And oh. that's what you guys are known for, bringing smiles to people's faces. That's why faces. we do it, Eric. That is why and, we do it. Uh, just a side note, it is nice to have a comic book shop run by a nice guy. There's one a comic book shop that's part of a chain that I will not name. In a Talk some shit, Mike. Come on, do it. Go to every once in a while to pick up things. And usually when you would take something up to the counter there, they looked like they were annoyed that you were actually trying to buy something. It's like our shop with DC stuff. Their job, which is apparently like to play you. whatever games <laughs> on the tables in the back of the store. 
Occasionally, they would have a pleasant staff member, but I found that to be the exception rather than the norm. Anyway, I did have two books I picked up this week. The first one is Batman Beyond number 15. Right. Not a big fan of Bernard Chang's art. His As he said on the site. Art style, yes. very angular, not what I would like to see in this book. I was it's weird because I read that tonight for the podcast. I like the art. I like this. The right. art is the strongest part of the book, in my opinion. I've never had a problem with Bernard Chang's art, but, you know, to each his own art. Let's continue. Well, first, something smoother and more futuristic looking, closer to the art style of the original animated series. I guess what I'm trying to say about that art is, don't go Chang just to please me. I'm not a big fan of your art. Why is he not singing, Mike? <laughs> the sound effect crunk was used twice in, twice in this book. Crunk. So it's getting all crunk up in here, it's yo. crunked up. It was rather silly. <laughs> that a thing people say. The bat plane. Because he has a 93.7 voice match, or 93.7% voice match. That's the match. Batmobile, Mike. No, yeah, and the ninety-seven point three—that sounds like where they play all the hits. Eric. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess uh, Kevin Pollack or Dana Carvey could override that security system with a good impersonation. Or Rich Little. Eric. Richard Little to his friends. Richard Little. I don't know why it's Richard. user. I guess this is part four of four of the Wired for Death storyline, but there's no real resolution other than Terry McGinnis's mask coming off, so I think that's just an arbitrary stopping point for a future trade volume. Hey, let's put these four issues no, in the one trade. More. There's one, one more issue. Uh, besides that, uh, I do like where the story is going. There's a lot of good uh, resolution plot points coming together, freaky stuff with Spellbinder, which is the norm with Spellbinder. Do I still got to talk about this book in this podcast? We're wrapping up for yep. Rebirth. So, <laughs> I don't have any uh, notes. Story, so. I really read <laughs> the art Art, I'm not a big fan of, so all in all, I give Batman Beyond at number 15, at 7.5 Jim Dandies. My other book for this week... Have you been reading the series, Mike? Four. He's Batman number Um, four. My five-word review for this one is, Damn, shit just got real. Um, The flash page on pages two and three in the room with (laughs) Duffel soldiers. Uh, The one guy just has a pool of blood where his head should have been. Wow. It's like when you put you put your hand over to your friend and it's all a pile of goo, Eric. No! Pile of goo! I uh, do love Finch's artwork on this series. Uh, good point that uh, Alfred didn't have much of a chance to be a smartass in this issue, which was nice. He still was a dick. He had more than enough, honestly. I fucking hate that guy. But there's another point. It's not just his line, but after that, that even infuriated me more. But. It's not ha- what he said, it's how he said it in my no, mind. No, it's not just what he said. Later, you see Duke looking at the numbers of the dog tags, and you look over, and Alfred is still just standing there with that goddamn tray where Duke <laughs> was holding, trying to you know comfort a Gotham girl. When he walked away, Alfred didn't even go and like put a hand on her shoulder. And maybe he doesn't want to be accused of sexual harassment or something down in the back cave, but he doesn't even comfort her. He's just standing there with that goddamn tray. I'd fucking like to get that tray right upside his fucking head. What happened to you, Alfred? Well, you used to be cool. General Lane kissed the wall, basically, with his head going, <laughs> I think he's dead. Um, I guess there's no way for Gotham to come back now since he snapped the guy's neck. I think that puts you on Batman's naughty list. 
And at the end, Batman got kind of smacked around a bit and left there powerless to stop Gotham from flying off to uh, destroy Gotham City. So uh, it's interesting what Batman's next move will be. I'm really enjoying this series. This uh, issue really picked up action and plot, really moved it along nicely. Uh, Lots of a big body count, though, but I still really, really enjoyed this issue. I give it nine Jim Dandies. Oh. I have one other note. Jim Danny to the rescue. Jim Let's see. She operates with no regard for the law. She works nope. with criminals to right. achieve her goals. Yes. She makes horrible decisions that Check. cost American lives. Boosh. She never apologizes for her Ooh. mistakes. I would. She tries to convince everyone that she's the only one who can help correct like Jessica. Which she is responsible in the first really. place. Yet somehow she isn't in prison for these crimes. Nope. Above the law. I think Amanda Waller is qualified to be as the Democratic presidential nominee. Ooh, oh, shit. <laughs> He's getting political, Eric. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know what? I'm leaving now, Eric. And now I'm going to leave again. <laughs> I love door slam. It's so good. Well, there was Dancing Mike, and yeah, we no longer have to talk about Batman or Batman Beyond. That's Excellent. Fun. Streamline this bitch. I agree with him fully on the Batman. Me and you disagree a little on that book, but uh, Batman Beyond, I I like the art. So I don't. That's my that's my favorite thing about the book. Yeah, yeah, and really reading that that issue, it's the same as every other one. Really, and I hear a little more of that even before we get to the book itself. But usually, right now would be the part of the news. Now, I want to announce that with our no nonsense policy, Eric. Streamline. We're streamlining this. We had decided this. I had been talking about it for a while. We are a DC Comics podcast, and yet all the news always ends up being this, you know, movie stuff, the TV casting, and boy, that's going to hit hard soon. It already is, but it will really start right before the seasons start. We get a lot of that casting news, and I just seem, to me, it feels silly. Talking about that because I didn't even watch the shows. And when yeah. I listen to guys, even like the 365 Flicks guys, when they're talking about the casting news and some of the movie stuff, I realize that when we talk about stuff, uh, we sound like idiots because all we do is nitpick. We don't even know half the things I don't even watch. So we're going to joke s- about what people say. Yeah, we joke about that. Now, that might be fun, but you know, it, it's kind of a waste of time. Oh, geez. <laughs> what are you doing over there? By accident. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to stick with comic book news, right? It's going to yeah. be mainly comic news. If you want your – if you're coming to this thing, I wrote in my notes. I don't even have them up right. If you come to our podcast looking for the other sort of news, I don't know what you're doing because nope. that is not our strong point, right? Right? What? You, you want me to talk? I just said right. I yeah, just, I got nothing. That's our bad. I ain't talking about that kind of shit no more. Streamline. Oh, so you're not talking about that. Now I can't even get the uh, foghorn there. <laughs> All right. Foghorn, baby. Uh, this so, soundboard is the worst. I know. We made that whole thing up at the beginning of the week. I <laughs> It's the best. God damn it. We, we, had, we had hinted at this before, and this, this week we decided to go with it. And yeah, so I went to collect news. No news. Yep. There was no news for us to talk about this week, except that I saw the Suicide Squad movie, and I thought it was okay, Eric. There you go. That's the news. Buddy but, of mine gave it a uh, five out of five mez. Five out of five? Meh. Oh, a meh. So we gave it a five out of ten. Five out of five, mess. That doesn't even make sense. It is a full meh. 
Yeah, but five out of five is perfect. That's for a mess. Yeah, I don't know. That's a stupid way he's doing this. I'm glad I don't he's know. on our site. I'm really glad he is not on the site. But the problem with not having news this week, though, is I don't get to hear this, Eric. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. See, I'm still going to listen. Talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat. And now it's time for Jim and the news. We have to get to the part for you, Eric. And now it's time for Jim and the news. I had my arms. Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there too. My feelings, Mike. My feelings. But because we're going to do that, we're going to go right to the mail, Eric. All right. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. Yes. It's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Amen. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Yeah. Let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no energy. Everybody, smell you later. <laughs> Mail with you, America. This, this, this podcast Jim. is nonsense, a little bit of comics, and a whole lot of stroking Jim. A whole lot of Mike singing to me. I like it. <laughs> I bet you I do. Like, as it's Mail with Jim, Eric. It's Mail with Jim. And the first mail that we have is from Dancing Mike. He my is mouth shut. Fuck this, this podcast. Mia, his uh, theme or the subject line, Mia Copa and the male theme. Hi, Jim and all the other bloggers at Weird Science DC Comics blog blogspot.com.blogspot.in. <laughs> he is good, Eric. Weird you know. Science Comics blogs.blogspot.com. And it, oh, your reaction, it seemed like that was a surprise to you that that popped up. Yes. Dancingbear.com and hello, mother. First of all, I apologize to anyone who heard my gorilla review of ROM number one last week. If you edited out all the times I said, uh, during that review, the podcast would have clocked in about 30 minutes. I will try to prepare better next time so the review will actually not be such a painful listen. I told you, I like to listen. I like the review. I hear he does good stuff. Yeah, you heard that, did you? Yeah. I can always hear them that people does good. Nobody you ever. Got my ear to the ground. Hear they don't do good stuff. I don't. Yeah, people like I talk podcast. to very positive. Hey, Eric, you hear our podcast? Oh, I heard we do good stuff. <laughs> I, I think that just highlights how it's not easy to do what you do every week on this podcast. Besides your self-deprecating comments, to the contrary, I don't know. Tonight, I am all over the place. I took a a um, allergy pill before we started. I don't know what it's done to me. I Everybody am, else calls those Percocets. Yeah, mini thins or something. And I have taken your suggestion and recorded a mail theme, which I attached to this email. As with the news theme, I had to wait until inspiration, inspiration struck. 
with the news theme I used in early 80s song, Praise Jim, and took a shot at Eric. So I decided to mix things up a bit this time. For the male theme, I used an early 80s song, Praise Jim, and took a shot at Eric. Yep. I hope you enjoyed this theme. Oh, and it's the news theme. If you decide it sucks and you don't want to use it, no way. It's <laughs> fun. It won't be offended. I'll just go back to the drawing board and try again. And so Sorry, my, we don't now, edit ourselves or anybody else. And um, I will tell them also, we, we don't have a theme for the books, Eric. A meat and cheese type theme and mention me a hundred times. And then he says, until next week. And here is what he thought he was going to get us with this. And he was barking up the wrong tree with his companions, companions, Ookla the Muck and Princess Ariel. He pits his strength, his courage and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is dot, dot, dot. That is Thundar. I told him right away. Me and Reggie. It's one of your favorite he, things. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things of all time. So when he put that, I'm like, oh, don't even try that. <laughs> don't even try it. And speaking of uh, mini thins, Eric, you know, they get you all hyped up, those mini thins. I, I took those in college. In my mind, those are Girl Scout cookies. I don't even know what uh, those, those are. Those mini thins, I took them at college one time and ended up like uh, Jesse in fucking Saved by the Bell. So excited? And I wasn't that scared. I was just excited for a long time. And then I thought I was having a heart attack. I don't know. I took a bunch of diet pills before and drank a shit ton of Mountain Dew when I was younger. I was Man. so shaky. I was so, I was so excited well, until I was so scared. Since where I used to buy them at 7-Eleven. I'd buy yeah. them, uh, what, usually what people would do is buy those to study. Yeah. In fact, that's how they happened in Saved by the Bell era. Uh, I was the opposite. I had gotten done studying so much, and then my band would play. I need a little pick-me-up. A little pick-me-up, Eric. Little yellow jackets. Yeah. That, they call little them black beauties. Jackets. Black beauties. These things were just white and little. I bought them at uh, 7-Eleven, and I can never stop eating anything, uh, including little white pills, it seems. And I think I took about <laughs> seven. You were an addict, sir. I thought I was having a heart attack. That's why I had to quit drinking, because I didn't oh. stop either. Yeah. Yeah, that's like me with anything. I, I can't just do something moderately. No, no half-ass in it, man. Fucking go big or oh. go home. Uh, yeah, really. If you're just going to go with the dogs or stay on the porch, <laughs> if you look at the backside of a guy, that does, doesn't change. Yeah? How you do it? Ass, gas, or grass. Second place is first winner. Loser. What am I saying? I'm off. I'm so off today. Can we start over again? I just no. all no. over again. See you in seven. Why, why I was talking about the many things is the next mail is from Brian from Arkansas. Okay. And uh, remember last week, he was a little stream of consciousness he going on. He was question on. heavy. Yeah. Ooh, it, it is his thing, Eric. And his subject line is, hello. Hello, love. From all right. Arkansas. And he actually put Arkansas. <laughs> hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. And Reggie. And Max as well. Max. Eric. Who's Max? Max. Who's Max? You tell me. It's not Mad Max from uh, Weird Science the Movie. Who is Max? I could not tell you. You don't know, do you? I do Well, not. he says then, give Max Sanctimonious Griffin. Oh, yes. Segment soon, please. I Friendly forgot he reminder. jumped in on Reggie. Yes. Friendly reminder. We need Joel Jones on Batgirl. I think that's going to be his thing every every week. Apparently. DC Rebirth has been the best thing to happen to the world of comics since Tony S. Daniel first picked up a pencil back in 1982 or whenever he started drawing. He's been my favorite artist since his image days of Spawn, F5, and the 10th. I was glad to have stumped Eric last week with my Tony Daniel on Spawn trivia. I totally did. I was, I was very pissed off at myself because I had those issues growing up, but I guess at that point I didn't care about creative teams. No, I don't think you did, and I laughed. Yeah! 
That was supposed to be. Say, is that you laughing? No, that was supposed to be the horn. <laughs> the worst. Uh, I I actually liked it at work when I I said, "Oh, Tony's Daniel on the on Spawn." It, he wasn't on Spawn. Then you <laughs> slapped me in the face and kicked me in the balls. I said, yeah. "It's not the sort of treatment I expect from just a common piece of trivia." There, he says. Anyhow, his Very work, angry person. His work on Justice League number two this week. Dot dot dot. Holy shit! Holy shit, Eric! Probably the best of his career. Really? I didn't think so. And it may have been that the the issue was just so down for me and I was so irritated. I actually thought the better of the issues would have been last week's. I thought last week's or, or two weeks ago, last issue's art was uh, a lot better. But I don't know. What what did you think? I'm trying to remember the art off the top of my head now. But That's I, 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 did re- I think it There's didn't really stand out to me like on. it did last time. Yeah. Well, it's because there was not a lot going on. There's a lot of people standing around and claiming to each other that they didn't know what was going right. on. Oh, we're going to stand over here for this scene. All right, we've got to go to the China uh, now. We're going to stand around for this here, scene. My, I'll, I'll give you a little sneak peek, my little blurb at the beginning. Things happen and stuff. It really made me think of watching a movie where you, you – actually, it was like the Star Wars prequels where the actors are there. They have no fucking idea why they're even there except they're cashing a check. I mean Batman in that issue is cashing a check, and he's looking for the exit. He says that issue was gorgeous from beginning to end. Topics are going to change rapidly here, so Deal with it. David Finch has drawn four straight bi-weekly issues of Batman. Damn, the colors in that series look weird. They don't pop off the page. I've never read any work from Tom King, but I'm loving his Batman. Issue four was the best yet. Like yourself, Jim, the new 52 was what brought me back into comics, although Batgirl was the only series that I read and enjoyed all 52 issues of. Really? Okay, you jump in whenever, Eric. Just jump in. This shit's going. It's fine. Snyder on Batman was overrated. Agreed. Okay, I've never read a Nightwing title until now. It's pretty good. Harley Quinn issue one was pretty goddamn entertaining. Entertaining. Right. Harden's art is great, but the writers have used the joke of someone having their hands on Harley's beaver and a wiener in her bed a lot already. Sure and have. Get ready for that. I'm digging Jessica Cruz and her whole I'm not sure how to do the superhero thing shtick. Jason Fawbox art. Damn! Wonder Woman Rebirth has been amazing. Okay, I'm done rambling. Thanks for reading and thanks for an awesome podcast. In the words of Jason Fabach, Sanctimonious Griffin, good fucking bye. Yeah, I think he's uh, reaching back because somebody on the site even said, uh, or either that or no, it was on Twitter, what Jason Fabach's doing lately, I have no idea. I'm assuming that he's on either a book that will be coming out that hasn't been announced maybe because he's too good to just not have anything going on, right? Seriously. And that is Brian Weston from Conway, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, thank you. I love Arkansas. I've never been in That moved too fast for me. I, it was it was rapid fire. Rapid fire. Come on. I'm not that quick. I'm going to keep that pace going. Mark is next. And Mark's favorite book is? Oh, shit. Batman Beyond Mark. Batman Beyond Mark. Sup, Jim and Eric. So Batman Beyond number 15. I wonder when I finally get to Superman 64 if it will be as frustrating for me as the series has been. <laughs> oh, believe me, I'm not a huge fan of this Batman Beyond series, really. But Superman 64 is fucking awful. You get ready to fly through a lot of rings. That's Seriously. about all you do. I'm going to start out with the positives and then downward spiral on the frustration from there. I really like the cover this month. I like how Matt is helping the team by coordinating things back at the Batcave. I like that as well. Best part of the issue, I thought. In one panel, we learned that apparently Spellbinder gave Cuvier the mind control technology used. This was done. Cuvier. This was done. Oh, Cuvier. (laughs) This was done with the closest thing to subtly or as 
Closest thing to subtly this book has had this entire run. Clearly, the rewire helmet has never properly adjusted to fit Terry's head. Seriously, that Jesus thing Christ. Seems to fall off of the slice of this issue. You know what it reminded me of uh, when he says that? If you ever watch old video of Pete Rose, uh-huh. Pete Rose, would he would round first base and then knock his goddamn helmet off because yeah. that makes it look like you're hustling more. Oh, no, when hustle. I was a kid and like in Little League and shit like that, whenever I would do anything like that, you'd want to tip the hat back a little bit oh, so yeah. the running would blow off and look badass. I had, yeah, that's that's Charlie Hustle for you. I had a problem in baseball that there was a point where I was really into throwing the bat after I'd, I'd get a hit. That's and illegal. I ended, up, I ended up getting yelled at a lot. Yeah. I did. Uh, there was one kid that played. He was kind of special that he would run the first with the bat. You're not allowed to do no, that. No, you are not. <laughs> that's so funny. His name was J.R., Eric. He his had, name was Jim Warner. He had a hearing aid. He was like, um, he was like, what's his name? He was like lupus. That makes you special now. He's handicapped. Yeah, he was special. He was a special guy. He's the guy I told you before. Hard to go with that, Jr. Jr. uh, His dad worked for IBM with my dad. Okay. He's the guy who I told you that that at the IBM picnic, I'd get stuck with that fucking kid. Oh my god, it was the worst. He is. He was not cool, Eric. He was as cool as the sun. So I get the Spellbinder could use his powers on Barber to get info on the new Batman, but then build a Red Robin signal? He's yeah, Batman I, now. They're trying to kill Batman. Dude, I, why do I have to talk about Batman Beyond Night? These are everything Bat I wanted to signal. say. It's so funny. I didn't even realize that was a Red Robin signal. Oh, I yeah, didn't know what the fuck it was. I'm like, what is going on? I thought they messed up. I a went on and on about it in my review. Yeah, a bad signal. Yeah, I hear you do good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a bad signal would have worked just as well and made more sense. It seemed like an attempt at trying to have some fan service, but came off as confusing. I was confused. Actually, I just went on. Then That book is one of those. If I get confused, I just move on. Turn yeah, that need- page. Turn the page, Eric. One of your favorite songs by Bob Seger. For instance, I didn't know what that signal was at first. I had to look it up. Also, when did they have time to make a Red Robin signal? Especially at that time of night. You know, that signal could have been prepared days in advance, days, years. But a Red Robin signal, they had an hour, two tops. I call shenanigans. Through the last few issues, it has been clearly established that for rewrite, Terry to override and mess with the bat suit, you have to make physical contact with it. This issue, he just kind of does it with his mind without having made physical contact at all. And I do think it's funny that they really have to remind you, yeah, and I'm heading there. And he he can mess with the suit, but I I have to take the chance. Like, really? Well, Heck, with, with Matt McGinnis yelling C3 and turning Terry invisible before, I can say anything is possible at this point. Yeah, really. C3. That's going to stick in your crawl for a while. It really is. C3. That guy called you out on that, and we still have never been able to find anything about it. Heck, he doesn't even use his electricity. Just kind of stares at it and talks all maniacally while Tim's utility belt explodes and the suit stops working. I choose to blame this on Jurgen's shoddy writing in this book because he's constantly establishing events that have happened and how things work. Matt not being in Gotham when Brother I took over and fighting in the resistance with Terry, the artificial constructs, the superheroes to scare the populace instead of having just turned them into eyeborgs, or that Terry has to physically touch the suit to override it, only to write himself into a corner and change everything because of poor planning. Like Tufton. Don't think Mark is a very happy that Dan Jurgens will be continuing in Rebirth. Right? I was telling you last night, I wasn't very happy either. Yeah, I know. They were uh, really that, pushing that Batman Beyond number one in the back of the books this week. What was your least favorite book? Green Arrow. And Ben Percy stayed and he's improved. So it's maybe true. That's the thing, though. It's, it's weird. It's not sticking, when, though. 
that, well, when they talk about the whole thing, oh, it's been overlooked and overseen by Jeff Johns, we think that that's over now. So is he going to overlook the beginnings of that's the, the thing? That I start? think it's all over. If any of these books are coming out now, these people are on their own. You and seven. He's a president now or vice yeah. president. He ain't got time for that. No. When Tim took that metal pipe to use as a bow step, I was truly excited. I like that, too. Yeah, it was real cool. He had finally realized that he needs to be a hero his way, fight his way. I just like the fact that I kept thinking, like, if they just just disable the suit. Don't even fuck with that suit when you go in. Then I was wondering, why do you got to take the mask off, though? It's like, come on, keep your, like, identity. I know nobody knows who you are, Tim Drake, but still, keep the mask on, at least. Why do you got to take that shit off? show the moneymaker. Good-looking dude. Always got a shave. Like Bruce or Terry, yeah. Tim is a weapons man, specifically Bo Steph. For a minute there, I was really into it. I was rooting for him. I haven't rooted in for him ever in the series. Yeah, it was like, there it is. That is what he needs to be. Then it was gone. He gets his butt kicked again. Again. Every fucking time he gets into a fight. There he is. Every there his is everybody. Tim Drake, a better detective than Bruce, considered by many to be the best Robin of all time, getting his butt kicked again. He hasn't defeated a major villain to date in his own book. Ink beat Brother Eye and Tufton, and Superman beat Cuvier. Heck, the only name character he's beaten in his run since uh, was the false construct Iborg Superman. That is not how you prove the competency of your main character or attract readers to your book. That character sucks, and use uh, unless that is the whole point. It's not going to work. Perhaps, however. That is the point. Perhaps Dan Jurgens really hates Tim Drake and wants to make people avoid the character. At, at this point, maybe. You know, he's going to be gone soon anyway, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. It's a shame he is bragging out. Or do you think he's going to become his Robin? I don't think that Tim, uh, Tim Drake would go with that. You think Tim's just gone? It's I don't know. He is br- dragging the Batman Beyond brand down with him. This maybe ho- he's going to go and get some old-ass Madison pussy. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. This, however, is pure speculation and possibly a joke written out of frustration. When I got to the very last panel of the issue, I thought to myself, huh, that sure looks familiar, and that is because it was. The same panels used a few pages before, only the word bubbles and dialogue have been changed. Seems like they couldn't figure out how to end the issue, so they just used the handy-dandy copy-and-paste method. Did you realize that? I did not. I'll have to look when we talk about it. Finally, so the red... The red and white and the red, white, and yellow panels are back. With two exceptions, I don't think they were particularly particularly <laughs> well used. The first one is the panel of Barber's car exploding. I'll admit that it's a very good panel, and I really liked it. The other one is the second to last panel on the issue with Terry electrocuting Tim. Maybe it was the added splash of blue for the electricity that makes me really like uh, it. I don't know. Anyways, it's not overused, though. Is that's why it's, no, it that's, works. It actually, they, they dialed that back. Thank, Thank God. God. I can't wait for this book to get the rebirth next month. Maybe, just maybe, then the healing can begin. Keep up the great work, guys. And that is Mark. And, yeah, next month is the end of this, and then you'll have to wait for the rebirth. Uh, the next one is Manship with his title of his circle jerk. <laughs> it's a little joke we had on the site going. I saw it. Yeah, guy asked if our site was a bunch of people with a circle jerk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of said, yeah. Who doesn't like to get the fucking circle jerk? Come on. Get some guys together. You know them. You're good friends. Yeah. Jerk each other off a bit. Come on. Yeah. That's how you get friends. You get your hands moving. Hey, bros. What's uh, summer camp without a circle jerk? Really? Well, you can do, you can do that at summer camp once, Eric, and it doesn't affect you. Update. Right. My bacon burn is no longer sticking to the gauze wrapping. Oh, I'm God. Almost up to 130 Gross, pounds. Man, 130 pounds. I haven't been 130 pounds since elementary school. I think I shit 130 pounds today. So my digestive system must be working. The chain from last week's Panama City fight story looked thick and heavy. 
the kind you can find restraining pit bulls here in Flint or down in Detroit. The prostitute walking around Flint with a wooden baseball in hand. Wooden baseball in hand is a story for another time. I think he meant a baseball bat. I, so. I would hope. Hopefully. A wooden bat. Why didn't she have an aluminum bat, Eric? I uh, like the wooden bats myself. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you're just you're a stickler for the tradition. I am. Yeah, for your up-to-the-plate home run. <laughs> fucking know nothing about baseball. You'd prefer a fucking wooden bat. Fuck you. <laughs> you fucking... You do good stuff, Eric. I, I was originally going stuff. to send in another fight story, but then this week's books hit the fan. Reviewers are pulling an Eric Batman number 44 movement, hating the latest Batman book. I don't get it. Do they hate Gotham and Gotham Girl, perhaps? I'm not a huge Batman fan, but I'm loving this book. Since I'm not a big Batman fan, I never really paid attention to the other Batman books like Nightwing. Well, I'm all in on Nightwing. Sure, Raptor and his do-everything glove is a bit heavy-handed, but Babs seems like a really cool chick. She's a cool, lonely chick. Seriously. That is a day. I, I actually. I, I don't know if Manship's met a book he hasn't liked, though. I don't know either, but I was thinking, boy, this would be like the best opportunity. It just happened to. I don't. What is she on top of in that that picnic? No, oh, I don't it's know. Off the top of my head, oil derrick or that. You, you just show up out of nowhere somehow, and and you're in. You are in. She is desperate for a man right there because freaking Dick is not showing. All she's doing is waiting there for Dick. Fresh off a so loop, waiting for some just, Dick, and nothing happens. Dick. So why are you standing uh, her up when she crosses the Pacific Ocean just to see you, Grayson? Fucking nonsense. That was to show that he means business now. He is, he's is. he got the eye on the prize. No time for love, Dr. Jones. No, no time for love. Speaking of books that I really like this week, let the pish-poshing begin. <laughs> yes, I really enjoyed reading this week's Justice League. He does like every book, doesn't he? Jesus Christ. I, I'm, I might refuse to read the rest of this fucking mail. <laughs> Fucking manship with you. Goddamn, the guy loved convergence, so I, I, you know, he is a little special. Then cooks up fucking bacon without a shirt. It's very hard to explain why. The only thing that I can come up with is the pacing of the story. The pacing? <sighs> he really liked those Zodiac statues. Yeah, the Zodiac crystals. They're singing, Eric. They're singing. Also, Until they're I, screaming. He also loves Cyborg. Hey, come up here, guys. I have to show you something. Oh, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> But let me get a, let me magnify it so I can show you let, even more what I let, don't let's know. Let's send this to Argus so they can't tell us what they find. Yeah, let, let's send this to Argus. Oh, are they going to tell us the results? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, Wonder Woman shows up. Yeah, I told them that my friends are coming. Really? Who'd you tell? I don't know. Hey, they might be from the fucking space. Uh, where? Who knows? <laughs> That's the whole book. There you go, done. We don't even have to talk about it now. The switching back and forth between the teammates made it feel like a Justice League book. I I I almost like I love Manship. Yeah, me Manship, too. you're you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. My love for this book could also be due to the fact that I was reading the issue while the Olympics opening ceremonies were on Friday night. That shit is so boring. Even Legend know, tomorrow right? would be fun uh, to read during it. I couldn't just turn the opening ceremonies off because my son was so into every minute of the four and a half hour broadcast. Did you hit him? I guess. Yeah, I, maybe he should. I guess I did like watching all the 1992 Spain Summer Olympics as a kid too, 24 years ago. That's from Team Manship. Uh My biggest thing was the 1980 Olympic uh, gold medal uh, hockey. I love that. And I did watch all the Dream Team games that were on in 84. I, I enjoyed that as I well. I was two. Yeah, I was maybe one. In that, that's <laughs> when I didn't realize that Michael Jordan was a fucking a massive prick, a massive prick, Eric. I can't stand. Eighty-two. 
I mean, 84? 84. I had no idea. Everybody loved them then. You want to be like Mike. Little did I know that being like Mike was being a degenerate gambler who treated people like shit. That's what you ended up. You drink Gatorade. You start fucking treating people like crap and gambling all your money away. Getting suspended, Eric. Quote, unquote, retired. Retired, Eric. You good? Yes. The next one's from J-Man. His email is titled Rebirth and the Hits Keep Coming with a Couple of Misses. Hey, Jim. What's up, Eric and Reggie? What's up? So, I got my bi-weekly shipment of books and I have to comment on a couple of them. I really had high hopes for Superman after you guys praised Peter J. Tomasi. Things were looking pretty so good. So did I. Birth issues uh, one through three. Then along came a big what the fuck of an issue for this <laughs> week. Clark is fighting the Eradicator in the Fortress of Solitude while Lois is keeping John safe. What the fuck is Lois going to do other than being a human shield and sacrifice herself when the energy beams start flying and shit starts falling around them? Why didn't Clark either super speed Lois and John to someplace safe or tackle Eradicator mid-flight and take the flight fight elsewhere? He's not good at that in anything. Man of Steel movie. And he is not good at taking that fight elsewhere. John still would have had a chance to return to the fight. So apparently the souls of all the Kryptonians were in Eradicator. Why didn't he lead off with this information before the fighting started? Uh, you kind of got a, a hint at that. Manship had pointed it out. In well, yeah, but he's talking about book. before the initial fight. They start out fighting. Say. It wasn't just like out of nowhere. It sounds to me that he's talking about issue three. No, that was. uh, I think he's saying just when he gets punched, this issue and all the souls come out. Then we mysteriously jump to Bibbo. Okay, he's talking about Metropolis. What the fuck? He doesn't know who Bibbo is. It's a classic legacy character. It is. uh, It is weird though that they really push him and force it in. And something about a moon rock. (sighs) <sighs> then Clark and John are unconscious in Metropolis with Kryptonian souls flying around, Lois running around like she's going to save the day while Bibbo's arm wrestling partners possess because a rock contains kryptonite. Is my copy of Superman 4 missing some pages that clear all this up? Nope. Nope. And now I don't have uh, to talk about Superman. To be honest, I was so confused that I didn't even finish the last couple of pages. I skimmed through them later and they didn't change my mind about this issue one bit. I think I'm done with Superman. The best thing I can say about this issue is in one panel, there's a nice homage to the scene in Ghostbusters where they go. Oh, yeah, totally. Always plays a dick in the 80s movie. Die Hard 1 and Walter 2. Walter Peck. Opens up the containment unit at Ghostbusters headquarters and all the captured ghosts get blasted in the sky. The thing I didn't like is it looks like there's an atomic blast. I don't, it's just nonsense. Donnie, it looks like exactly when Walter Peck shut down the protection yeah. grid on the container. I just don't unit. like when the one lady yells, we should, well, should we call it Ghostbusters? <laughs> ah, <laughs> like, listen, the world lady, is ending, it, lady. Look at that looks shit. It's like there is a nuclear blast. <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. That's like me at a funeral. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of stiff. <laughs> I said a funeral. <laughs> Batman was the polar opposite of the Superman this week. I agree with you guys. I, didn't th- I thought you didn't move much when we it's, had sex. <laughs> it's writing Alfred. <laughs> I, I'm at the funeral. Hey, if I'm the asshole, I'm not the one with the hand up somebody's ass. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tom King's writing Alfred as a total dick with lines like his coffee, then perhaps tea. Line that pulling Duke away from comfort in Gotham Girl. Now Alfred is cock blocking, yo. My favorite part in this issue is when Duke asks Bruce if he wants to send the information of the car. But a bone. 
The setup with Batman and Waller's underground lair reminded me so much of the Justice League episode where he figures out Waller's behind some anti-metahuman shit and appears right outside of her shower to give her a talking to. These are the badass nice. Batman. How the fuck did he do that moments that were missing from Snyder's run? Green Arrow and Wonder Woman are both awesome. Suicide Squad Rebirth was a decent setup, but felt like it could use some more pages for depicting the aftermath of activating the metabomb. We talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're not sure, but I do think so they might. What about Wonder Woman, though? I'm like, did I miss an issue? No, no, that's the thing is he's always two weeks behind. So these are. And that's all, why I thought he was talking about Superman three at first. No, no, no. Shouldn't Deadshot, Harley, and Captain Boomerang all have temporary metahuman powers now? I think they should. Yeah. Why are they still shooting their guns at the depowered metahumans and not using some crazy temporary power? It takes you, a moment to realize how to yeah, use. Yeah, you guys shit. are freaking trying to convince me that they have to realize. The way is bleeding out at the wrist. I have a feeling scientists couldn't have helped build the Chinese uh, bombs in the future, even if Deadshot didn't shoot him in the head. <laughs> I don't know. He could still tell them. He's yeah. saying that when they shoot him in the head. He, yeah, he still has his info. In the beginning, Obama agrees with Waller pretty quickly once she offers up Flag as a scapegoat. Is Amir, does Amanda Waller look bigger in this issue than she does in Batman? Yes, she it does. It's not just you. Where's Ching Chong Chang Kong through all of this mayhem in China? That is inappropriate. That is. Where is my soundboard? And here we go, Eric. That is inappropriate. There we go. I'm angry about that. See? It's, All right, let's put the soundboard it, away. It's not the working. The soundboard <laughs> flows. It flows like like water. How great I, I pull those up. I don't know where Ching Chong Chang Chong Kong is. Uh, that's not my word. Keenan Ivory Wayans. The creators are probably not going to do this, but at some point it would be cool tie-in of what Waller is doing in Gotham Underground with what she is doing in the Suicide Squad book. And later on, if you read the solicits, Batman does kind of make his own Suicide Squad. So I think that that is going to tie in a little. So Jim Lee can't even take the time to draw any of this Rebirth book. Nope. Nope. Well, he's got the chance to redeem himself when he draws all 20-plus pages of Suicide Squad number one in two weeks. Oh, nope. wait. He's only drawing 10 or 12 pages. Are we setting the bar a little low for Lee, or is he just that slow with his art? Yep. He's that slow. He's terrible. They they should never – this should be – Oh, it's just awful. This should be the last book he's on. It really should be. And just have him do variant covers. They sell great. The variant covers he just cannot do. Or have him uh, – I was just going to say like a six-issue mini, but then that would last six years. Yeah. Uh, really, you just I think have they just to, like, the, like the hype that it gets when they announce yeah, oh, these he things. Does. People like and the idea, but it never, comes, it never pans out. People love his art. They, those issues all sell more, so they really have the idea. You know, the idea is the right thing, that people love his art. You just can't do it. Just stick with covers. And maybe like a a one shot type deal now and again once we'll start every it start it now have it out next year. Jeez, are you guys going to see Suicide Squad? I saw it got terrible reviews overall on Rotten Tomatoes. If you haven't seen it yet, you guys should check out Star Trek Beyond. It is funny, action packed, contains fifty different alien races in honor of Star Trek's fifty year anniversary, and finds an excuse to play the Beastie Boys sabotage in the final battle scene. That's all for that. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in 14. Damn bi-weekly shipments. And I, <laughs> I mentioned earlier, I did see Suicide Squad. And what you just said, funny, action-packed, I wish that Suicide Squad had a little more of that. Uh, it wasn't as fun as I thought, Eric. It, it was a little upsetting to me. And a, a lady was sitting behind us. It was just me, two of my sons, and one lady in the theater. And the lady came in and sat right behind us. We Who had, the fuck does that? Sits right behind us and actually sit, sat right behind Logan. And when the movie started, 
Logan got real upset and said, this lady has her feet up on the seat. And Logan is a stickler for rules. Yeah. So I thought he was upset about that. No, he's upset because she took her fucking shoes off and had her fucking bare feet right next to his face. Town. Right next to his face. Who okay. does that? It was, uh, Did you hit her? No, it was Rafe, me, and Logan. Logan just went and moved down next to Rafe. All right, the next time, that is J-Man from Monterey. Thanks, J-Man. Thank you, J-Man. Next is from Dan. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and Chris, I wanted up, to Dan? just address the new Suicide Squad film with no spoilers. Not going to address the actual contents of the film, so there shouldn't be much of a problem. I'll be referencing the trailers that were released by the studio, though, as well as some news articles that have been surfacing. Just a record, I thought the film was just okay. Nothing special, but not a terrible film. I agree. I can see why the people who loved it did love it, but I just don't share that opinion. I did like it more than Batman v Superman, though. The reason I want to talk about this film is because I think that, once again, DC has learned the wrong lesson from its past. Batman v Superman came out earlier this year, and while the film certainly made a lot of money, still under a billion nationally, a large number of people disliked the film. Not to say that some people didn't love it. Now, I don't want to harp on Batman v Superman too much, but it is important to what I want to talk about. A lot of criticism came out for the film, and it seems that Suicide Squad was being praised as a much-needed, light-hearted movie, which would give people hope about the DCEU going forward. Here's the thing, though. Warner Brothers saw the reviews of Batman v Superman and decided the problem was the dark tone. However, I would argue that the reasons people disliked the film so much was because of the ridiculous plot points. And then he has in parentheses, Martha. Martha Eric. The confusing story. Yo, my mom's name's Martha too. Let's be too much in one movie. I mean, people love the Dark Knight trilogy, and that is a franchise with a very dark tone. In order to fix this, WB decided to make the Suicide Squad film more quote unquote fun and lighthearted. Unfortunately, from the news stories we've seen come out this week, it was clear that director David Ayers had planned on a much different movie. Apparently, it was much darker than the film that we got, and WB was worried that it would lead to another disliked film. So they did reshoots and rewrote parts of the script. Now the film has a much lighter tone, but there's so much missing, in my opinion. I don't even think it had that light a tone. You wait if for the DVD, man. Simply, it's going to have like extra like R-rated yeah. well, extra they, scenes. I did read an article today, may even say later, but... Uh, they're blaming now over editing that they said a lot of the shit was edited by more than one person and it ended up cutting a lot of shit out. If you look at simply the trailers, you can tell that there's so much missing. The Joker's line, I can't wait to show you my toys, is not in the film. Really? It's true. Nope. I was waiting for it. That's weird. Seeing where they are in the bar and order drinks is not in the film. So I always thought that part was where he was looking for Harley and he was yeah. questioning this guy. Yeah, no. The scene where the Joker is scarred and pulling a grenade pin is not in the film. The car chase is much shorter, as we don't see several scenes in the film that we saw previously. I could go on and on, but I'll spare you every little detail that I found. Honestly, when it comes to the movies, I believe that there should be a very little studio involvement. Films director and writers should have a clear vision of what they want to have uh, the film to be, and I believe that Ayers had that vision. He was the writer and director, so you would think he would. However, due to studio involvement, he was forced to change a whole lot about this movie. I'm honestly curious to see a director's cut of this film because I do believe that I would like that film even more. Of course, this is just all my opinion. I know a lot of people enjoyed the film, as is their right to do so. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I just think that Warner Brothers could do a lot better if they stopped being so hands-on with everything, stopped taking simple, or stopped taking simple lessons from more complex problems. Sorry for the long rant. Looking forward to Sunday which is when we put up the podcast, Eric. He's looking forward to the podcast. Well, Dan's got me convinced. I'm waiting for the director's cut before I watch this film. Um, yeah, he, and he's saying about the light, it's not light to me. It, it's, But I will agree 
after you get done, it seems a lot of shit was jumbled up and not even just how the sequences are, but you really don't get a lot of things that you should. And yeah, that whole, where do you see my toys? I waited and waited. And I'm like, geez, this movie's almost over. We didn't even see that. That's a big line. Yeah. But yeah, but that is the mail, Eric. That's it. All nope. right. Brandon. Brandon is on vacation, so we're not going to get a Marvel Minute. We're going to take a little break now and come back right with the books, Eric. Streamline. I got to go pee Streamline podcast. All right. Let's get retarded in here. In this context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect us to lose the inefficient. Follow your intuition, free your inner soul and break away from you. And we're back here. It is a good thing we do not do video podcasting with each other because I dance to every piece of music. You we dance play. every bit of music. Oh my god, especially right there. Yeah, I was just sitting there like, oh man, I, I don't know when to fade out of that. I don't broke thing. my I wanted neck. to hear a little chorus going. It was going too long. I don't want to get track. sued. I don't want to get sued, Eric. <laughs> Let's get retarded in here. Now, this is the meat and cheese part of the podcast. Not the nonsense. Uh, books not the nonsense this is where we all strive to get to you've waded through the nonsense and bullshit not that the mail's bullshit the shit that we <laughs> add to it is bullshit but yeah if you want to come to this podcast to hear a comic book talk this is where you go eric this is I where you wanna, find it joe i do want to remind everybody that we do read that? and review every goddamn book every week at least dc wise almost all marvel as well on mondays but during the week, we, we concentrate on the DC side of things, Eric. Because I love it so much. That, and that is weirdsciencedccomics.com. And I still think there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast and do not go to the site. And if you really want non-nonsense, except maybe a couple blood sport references, <laughs> shit like that every week, every single week in my reviews. But yeah, go there and, and read our reviews. We're not exactly rightists. No. But, uh, we, we struggled to get by, right? I try to talk to you on my reviews as if you were my buddy and we're discussing oh, the comic book shop. buddy, shot. huh? It's because you have no buddies. That's I have why. nobody That's why in you my talk life to anymore. We have nobody at all. I'm like Flash in that Justice League thing, the, the trailer. I just need friends. I used to go and hang out and do a bunch of things, and Jim's like, let's do a podcast. Yeah. Nobody talks to me no more. No, that's I'm well past that. <laughs> I had gone past that because I'm just lazy. And people, and I, I don't like going out. I don't like doing shit like that. So when my friends would call and like, hey, we're going to go here. Yeah, yeah, have fun. Actually, I'd say, yeah, I'm going. Never, yeah. sh- never, jerk. never show it all. They called that pulling a gym. Pulling a gym it was. And this is the meat and cheese of the podcast. I'm going to say the meat is a hot dog and the cheese is a uh, squeeze cheese. Eric. Speaking of hot dogs, man, I had yeah. one of those uh, hot dog grillers over at the Burger King yesterday. Oh yeah! Oh, one have, of those hot dogs at Burger King, huh? I they did not realize never have. exactly. I didn't realize how it works. Apparently, you go up there and you, there's two choices: either a chili cheese dog or a classic. Oh, so I ordered a classic, not knowing what to expect. Really, you didn't get the chili cheese? No, I just wanted to know what, what the dogs were in general. So mm-hmm. I went with the classic. I got one, and uh, it's mustard, ketchup, mm-hmm. onions, and relish. Okay. 
And the sweet-ass relish on it makes a hot dog taste like candy. It is too okay. goddamn sweet. I, I would actually think that is what I would consider the classic hot dog. Me as that, well. I don't like ketchup on a hot dog, though. We had talked before, though, that that is what – when Reggie used to yell out about, uh, about our hot dog eating. Oh, yeah. That is what I would call or did call back in the day an all-American hot dog. Yes. That would be it. We discussed this that. all the time years ago. I would have gotten the chili cheese myself. But well, next time I go, I'll pick up the chili cheese dog. Oh, are you? You're, gonna, you're actually going to get another hot dog. It's not a bad uh, hot dog. How much was, was that wh- goddamn hot dog? I have no idea. Probably like $5. God, I hope not. I don't know what that – it's so weird to think like – Oh, I'll have a Whopper. But once you – hot dog's weird, though. When I worked at Hardee's – I got a double Whopper with cheese and a classic hot dog. Oh, back in the day, Hardee's had a hot dogs. They had chili cheese. And I, I liked Hardee's when I worked. I used to eat all the food, little roast beef sandwiches. Now it's like combined with Carl's Jr. And then every time you see a commercial, it's like – Hardee's uh, and Carl's Jr. A 10 trillion pound hot dog. Yeah, there's no – I don't think there is no real Hardee's anymore. They're like a part of – Or the, is there no real Carl's Jr. anymore? I don't know. That's I a fucking mind fuck care. right there, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. That's a mind fuck, all right. Mind <laughs> fuck. Batman number four, Eric. You don't sound too enthused. No. Here we go. Here we go. I just know that we're going to start talking about these books now. We have another fucking five hours to talk. My throat starts hurting. I only bought one coffee tonight. That was a mistake. This room is 800 degrees. Yeah, it's getting pretty toasty in here. Ooh. Batman number four, written by Tom King, art by David Finch, Sandra Hope, Matt Banning, Jordi Belair, who is a woman, Eric, and John Workman, a woman, Eric. Does she have a visor like Jordi on Star Trek? No. Tom King continues showing us the greatness that is Batman by uh, by showing us how hard it is to actually be Gotham's hero. Gotham and Gotham Girl have Superman-level powers and the desire to save Gotham, but this issue breaks my heart by showing us that that Aww. is not enough. Scott Snyder ended his run on Batman by asking us all, Eric, what is Gotham? Gotham is. And Tom King is giving us a sad, gritty, and awesome answer. Yeah, I actually think that this first arc and the whole Gotham thing is a kind of a continuation of yeah, that. Yeah, I like that idea. You were talking to me about that. I'm and, like, yeah, I can totally see that. And I really do see it because it starts off with Batman going through the wreckage that is the massacre that has happened at the hands of Gotham uh, that we saw at the end of last issue. And to lead into you that. You think Gotham Girl's hands are clean of this? Yes. I think she got so scared she just fucking, you know, sat down and started mumbling to herself that she's I'm scared. Afraid. The I'm whole afraid. thing that I thought I'm was scared. really good was that on the uh, wall, Gotham is written in blood. I am Gotham. And I do think <laughs> that is directly a thing about that Snyder deal. I don't know why he ended up writing that. I know that he is the fear is what Psycho Pirate got him. That's more like gloating to me. Or There's rage. No fear in writing that. Yeah. And boy. They... I did appreciate it, though, because now I've changed my opinion where the G in Gotham does not look like a CR. It looks like a CH. A CH. Yes. Old, old style. A little tiny H hanging inside old the freaking style C. English. I like, too, that he is making sure he has that symbol. That is branding. And in Nightwing <laughs> Pat this Pat week, Pat. we will find out that branding and marketing is, is number one. Though, I don't know that you want to do that at a crime scene. What is he, part of Black Hole, Eric? Everybody's <laughs> no, he's part tagging. of the Wet Bandits. Yeah, everybody's tagging. Yeah, the Wet Bandits. Everybody's tagging the deal. But, yeah, um, 
you were taken a little back by this. We had talked about this right before we started where, number one, I was a little bit – I know that Gotham is consumed with fear. He has killed all these people. It is part of a plan that is from Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate. More Hugo. Psycho yeah. Pirate is just kind of a it's dog. A weapon. And I did find it a little odd that Gotham has done this, but even more odd that he's left Gotham Girl. Yeah. To me, she is the most important thing in his life. And because of that, I actually thought she was going to be dead. Uh, and I think that you that's kind of everybody's going to be dead. Uh, anytime there's a book where somebody it's so over the top that they care that much about them, dead. And it kind of does happen. Not though. Everybody pulls a Joss Whedon on us. No, no, I think they do. And I think Tom King is going to do more than just that. But we sit there and Batman says to Gotham Girl, like, hey, you know, this is fucking crazy. He's counting the people dead. He's like, oh, I'm looking at 27 soldiers. He's, he's talking back It'll to. It'll be important too. Yes, it is. And he's there's Gotham girl, and he's like, where is Gotham? And you see, Gotham has gone from this, and is at a building where a guy looks like he's going to jump. We got a jumper, Eric. And he's there. Gotham goes now. It is an odd transition where you have seen that Gotham has killed people. It seems to me, in my mind. That at this point, he even spells it out. He knows what he has done. He was out of his mind. He's kind of coming out of it a bit. And he wants to make up for that. He wants to continue being a good guy. That's what gets me about this whole issue and about this whole arc. Gotham is not a villain. He is not a bad guy. No. I, I think that what this issue really is going at, and I said in my review on the site, that I think this is almost like a one bad day. Like the uh, killing joke. Thing. Yeah. Where one bad day can send you in the opposite way, where it did the Joker, Gordon, whatnot, because shit has gone wrong. Gotham knows he has done this. There is no way he really can't get out of it. I and mean, he doesn't really try. Especially after to. writing his name on the fucking wall. Yes. And what I like, though, is that in, in Gotham's defense, Batman kind of gives him a little leadway later. And like, I know you were out of your mind, whatever. You never see once where Gotham says, listen. I didn't know what I was doing. No. Hey, you got to, you know, he, he seems to own up to it a bit, but he's there. There's a jumper. And people have pointed out, Jody, even on the site, I didn't mention it in my review, but this is a scene for scene by scene, exact replica of All-Star Superman that Grant Morrison wrote, where Superman, there's a jumper. Superman goes, same thing, hugs her, does that. Well, the problem here is that Gotham is telling the guy almost exactly what Batman told him about fear. Yeah. This guy is afraid. Gotham t tells him, hey, listen, we can fix this. I can fix this. Trust me. You know what? Everybody's afraid. You got to, you know, go against that fear or whatever. And the guy agrees with him. And unfortunately, in the All-Star Superman, where Superman showed up and said, hey, you know what? You have more to live for. You, you don't have to do this. And the girl said, oh, you're right. OK, thank you, Superman. This guy agrees with Gotham. And what he's agreeing to is, you're right, I'm not afraid to do this, and blows up himself. He's a, he's another monster man, monster men. I'm terrified bomb. of monster men coming. Yeah, and he blows up. I said in my review, there's no more bridges left in Gotham. The <laughs> has to be so a he blows now. up the rooftop now. But also, you look, there's a lot of people who died. There's firemen and police officers there. So now Gotham doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily his fault. 
but he does convince this guy to blow up the building. Like, at this point, what is the right thing, and what can he do? Because everything he tries fucking backfires. Yes, he backfires everything, and like I said, that's where the one bad day to me comes oh, out. Yeah. And also, it is kind of a play to me on uh, Superman, because he is Gotham's Superman. He has gotten these Superman-level powers. He means well. This is the the thing that blows my mind about this, it really, it's a mind fuck, like you said earlier, where he has the best of intentions. He may even have better intentions than Batman, but yet this shit is gone wrong. And it's because... The road to hell was built with good because, intentions, and it, Jim. And it's, well, it's Gotham City. Gotham City is a cesspool of shit. Worst. And when we first It is start, worse than Detroit, if you can yes, imagine this. Yeah, really, nobody can imagine that. It's worse than Camden, Eric. I've been to Camden. <laughs> oh, Chester. Chester, Eric. I was but, thinking yeah. Chester, yeah. Yeah, what what you get, though, is that if you remember that first issue, not the rebirth God, issue, number one issue, when the plane was going down, remember that one guy was yelling on the plane out of nowhere. We deserve that this. Insane guy. We deserve this because we have Batman. We get the, the hero we deserve because this city's a piece of shit. It's true. Yep. <laughs> and it is showing. That guy this, was right. This arc is also showing that not only do we get the hero, Batman, that you know we deserve, but he is the right hero for this city. He is not perfect. Neither is Gotham. And City, that is. It's, it's still screwing me up with the name Gotham. <laughs> Gotham and Gotham Girl, to me, are about as perfect a superhero duo as you can get. They mean well. They have always meant well. They, it doesn't seem like they've done anything they've spent bad. spent their, entire, their lives entire lives meaning they well. they spent their entire lives. And also their family's fortune to become heroes. It wasn't just like anything. They actually didn't have much of a... A disaster to set them on this path. They just wanted to do good. They wanted yeah. to be like Batman. They wanted to save their city. And this is what's happened to them. Shit has gone wrong. Gotham Girl is a fucking. She's insane. She's a fucking basket case yeah. now. She's and she's in the Batcave. Now you said that, that that threw you off, but we did see Batman at the beginning. He wanted to see what was going on, and I think he has sent her to the Batcave. Obviously, well, I'm sorry, it was not only this. It's the whole thing where yeah. we're transitioning throughout, like. We find out in this issue where, you know, Hugo Strange has gone against Amanda Waller and now is using uh, Psycho Pirate for his own purposes. I'm like, yeah. it's just weird this transition we're going because it feels like we missed an issue in between. Well, it where- is weird not when we get to that. Well, I'll even say no. I think that what he has, he's fighting a battle on like six fronts. Right. And the Hugo Strange thing. That's on the slow burn part. Right. The Gotham and Gotham. We're dealing with Gotham right now. Don't worry about Hugo. There. Yeah, there's a there's a different pacing going on with the different levels of stories where you got Hugo and Psycho Pirate, you know, and I think that what he has done, he wants all of the concentration on Gotham and Batman in this issue. So don't confuse them at all by showing Psycho Pirate and Hugo. They do mention it because of Amanda Waller, but to have them involved as well in this, I think it would throw off the whole focus of this issue this is all about gotham and and batman but in the Batcave, gotham girls there and they're i'd like to say she's being taken care of but at this moment when we first start she screams and freaking that's when alfred's there and he's like coffee and she's like, no, 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 because she's insane. And yeah. he goes, oh, perhaps tea then. Fuck you, Alfred. And I'd be like, God, why can't she use her fucking superpowers now and kill him? Rip I his don't hand back off. He was better without his fucking hand. Yeah, really. 
cut off his that head. hand belongs to an off. asshole, and now it's taking over oh him. My God, it is. It's like a horror movie. That exactly that hand, body parts that might have been my hand there. <laughs> <laughs> he is now Jim Werner, the asshole. He is so. This is a guy. Well, we've said this before. This is a guy who Bruce died recently, and he is he's dead inside. He really is dead inside, and I think this is the first issue that we get hints that it's not just us thinking that, and it's not a mistake of how it's written because Duke actually reacts to Alfred being a dick. And I love Duke. uh, And we actually get a bit of Duke here, and I'm happy to see that. He calls it Alfred out a bit. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. I'll help. And there's Gotham Girl, and she's really scared. She says it. She she can't say much more, but she's afraid. And Duke's there, listen, it's a weird way to spell it out. It'd be like me, like you saying, um, uh, there's a burn victim, Eric. Oh, God, (laughs) why? Awful person. And the burn victim's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. And you're like, you know I'm what? I'm scared too, motherfucker. I'm next to a, a, you know, a monstrosity of a human that you are. Like he calls out, like she, you're scared. I'm next to this thing. Like it's really odd the way he spells out that she is a crazy, it's a insane. Good thing she's fucking hot. Crazy, though. insane. I'm next to a crazy, insane superhero. <laughs> and insane. Yeah, but she, crazy. Crazy, insane, on the telephone. But yeah, they Gotham girl then hugs her. You get the idea. She just needs like some. Human touch, some human interaction. Alfred is not giving it to her. No. Yeah, there's, there's a freaking dude. Now, now, Master Thomas, get away yeah. from the crazy girl. Yeah. Going and to then, the job. Yeah, boy. that's, that's what? what happens. Because then, that boy. boy, he's like, who are you calling boy, old man? But yeah, uh, he's hugging Gotham Girl, and then he gets the call from Batman. Batman's, yeah, Mr. Thomas, have you completed the analysis of the crime scene? And Duke's kind of like, oh, sorry, I'm on it. I just, and then that's when Alfred steps in. We go, Master Duke, where we are most needed. I'm like, you go the to hell. You most needed, That's where motherfucker. You go, Alfred. And then, then this is where I, I got really mad because I don't need Duke, you here. And Duke is obviously pissed. You see that little side view. He looks pissed. He's yeah. looking at the, the people who had died. And in the background, you see that Gotham Girl's now curled up again. And Alfred is trying to force that whatever he has, coffee. like sandwich or coffee. or You're going to drink this coffee, you little bitch. You, you could have at least. Yeah. this. Yeah, really. What he, <laughs> he has arsenic in it. He's now that Duke is out of earshot, he can actually say what he wants to. Yeah, he's, he's in the background. You could at least have him there with like an arm, just on the shoulder, a hand, something. Ew. You don't want that just, hand on no. you. Yeah, really. It's the dead hand. Uh, but yeah, Duke is busy counting numbers and we go off to see Gotham again. Now Gotham is trying to rebuild shit. He's a trying bridge, to it looks like bridge. some shit. It is. It's one of the bridges that was blown up before and he's trying to rebuild it. Batman shows up and says, listen, Gotham, you can't fix this. It's, it's kind of a weird. You cheated on your change. wife. There's no coming back from this for and how many nice like, things you do around the house. You're not an engineer. You're not an architect. You're not the mayor. You can't fix this. You're only going to make it worse. And I think that obviously not even I think uh, it ends up throwing uh, Gotham throws it in Batman's face near the end. Um, but yeah, uh, Gotham's pit. He's I don't I can't say that he's still insane. No. I think he is just so mad right now that he because has he tried can't to do make it better. And, and this is something like you're trying your best. And it really calls back to these are young people. Gotham and Gotham Girl, they're not, you know, Batman's age. They are young kids. They are 22 they, they went, tops in yeah, my they mind. They came back, 
to Gotham with these intent and thinking, oh, my God, we're going to do the greatest of things. And right away, Batman kind of pish-poshed on them with the, hey, you know what? If you would have waited two seconds later, that homeless guy, you know, but they're trying to gain everybody's love. And now it's all gone to hell. And it's almost like their lifelong, you know, what they wanted to do with their life and their their dream. It's like weirdsciencedccomics.com. Yeah, it has been that it's been dashed. And he is angry, and there is no way to fix it. When Batman says it, I mean, it's really like, you know what? Fuck you. He throws the girder, and it smashes the Batmobile. And it does set up a pretty good line later. I'm just saying, though, we've but, already gone through two Batmobiles in this goddamn series. Yeah. yeah. Bridges and Batmobiles, they do not <laughs> last in Gotham. Uh, Batman says to him now, he has a, a little more thing. Listen, it's the chosen one almost at this point as well. Like, listen, you I was supposed to be the chosen yeah, one. You're the chosen one. You're weak. I, I'm weak. You're not. You, you know, you're doing all this and still it's getting fucked up. And he says, I thought you could save the city like I never could. So yes, I thought I knew what you could do. And that's when, uh, he says there was, I saw what you can do. 27 people are dead. And that's when Gotham goes, 27. And then he goes, no, and flies off. And you're like, what's going on? And there's Batman. And he doesn't really react. He just it's, it's talks. Such a, it's such a weird thing, though. It's like, 27? Yeah. 27. No! I get the <laughs> idea of what they're going with. It is such a stretch. It's, it's uh, such a stretch. I, we can say it now. Basically, what it is is Gotham. It bothers the hell out of me. Gotham thinks that he had killed all 28 men that were there. <laughs> Uh, when he hears 27, he realizes that one of the guys must have lived and somehow jumps to the conclusion that they have gone to his parents. Of course. It doesn't make much sense. Batman tries to explain a little later. That is one of the two things that threw me off a bit in this issue. I liked it enough, though, that I, I still love the issue. Uh, Duke calls and says, hey, I got something. I think I found something. Should I send it to the Batmobile? He's like, no, nah, I don't think you should send it to the Batmobile. The Batmobile is destroyed. That was a funny little that. line. Yeah, and I love the freaking backpack wing thing, the jet wing, I'd call yeah, it. The bat wing. Yeah, I the, don't know. I don't like to call it the bat I know, because that's the jet, yeah. Wing, so it's like a jet pack, bat, jet pack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they spell it out. This is another thing that's forced, but I like it because it really called back to me like a Batman 66 with a Rob. That's all I could think about. And because... Duke has counted the numbers, the serial numbers and the dog tags. They all add up to 24, which the 24th letter is X. And in the bat computer and the black ops type. Task Force X, X old chum. X. So out of nowhere, they go from <laughs> one, two, three, and you get Task Force H. X. And yeah, and there you go. And Batman goes off. It's like Task Force X. Okay. And that's where we switch to Waller and Lane. They are in a bunker. Deep, deep under Gotham City, and under Lane, guard, under behind steel. Oh, it's they are in so much protection, and it's funny to me because there's Waller, that Lane, General Lane is trying to convince Waller, hey, listen, we don't have to worry about him. There's no way he'll connect us with this. Even if he did, we're miles below Gotham. We have my biggest guys out front of this door, whatever. Six blockbuster level guys. All, yeah, all of this is. It's funny because he's trying to convince Waller, who never seems nervous. No, she's playing Candy Crush on her phone. She is, yeah, she's waiting for. She's just waiting for Batman yeah. to show, 
And that's what happens. And Elaine, it's it's the best part of the issue. It is it, definitely. Uh, Lane is like, there's no way. And like, I kind of uh, wish we had a little bit more where we kind of had like a few panels in a row of Lane saying this, and then like yeah. in the darkness you like, start seeing you like see the, him emerging. Exactly. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But yeah, uh, Waller's just like, and it's funny too because Waller's on her phone. She glances over for a second, <laughs> lets Lane continue, and then she's like, uh, "Yeah, the damn Batman's behind you." And then you look, and he's there, and Batman just grabs uh, – now, Lane does pull a gun, and freaking Batman smashes his head into the wall. I think he's dead. He you is think everybody man. that Batman hits their head against oh, the wall is God, dead. Look at how hard he hits that wall. Well, he's I don't see a blood man. stain running down afterwards, yeah. so. He is an old man. He's there. I love Amanda Waller. Lois is going to hold Tom a grudge King. for the rest of her life. Yeah, really. Tom King – really nails Waller's voice in this. I, I think it's awesome. And since I had read or watched the movie, I had obviously I read the book before and reviewed it, but afterwards reading it again, to, uh, getting ready for the podcast, I had the uh, voice of the actress that played. Viola Davis, yeah. He yeah. definitely and, has her voice going here, it seems like. Definitely her. It's so good. I, I'm telling you that his dialogue is always just so good. And right here, it's great. And she spells out why she's there. And it's because it's the age old thing. Hey, Batman, you make all your troubles. Uh, you've burned the city down a trillion times. And it's one of those would Gotham be better without Batman. And honestly, in my mind, it's the entire thing that we're dealing with with the colony right now in Detective Comics. Yeah, it's true. And the best part of this is to me is that she's saying this. In the meantime, because of what's happening with Gotham, we're seeing that it's not it's not really true. Like uh, uh, two superpowered beings have come into Gotham, which she Waller even spells out like, oh, and your new superhero friends that you have, whatever. But it's it, you're getting the one part of the story where you're seeing that Batman is needed and Batman might just be the perfect hero for Gotham. Because, because Gotham just makes monsters and that's yeah, it. Gotham, Batman's yeah, the exception and, to the rule. So, and yeah, you're seeing that. That when people think that Batman makes his own monsters, you're also seeing that Gotham itself is a monster that creates them as well. And it's this never-ending circle. Goddamn Queen Alien is what it is. And I love it. And I really do like as well that Tom King points out through Waller, it kind of pokes fun, I think, at Scott Snyder. Because they're talking about, you know, hey, Zero Year, Owls, the Joker, the Joker again. (laughs) And it's bold. And then Bloom. You're like, yeah, that's all it was. A lot of Joker. Yeah. Uh, we had, a, we it, had some owls. We had a riddle at nope. time, but Joker threw out. Joker again. That yeah, made me laugh. But you even have that panel where you see all the, the rogues, the rogues gallery, Batman's rogues gallery. I love it. I think that's probably my favorite David Finch art right there. I like it for one oh. thing. We do not see uh, Mr. Freeze's bare arms because that no, bothers looking, me in yeah. that design. Yeah, I'm looking at that. But yeah, like, yeah, What is that. the point of the suit if he's just going to have his arms out and about? And she says, "Nonsense, Jim." Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a goal, but yeah, Amanda Waller then says, "Listen, I was brought here to put out the flames, and I was going to use Psycho Pirate and Hugo Strange. And yes, you don't get enough here of what that plan what was. What were you going to do with Psycho Pirate? She Come has on. an awesome, awesome explanation of what Psycho Pirate can do." That whole thing with the he could make gods go mad and a man could make the the mad god sane again and yeah. going on. I love that. And again, perfect freaking Amanda Waller voice there. But I, if I was Batman, I'd be like, what is the plan? 
because you really don't seem that. You're gonna a make plan. everybody drink the happy Kool-Aid? Yeah, what do you want? I don't understand. Here? Was she get, was is Psycho Pirate supposed to go around the city and happy. make everybody happy? Happy. Yeah, happy. happy. Was it gonna be that? But when well, you find out, then obviously. Or just go yeah. about. Don't kill people. Don't become yeah, don't a monster. Know. It doesn't even seem like that's what Psycho Pirate can do. He's just more emotional, it yeah. seems. But you just make everybody happy. It's like it's gonna be like San Francisco in the fucking late sixties. People, Good everybody. Times. Has- all these hippies, Eric, free love in the streets of Gotham. Um, but yeah, she's talking and it gets back to that 28. Now, the number th- also, she does say, listen, shit went wrong. Uh, freaking Psycho Pirate got, is being controlled by Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange used Psycho Pirate to get away, whatever. Why doesn't he have a bomb in his neck? I know that he isn't supposed to be quote unquote like an evil guy, but I think Psycho Pirate is. Why wouldn't Psycho Pirate have a neck bomb? And then if shit went wrong like this, you press the button, Psycho Pirate's dead. What's Hugo Strange going to do without Psycho Pirate? Walk around? That's a very good question I never thought of. I'm trying to find a way to make it work, but I can't because he wouldn't. This is Task Force X we're talking about here. We have a villain brought in. He should have a goddamn bomb in his head. He should have a neck bomb. That should be the end of it. Boom. Blown up. The minute that don't take chances. anything, they would go. I think in this book, that's the one thing. Well, I said a couple things already, but yeah. It throws me off because Amanda Waller is very – she's not careful. She might talk the talk. She ain't walking the walk, Eric, because – That's another thing because I didn't think about that when I read it, but now that and, bothers and me. And why too. in all hell would she set up anything where her troops would have a clue or a riddle that would point to Task Force X? Oh. Duke has figured out, oh, these all add up to 24, which is X. No, you would not have that. Get a random number generator. <laughs> There's no reason. She is not the Riddler. You don't need the riddle. Riddle well, the riddle me this, is not even Batman. a riddle anymore. He has yeah. drones. Riddle me this. Why do that? Why set anything <laughs> on the path? That, they're all about this black ops, and nobody's going to connect us. There's Sam Lane. He's talking a bunch of shit. Ah, you know, nobody's going to connect us. Well, they, they did. Yeah, they very, easily. very easily. A teenage kid. He added up. some numbers. Yeah, he added up numbers. Oh, there's – now, granted, not everybody has the – computer to tell him what task force x is but why even have that what is she playing the game it's like freaking it's a contest now well, it's duke not even wins. Duke, duke says like oh these these all add up to the letter x and like must be task force x yeah yeah all right there's all no right. reason for them to ever have anything that would lead anybody well, that's not as bad as the jump we have to where we that we find that 28th guy well, she says, you know, 28 guys. No, there was 27. You better count again, detective. There was 28. And then that's when Batman's like, 28, no. And it is kind of a, it, it's kind of like almost the same scene as when Gotham heard the 27. He's like, no, he realizes now that means that somebody got he away. He must now. be going home. Yes. I actually <laughs> was going to put that in my review. I may have, because that's what it reminded me of. Exactly. Stormtroopers heading home. And the way that it happens is, Definitely, it's uh, it's jumping to conclusions. And yeah. I have to tell everybody listening what happens is there's a 28th guy who lived. Batman figures out that Gotham, when he got done supposedly killing everyone, he was hot. He took yeah. off his mask. He had an itchy One face. Of the guys, yeah, itchy face, which was pointed out by Gordon in the like, Gordon second issue, I that, think. Yeah, first or second issue when he met them. Um but yeah, you, he says him, you, he says this to Gotham. You got hot. You took off your mask. One of the guys was playing dead, took a picture of, ran it through the database of Task Force X, found out who you were, found out where your mom and dad lived and went to go kill him. And now. Broad's greatest detective, Jim. 
Yeah. Well, it's great detective. Uh, he does Jesus explain, Christ. Though, he explains that, you know, this soldier would have been out of his mind from Psycho Pirate because what I think happened where we saw that big explosion and shit going wrong, I think that Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate were controlling the soldiers at first. Shit right. was going wrong. They might have even been killing themselves at, at that point, killing each other. And that's when the explosion went off. Gotham and Gotham Girl showed up, and then that Hugo took advantage of that with Psycho Pirate to kind of convince them that You're they're, scared. you know, or make them crazy, and everything went nuts. Um, but yeah, they end up at the house of the parents. Now we have seen these parents when Matches Malone went to talk to them about Agent Matches Malone. Yeah, and uh, Gotham has the guy by the throat. Batman shows up and says, "Listen." I know you're angry. I understand that. And starts giving him another speech. And it's another one of those speeches, just like the fear one that uh, started this whole thing with Gotham. Batman's got a lot of speeches ready. Yeah, he is. He's a big deal. And he's like, put him down. I understand all of this. Listen, you can be better. You can do better. We can fix this. And that's when Gotham throws it right back in Batman's face. It's like, no, you can't fix it. You can only make it worse. And I'm like, Batman was probably like, who? You just burned me, buddy. <laughs> Boom, toasted. Batman and would not say that. He does not like to be proven wrong. It's like, you just put me on blast. That's right. And that's when uh, Gotham then snaps the guy's neck. And I think that is also a kind of a sly callback to the Man of Steel, where Bat- uh, you know Superman doesn't break people's necks, and he just snaps the neck. And then what I like the most about this is this next part, where he's like, listen, I came here to save Gotham. I sacrificed everything to save my city and you know what this city just bleeds you it destroys you it destroys everything that comes in contact with it i agree in gotham the monster men are always coming i can't fix it so i'm gonna fucking burn it down i am not about time somebody did got and really it is not and it isn't over the top reaction it is a reaction that most people think about gotham oh yeah even say who would live in Gotham? No it, one. It's, it's the, worse than the camp. Gotham job and, fair sure. is empty because all you yes. have is Arkham Asylum, freaking security, and yeah. the GCPD. Nobody wants yeah. that and job. Everybody's getting killed, but yeah, Gotham's like fuck it. I tried to save the city, and fuck, I'm done. I'm not going to save it. The only way you can save it is to fucking destroy it. He throws Batman and he takes off. I think he might have broke his wrist too. He might have. He's fucking. He really kicks the shit out of him, but. I loved it. I really did. I liked everything with Gotham. I was afraid that I wanted more of seeing the good Gotham, but seeing this, making it so that he is not a just over-the-top villain with no reason, I love the reason. I love the fact that he's like, you know what? I tried my best, and this is what this city's going to give me. Well, fuck this city. It's done. And I, I love that as I, well. It's just all the jumping to conclusions we have, and this bothered me a lot. Yeah, I still really I, like the issue though, and I really like where we're heading with this. It's just a lot of that whole. It's it's really hard to, to spend my about disbelief. the twenty seven to twenty eight was so weird. Um, but maybe and, it's just and that he you had an itchy face, the and they took a picture. And ran yeah, into that's what I'm database. saying. That whole thing, that whole thing Jesus was Jesus Christ. That whole, that, but that even the the test for sex, and we made the joke about the test for sex with the numbers added yeah. up and all that, and it's ridiculous. It, it made me giggle a little because it was like a you know, well, that's a C, and that means Catwoman, and that's the you know all that crazy stuff from Batman sixty six. And, and what what lives in the sea, the old chum, a penguin. A penguin, and then you you go from there. I didn't find that uh, Alfred's still a dick and but that whole thing with the 27 to 28 guys and that means that this guy took a picture it was forced but i like what it ended up being able to tell the story and we're moving along 
uh, I'd rather see that jump to conclusions than an eight-page fucking fight with uh, Solomon Grundy for no reason again. So I'll go with it. I gave it a nine out of ten. I really like the art in this. The art, to me, is getting better and better with each issue. I love the so art as well. I'm enjoying I, it. The biggest problem I have with it, I want to say, is the colorist because it, yeah, it could pop a little good. bit more. I love the way and, the art looks, though. And I don't know. Maybe it's one of those where I even think the colors were a little better. This And maybe at a point they'll get a little more colorful because this is supposed to be almost like an allusion to, oh, Gotham, the dark city and the right, dark. Right, right. Well, it got a washed out that. look to it. It's got a muddy look to me, and yeah. there's a lot of browns and, and stuff like that. I actually am pretty excited. We didn't even mention that Amanda Waller then tells Batman, hey, we'll work together. I know where Psycho Pirate is, and Hugo, you need to help me. And she's doing that because it's her ass on the line as well. She's She should be in big trouble, as she always should be, but it always seems to get out of it. I like the idea of Batman working with Amanda Waller to, to bring down Hugo and Psycho Pirate. Uh, but boy, the stuff with Gotham and Gotham Girl, I love. I think it's great. I like it as much as anything that I read in Scott Snyder, probably till all the way back to the uh, Court Owls. I, right. I this this little arc so far, I'm enjoying as much. No, as I, I, did, like, I, I really like the um, art uh, arc. I just think this issue is a little yeah. strange getting to where we needed to be. So I gave it a seven out of ten in my mind. Yeah, yeah I think that's low, 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 low. What's Ready next? for the next book? <laughs> I'm Superman. just wait till you join in for the next one. Low, low, low. Superman low, number four. Low, low. Lois Lane. Written by Peter oh, J. Tomasi. That was a tie in there. Patrick Gleason. And with art by Patrick Gleason, Mick Ray, John Cleese, and Rob Lee. In this issue of Superman, father and son knock Eradicator's black off, with, which releases the spirits of Krypton and somehow transports our heroes to Bibbo's Ace of Clubs bar, where Superman is presented with Jonathan Kent for some reason and decides that he needs to keep his family safe. <laughs> Go on. Fuck you, Jim. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Keep his family safe while Eradicator's on a rampage. And what better place than the moon? Yeah, yeah. This this issue, you want to talk to jumping to conclusion. Oh, I'm right there with the you, place. though. Yeah, this one's tough, uh, especially in a book that we have loved so much. This is my favorite book coming out of Rebirth, but like the beginning, the beginning of this is awesome. Superman is fighting the Eradicator, yeah. and John is fucking furious still that you know Crypto was just got eaten by this fucking monster. He's like, I'm gonna kill him, and Lois like, No, you don't want to be that. You. Yeah, you Lois finally to... decides to be a good mother. Exactly. You know, she talks John down from this. But the thing it's so is, funny. Yeah. He, Go on. He's like, he goes up. He's like, okay, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to help dad. He zips up. We get this great, you know, super boy, like montage kind of look where he gets his suit going. He freaking heat visions the cape onto his back. I'm like, all right. Oh. And then runs up and both father and son punch eradicated at the same time. And in my mind, they would have killed him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the head yeah. is separated from the jaw and goes back. Yeah, like it, I don't know how you – I don't think that this thing can really be quote-unquote killed the oh, way I know, but it's just up. like if this is anybody though besides for this goddamn erratic, I don't know. Oh, yeah. This is this punch is killing motherfuckers yeah. normally. Oh, it breaks its jaw. Oh, I, my God. I, I actually like Lois is probably there like, listen, John, uh, you shouldn't talk like that. Where do you get this from? She's like – he's like, mom, you have let me watch the worst TV ever. <laughs> I see my dad beating the shit out of people and – not that it's in this book, but yeah, they they punch the Eradicator up until that point. Yeah, I was like, holy crap! And especially that badass. panel where they're punching little John there with a little outfit. It's great. Those fucking goddamn cape, Eric. 
What happened to Crypto? Okay. He is dead. And because what happens the then? Because when Eradicator's well, yeah, fucking that's block got so knocked weird. off. I was looking for him. The freaking spirits are released. And like they said in the mail here, it looks like the scene from Ghostbusters when the containment grid goes down. It shoots up in the sky, crosses all the shockwaves and whatever. And then we're in Metropolis at Bibbo's Bar. Yeah. And the, the weird thing, I was looking the whole time. Where's Crypto? He went in there. Where is he? Yeah. I think that he gathered souls. He straight up you ate eat, crypto. I'm saying, you could eat souls and keep them preserved. Actual body parts, they're digested. Yeah, I think that, yeah, really, that we're going to see crypto return when the Eradicator takes a dump. He's going to go shit somewhere. It's going to be fucking fur in that, like the fucking party with the dancing bear, Eric. I don't like that dancing party. bear. Got to follow uh, yeah. the rules, and I don't want to follow the there rules. There you have, though. You're at Bivos Bar, and yeah, that is that is a deep-cut call-out. Right? Oh, yeah. Bibbo is a freaking fanboy of Superman. I love Bibbo. It's just cool to have him there. But to get us to this point is so goddamn forced because I don't understand the transition between Fortress of Solitude being dropped down in Metropolis with the same thing. And they try to let us know. Yeah. Even before that, though, they're there and they have that rock. That guy's just there with arm wrestling for a moon rock, of all things, because he wants to add it to his collection. So stupid. Like, hey, did you bring the certificate of authenticity for this moon rock? And the guy's thing was, was this a joke? The astronaut sold me that didn't have no certificate. And I'm thinking, is that like a joke? Like, oh, Bibbo, you fucking idiot. How am I going to have a, a – I don't think it was a joke. No. It's really odd. What, astronauts just going around selling moon rocks? Times are tough, Jim. I guess. Guy has like a trench coat. Hey, look at here, buddy. Got some moon rocks. I got all yeah. the moon rocks. You and then somehow out of nowhere, Bibbo's like, hey, I like this moon rock. I'm going to add it to my Superman collection. And he is he's a huge fanboy. And the thing is, and, you know what's cool, though? I have been to a bar around this area that is a superhero bar. The guy loves Superman. He has fucking DC shit all over the walls. Does he have a moon rock? He does not have a moon rock. Well, I have not it's been not- there in a couple years now because, you know, not drinking and whatnot. And yeah, not do, driving you, to get there. Do you know who the guy is who is I have no idea wrestling Bibbo? Do you realize he he's missing an arm? No, I did, did not. Did you see that? Look at him when Bibbo's walking away with the moon rock. You know I don't like looking at amputees. He's got a, a false arm, or at least a hand. He's got a false hand. When they are uh, when they're arm Batman took his hand and gave it to you Alfred. See him? He's got no hand. It makes me laugh. Guy is That's the Alfred's one arm bandit. It's so good. He's he's an arm wrestler with a fucking missing hand, and he loses. You and think you like if you're gonna be start arm wrestling? If you have one hand, you better yeah. fucking win. Yeah, you really think you'd be strong with that fucking one arm? He's he's not very good. Yeah, the the rock starts a floating, Eric. Yeah, and I I actually even like the old timey type way that they have Bibbo talk as well. I I really do like oh, it. Oh yeah, it's straight up Bibbo. It works really yeah. good, yeah. but. There is it, no it doesn't reason make much sense. to have it just Bibbo is, in this book. All this is, I guess, and I don't even know why you need to get to Metropolis. It is kind of a forced way to get them to Metropolis, but why? For a there mini really sub. That's yeah, why. Yeah, there really isn't much of a reason because he has this rock. The rock ends up being uh, kryptonite or at it, least some it, kryptonite. It was a part of Krypton, which yeah. the thing is, they say it's, it's got kryptonite inside it, but that thing that – when you think of kryptonite – 
You think of that telltale glow of green. Yeah, but that's why I think they say it's inside. It's so, so weird. I know, but yeah, all but of a sudden, the, the, the souls come show here. up. They're yeah. attracted by there. The souls of Krypton are attracted, end up there, and then out of nowhere. This is the last piece of their homeworld, and they're attracted yeah. to their homeworld. I like course. that. I like it. It's almost like, yeah. you know, they're not it's, so smart. They no, were it, trapped there. They were trapped the eradicator. Me. They're just going to what they think is their planet. It's just a little rock. No, no, but that they, works for me. Why is Jonathan Kent John. And Lois. Pre-Flashpoint, like Jonathan Kent shows up, though. The ghost. Yeah, well, that's even worse. But even Superman, John, and Lois showing up. And it was funny because I'm like, why are they seem to be hurt? I didn't even take the whole kryptonite thing. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Lois seems fine. I don't know how she got there. I guess they got swept up in the whole kryptonian souls and sure. that to them i'm not sure but they end up in the bar she's like oh why are they unconscious it, it is a little heavy-handed to kind of point out oh there's kryptonite they're a little kryptonite there must be kryptonite in there yeah. an irradiated but, piece of their home world and then it, i'm telling you this issue jumps around in weird ways because there's these souls there they take over jump the guy up, jump up and get they down they take over the guy with his fucking one arm and he starts dealing, and they're talking about we are one. They're they're part of Krypton. They're going to do all this. And are they, they awakened? I don't By know. The they might be. They're the kindred. Out of nowhere, not out of nowhere. You have to remember also this whole thing has revolved around the um, eradicator trying to eradicate the human part of John. So that's still involved in, in a bit. Um, but yeah, then all of a sudden, Superman is talking to the souls. The one soul seems to go into him, right? Or they kind of... We are exiles. We are exiles. They connect with him at that one point. I I don't even know how to explain it. It looks like they connect. He can hear and talk to them. He starts yelling shit. And next thing you know, he's talking to Pa Kent. Which I would assume is the pre-Flashpoint Pa Kent. His actual Pa Kent. Yeah, but why? No idea. Why is he involved here? Is this him? It's not him just thinking back. It seems to be that Pa Kent is with the Kryptonian souls. And I don't understand it. It's you know almost why? like a, it, it reminds me a lot of Field of Dreams. He's there and he's. Well, gonna, Shoeless Joe Jackson? Yeah, Shoeless Joe comes. He can't cross the liner. You go <laughs> out of bounds there, you're going to die. Doesn't matter if somebody's hurt. You can't go past there or you're done. But yeah, he's there and I, I, you're supposed to get like that the Kryptonian souls aren't bad. The eradicators no, let them they, go. They now don't they don't want to be stuck inside the eradicator yeah, they, anymore. It's this a is almost like, a, you know, please put us out of our misery. This is what we want. I, I don't know. It's they got a weekend so furlough. Off. Yeah, it's just so weird. Uh, it threw me off with Pa. I'm like, why? It why totally is threw me there? off with Pa. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Then the uh, eradicator yells that in 10 cycles, he's going to, shit's getting real. Eric, yeah. shit's going to get why real. Why is he giving them a timeline? I don't know. <laughs> Did you have a lot of tension in this? Because no. at this point, I was still so confused with what was going on. Then the you Eradicator like, is counting down. Superman's like, oh, shit, we better get out of here. Get on my back. I'm going to hold your mother. And they fly off. And then John's trying to shoot him with heat vision as Eradicator yeah. flies after them and continues to count down. Yeah. He's just counting down. I still don't understand. They want to really, I, I know they're really, the Eradicator's taken aback by John having this human, uh, part of him. But like I said, you still have the last Kryptonian, which, you know, you still have Superman. Yeah. Now, that might call out later that he isn't what he's, I, we talked about this before. He is really fixated on John and. He can't I don't take know. unclean Kryptonians. 
Yeah. Then he gets really grinds his gears. He, they, yeah, it does grind his gears. They throw the fucking uh, eradicator into the bay. Well, that's, and, I mean, the that's one, the thing. It is the souls for some reason decide like since they yeah. don't want to be a part of the eradicator. Then they kind of attack him, they I attack. think, but it's at the end of his counting down, yeah. which sends him into the bay. And, yeah, it sends you know. him into the bay. And I like the one guy's like, hey, it's a super Terminator, and I've seen those movies. Those guys <laughs> never stayed down long. I'm like, really? Really? And, yeah, it doesn't look like he's done, right? No. It just looks like he's in the bay. Yeah, he'll come back up. He's the just going to you when you're wet. Uh, and I, you know, super, well – I'd say that Superman knows this as well because he's going to get rid. He wants to protect Lois and John so that he can now fight the Eradicator the without wall. worrying about them. Uh, I don't know. I would think the Eradicator would be able to sense where John is, even if he is on the moon. But he, he Superman has a plan. He gets a submersible little deal, little picks it sub. up, and flies him to the fucking moon. Bibbo's happy, though. Man of Steel's got a plan, Eric. And yeah, I think the plan is get them out of the fray so that he can just go to town. On I'm, the I'm saying, though, he's all about saying there's enough O2 tanks to keep you guys alive in here. Just, Let's go to the moon. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think I hope nobody, I hope nobody had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, really. And John's just stuck in there with Lois. And Lois is not a good mother. Yeah, she's probably going to tell. Hey, John, uh, take a walk out there. And he's super powered. See what's he, outside there, Johnny. What does he care? John O. He's going to be pissed because he's not going to have TV. That's all he seems to care about. Once Ain't no Wi Fi on the moon. On TV. Yeah, really. He can't. He's, he's playing freaking Pokemon Go. He's like, Mom, we, we can't play this game. I, we're not moving. <laughs> I, I, there's no Pokemon on the moon, Mom. I don't know. It, it just, yeah, I, I feel bad for John. And Lois, they're going to be bored as hell up there. I feel there. bad for Bibbo. He got his goddamn sub taken. Yeah, really. Bibbo, though, he seems very happy. Well, he's all Superman about it. could do whatever he wants with Bibbo. Bibbo looks the other way, and I mean every, anything, Eric. He's got a hat. Dressed up like that a hat, bear? I'm telling you, the hat that he wears makes him look a little like he belongs in the village people. So I don't know where Bibbo, you know, I always where imagine Bibbo like a, a Popeye character. Yeah. Yeah. Superman running? No ways. I, I, no ways. He ain't no runner. Oh, we walk in here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, the art's good. Yeah, th- the right? thing is, I really liked Jorge Amenes' art in the last issue. I'm glad to have Patrick Gleason back, but I, I'm also like, I'm secretly, I kind of missed the Jorge bit. You know, I really enjoyed it last issue. Yeah. I, I like both uh, I like both artists. It, I'm it's torn. funny because I did think Jorge kind of uh, mimicked gleason style but it was a little cleaner to Mm -hmm. me uh so maybe it was like the best of both worlds but yeah this issue was very convoluted i kind of feel like i should have given it a lower score than i did too i well what did you give it i gave it a 6.5 out of 10 that's what i would have given i think i should have given a six though no i think that's a good score it's Uh, a fucking nonsense book after you know you talk about it you read it again it's like god what the fuck happened i have to realize up until the first like Six, seven pages is when John and uh, Superman beat the crap out oh, of Oh, it's badass. It's so good. And really, the only thing about it is just the convoluted way of these souls. You don't have a lot of explanation how they get to Metropolis as a little force. And the whole thing with Pop Camp. But I'm I'm not it. Them line. getting there will be fine. This transporting all three of them as well, it's weird. And where's yeah. the Eradicator at that point? Did he fly over from the like fortress? He just shows up later on. He just pops in. He's got there. his head back on right he pops in. Oh, yeah. He's got his head on right now, baby. Next one I didn't like as much as this or any of the ones we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Manship, though, loves it. It's Justice League number two. 
written by Brian Hitch, art by Tony S. Daniel, Sandu Foray, Tomei Moray, and Richard Starkings. I'm not going to make a Beatles joke this week, Eric. His name sounds a lot like Ringo's. Brian Hitch continues his Justice League story by throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, which is nothing, if you ask me. But boom, the characters in this book come off as actors who don't want to be involved, and the, the threat is more confusing than dangerous. I still like Tony S. Daniels' art, but that can't save this issue from being my least favorite Rebirth issue so far. You know, what's, the, you know what's the funniest part of that little write-up you did? What's that? You spent like 15 minutes getting that rim shot ready before the show, and you actually do it yourself. Yep. I'm not <laughs> Listen, I'd have to go this. I'm like, hey, the characters in this book come off as, oh, no, what it was. The, he throws a bunch of shit at the wall, seeing what sticks, which is nothing if you ask me. There we go. <laughs> you don't need it that. It was worth it. <laughs> there you go. You got it. And uh, what else could I say? I'm trying to come up with something else. And then Batman shows up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> nonsense. All right, Batman was nonsense. I got you. I'm following you. All right. Yeah, the whole book was nonsense. This, this, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this Brian Hitch. You know what? I always I wouldn't that Hitch. I wouldn't hitch myself to that wagon. Pilgrim. Yes. <laughs> right on. Editing will solve that, Eric. I'll You're make not editing right. shit. Fuck that. Talk to that guy on Twitter. The one guy messaged us and said, hey, if you guys want to spend more time eating burritos, I'll edit the podcast. Yeah, burritos. I do love me a burrito. I do, too. Now that I think of it, I would rather be eating burritos than editing the <laughs> podcast. And I pro- I end up five hours of editing. I could probably eat burritos for five hours. Just keep I eating. imagine, though, somebody taking the underta- like they're like undertaking this freaking editing thing, they yeah. would sit there and have to listen. This thing would not go not, up until Tuesday. Not even just that, but the way they were spelling out, it's like no nonsense of the, pod- you know, the podcast with no nonsense. I, I actually was going to make a joke mock-up of the podcast that i said oh here it is without nonsense it was gonna be like hey eric batman justice league see in seven there it is that's all you get that's all you get i hated this book Aaron. (laughs) i don't like justice league at all and it's a shame this is i always say this is what the book that little eric shea would always buy it would and Things don't make sense. It's Actually, little this, Eric whole, Shea and it. this whole first section of the books that we're talking about, really, uh, things not making sense is, is a theme. This one is just everything. Well, everything honestly, about it just I feel seems like, to get thrown on top of each other. Like what I talked about in Batman, where it felt like we missed an issue in between. Yeah. For what, from where we left the story, it feels like we missed something because well, the whole big cliffhanger was everybody losing their powers. Yeah. And, and then here, here's the wow, thing. that was weird. We lost yes. it for a second. What? What I think where you said Batman, oh, it seems like we lost an issue. You know what this book seems like? It seems <laughs> like the people in the book has lost. They don't know what's been going on because we'll start off. You see the Green Lanterns again. I said last week or two weeks ago. I always say last week now. Um, the last issue of Justice League. The Green Lanterns lost their power. That the, the the light they stole our light. They and lost they the power. In the sky. Somehow, the tsunami was coming. Somehow maintained their outfits, the Green Lantern outfits, which seems to be something that's going around nowadays. Yeah, that happens in the Green Lanterns book as well. But 
they fell into a tsunami. Now, the way this starts, you can tell me that the power came back. It's too quick. What kind of timeline are we talking about here? And I'm telling you, I don't care. If you fall into a tsunami, two seconds, you are dead. I don't care if that Green Lantern power comes on in five seconds, dead. There is no way you survive. The, the way he's playing it, obviously, they did survive. They come out of the water. They have seemed to forget that the people were possessed, Eric. These people are not good. They've been possessed because right away they come out and decide they're going to save everyone. And with these crazy constructs, Jessica can't make a construct, and she can. Well, think, one thing I do did enjoy with this whole like possessed people thing. I like with Simon Baz, where they're crawling on top of each other like ants, like they're yeah. fucking like the zombies from well, World War II to reach the thing, up to they them. They come out. They don't even say like, "Oh my God, these possessed people," because right away they're going to save these people again, and the people aren't possessed right now again. Yeah. Like right away, it looks like they're just hanging out, and then they become possessed again. Now I'm telling you, first off. Beijing is done, Eric. Remember, that was where they were making the crazy constructs to keep buildings up. That that city is flattened. They're done. Oh, yeah. Here in Hong Kong. Because those constructs disappear. No more power. Hong Kong has been hit by a fucking tsunami. I see the news report that says Hong Kong, the waters have floodwaters reshaped coastline. Green Lantern's missing. Shit is wrong in that city. You see the there are boats, or not boats, fucking cars all over it. Jessica at one point just says, "Oh, I took care of the water." Oh, really? Yeah, did you now? You took care of the water. With did what? You? Yeah, the, the tsunami's hit, Jessica. Yeah, she makes this. She makes a construct that looks almost like a, a tread of a fucking tire that I, she's going to surround dude, the city. I, it I doesn't matter. That, I saw that bit of construct. I don't even know what I was looking I at. I don't know. And the water is all, the damage is done. <laughs> the needle and the damage done, Eric. Neil Young is there. He's singing. It's nonsense. You are not. She surrounds the city. It still looks like shit's hitting, but the city is already should be done. And then Simon's just showing off with these constructs. He's got every known fucking vehicle, uh, known to man, flying around to pick up these people. And then they attack them. ships. Yeah. Fucking a sailboat. Yeah, and I think to myself, he's there, and the next thing you know, he's like, "Oh shit, these people were possessed." I forgot. That's yeah, they're right. They are crawling over him like uh, what was the the Brad Pitt zombie movie? World War Z. I understand. World War Z. Yeah. Did you say that? That's what yeah, yeah. it does look like. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh." I thought that yeah. was kind of cool because how they yeah. need to get to him because he is flying. Yeah, and then but you also see Flash. He's there. Those people seem to be possessed, but it's almost so like, much for his this, speed. Yeah, it's just like a recap. I don't to, know. Just to let you remember this because happened? Because why they, weren't they possessed before? Well, I'm saying, like, as right soon as away. they touch them, though, they're not possessed well, that's the anymore. Thing. They touch both Simon and the Flash, and it looks like some sort of energy is expelled, which some you would think maybe would be the maybe? speed force. But that's only with the Flash, but it looks the same. It's not even green with Simon Bez, but something is transferred that, that cures them? I don't know what is going on because then because I'm telling you, like, it's like a step to rituals almost where you have to possess the people and say stolen whatever, and then yeah. they don't have powers, and then you got to touch them, and then you won't be possessed anymore. And yeah. I'm like, what? What am I dealing with? But here? it's even well, weird here that they didn't even do the stolen deal. No. These people just got possessed. Well, they're they're, they're not not trying to grab anymore. They're awakened, and, it, and it's weird. 
it's weird to me that this whole thing is let's get these superheroes, but the minute you touch them, you're cured. That's that's not a good plan. Whoever's involved, because I don't know who the fuck's involved. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, Flash. The people around Flash are okay. The people around the Green Lanterns are okay. And Cyborg calls out for the Green Lanterns end up going to see Cyborg. Flash gets called by Batman. Hey, I need you in Gotham. There's an emergency. And Flash heads off to Gotham. Gets there. There's Batman. There's these bugs. And there's alien bugs. We have the last issue that crashed. I'm like, what is going on? And there's Batman. Oh, there's too many. I do like the fact that um, he's. Flash knows what he wants him to do because Batman's in mid sentence. Flash is already done. I did like that because he's like, "Can you grab them?" He grabbed, and then he done. says, "This is where we were talking earlier. What are you going to do with these?" Oh, I'm going to send them to Argus, the CDC, and Argus. They'll take a look. They'll get results. Are they going to show us the results? No. Yeah. That's it. Is that a joke? They is don't. that a joke? Like Batman is going to take them to Argus and it doesn't matter if they show them results they'll get them and to me Batman gets it results. Seems, it, it, well it's it's weird for me in the fact that you would think that Batman would just look into it himself yeah, he's got the freaking you know technology I mean? the guy but they have the watchtower yeah. that's what that's all is about you would think that he could find out just as much as Argus about these things and it's like is that a lame joke or just ridiculousness because yeah we'll take them to Argus are they gonna no they won't show us the results Okay. And then Flash says, are there any clues about what they are? And Batman says, some sort of biological weapon, I guess. Crashed missile. We'll need to figure out where they came from and why. Really? You really do think that, Batman? You got to figure out where they came from? Did they figure out anything? No. No. It's a bunch of this. This issue continues nonsense like that about, hey, what are those? I don't know. Oh. Hey, can we do that? Who knows? Nope. Oh, we do this. And then you go to Arthur, freaking Aquaman. And Aquaman is passed out. You don't like calling and him Arthur? There, what's that? So you don't like calling him Arthur? No, I, I think that some people are like, who the fuck's Arthur? So <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's Aquaman. And he's laying there. You didn't watch that so, movie, Arthur? Yeah. So they think it is? I love Arthur. Fucking drunk ass Brit. <laughs> uh, there he is, and he's laying there, surrounded by little crystal figures yep. that are singing to them in a calming harmony. Eric. Until they're not. And and they, in my mind, the yeah. harmony is lost, so in my mind, they're just screaming at him. Oh, he's, he starts uh, gathering and he says, he says <laughs> are these stones singing? And then he says, it's changed, harsher. The harmony is gone. Yeah. And he gathers them up <laughs> and swims off. And at this point, I'll tell you, at this point, I was like, okay, this is just going once this Aquaman part. I'm like, fuck you. I am so angry that he's collecting crystal figures. He's pulling. Then I get even more angry as we go on about those figures. But in the meantime, they're up at the watchtower. They're at the watchtower. Uh, freaking, you get the craziest little, like Brian Hitch has to explain to us how they get a uh, sonar out of uh, when there is a earthquake. I don't need to know this. About, All oh, this when there's an earthquake, there's shockwaves. You get a better image. There's a sonar. Then Simon joins in. Huh. But isn't that strange that all of the earthquakes went out at once? Well, it is kind of strange. Oh, yes. yes. And he says, here's <laughs> what I found. You brought that up, Simon, because it is yeah. strange. And he's like, look what I see. Well, look what I found. I'm not sure what it is, but here it is. Hey, can we see that bigger? Yeah, I'll enlarge it, but I still don't know what it is. <laughs> so stupid. 
Oh, you know what? I, I just realized too. I was wrong. So I'm, I'm looking at the book here where Wonder Woman shows up and talks about the Kindred. I'm like, yeah. I guess they still are the Kindred, but yeah. in the solicits are known it's as the so Awakened. Weird. It's so weird. Um, yeah. In the meantime, uh, now I'm thrown off. Cyborg starts Sorry. telling him, "Hey, listen. These there's these things in the core of the Earth. They're emitting gravitational pulses. They're increasing with power. The first one caused earthquakes, but there's going to be worse. It's and then building like, up so, bigger." So what are they? I don't know. Uh-huh. And spells out, he's like, but they were here from a long time ago, probably before we could detect them. Probably. Uh, well, ha- yeah, probably. What about now? Why haven't they been able to pr- freaking – what happened a month ago? Why couldn't they see them then? He I- really spells out that like – in my mind, I'm thinking like this is medieval times, even before. This is the dawn of man's well, – I'm telling you, just from that guy – slow burn. Just from the shit we got from the freaking uh, Aquaman's part of the story, it seems like something to do with Atlantis, right? Yeah, yeah. These goddamn Zodiac stones or whatever they are, crystals. So these aliens, you're guessing these aliens planted these devices to cause earthquakes a trillion years ago. Why? To to awaken the kindred, maybe? To just wait until the planet – why wouldn't they just wait till now? And then just come down and cause – it's so ridiculous. Well, I don't know it, what's going on because then we get more and more of those goddamn bug ships coming yeah. down. Well, then uh, that's when Wonder Woman, like you said, they're all talking. Wonder Woman shows up and it's like, hey, they call themselves the Kindred. And I think it's just the start of whatever they're doing here. Oh, really? A Good. lot of jumping to conclusions, a lot of nothing. And then they get attacked. But in the meantime, they get the idea that the only way they're going to stop this is by going into the Earth's core – and the only way they're going to be able to do it is with getting Superman. The, pre- the big guy. Superman. Yeah, the big guy who it helped them in that rebirth issue and then flew off and now seems to like it's not even just that, hey, we don't really talk to him. It's like they're scared of him all of a sudden. Like they don't want to talk scared. to this guy. I, I don't know. They're just I saw him knock fucking Eradicator's block off. Yeah, but it's so weird that they're like, huh. Him and his son are menaces. And well, they get attacked. By these things that hit in Gotham. I don't, Batman calls them biological missiles or whatever he says. And then they're like, Oh my God, what is this? And that's another Batman line. There's a payload, biological weapons. Saw them in Gotham. We, but in Gotham, he didn't know what they were. No, nope. he had no idea he was going to send them off. But now he knows everything now. And really, and did Flash it, catch all of them? I don't know. And, but he says, if Gotham's any indication, this is going to be a plague. What? But you took care of it kind of fast for the last, Flash. Yeah, he mentioned that last issue about, hey, we better quarantine this. This could turn into a plague, but it's so ridiculous. But honestly, and then I get the idea that whatever the Kindred are doing, they're hoping to get it done before these fuckers show up. Because in my mind, like we were talking about last issue, I'm like, what if these things are like a police force that are coming yeah, down no. to stop this, whatever? Because uh, that's what it seems like here. Yeah, no, I, the way that Batman's talking, they're connected to me. That this is a connection. That he's not, they're not saying, oh, no, this has happened again. Well, this say, is like, uh, the plan. The, I'm saying when they start coming, the kindred are like the purge has come faster yeah. than before. More must awaken. Yeah, everyone. No, I think must that that's awaken. what they're doing. I think it's all connected. That these things hitting is what's going to start everything going to hell. Together. I think this is a war between the kindred and whatever these things I, I, are, and like that's why I, they need more people possessed so they can take them on. Yeah, I, I don't even get that. I get that this is part of the plan. I get. And that. then zodiac crystals. Yeah, yeah, I know, because I don't even, it's not like these people are just walking down the street. It doesn't even seem like they're really that involved. I don't know. It's just stupid. It's all stupid. And uh that's when Wonder Woman earlier was like, you know what? We should go see him. And then Batman's like, hey, 
I'm going to go to get him. And then Bat- Batman and Wonder Woman have the eyes looking at each other like all of a sudden they're – I don't even understand. Like I said, maybe that Damn. is – maybe these biological weapons are against this. It would be a real dink there, my friend, to have all of a sudden the kindred decide to rise when these things all attack. It's just stupid. Then you go to uh, uh, Atlantis again with these crystals and what drove me nuts. He goes – he he finds an Atlantean. He's like, "Hey, I think these crystals saved me." The guy knows what they are. Why oh, yeah, does Aquaman? They were, they were in the museum Aquaman? the whole time. Yeah, they were in the museum. They're part of like the Atlantean museum. Aquaman thought about culture. I guess he has no I idea. Need to bridge my two like, worlds. Oh, the surface they were in the, the museum under, underwater. Yeah. What do they have? That'd be funny. He's like, "What do you mean museum? Surface dweller? That's so ridiculous." And he's like, "Hey, did you evacuate? We tried, but look." Now there is a big, giant, gloopy guy. The guy. guy. One of the guys in a review, he claims that that is definitely Dr. Manhattan. He, he is calling that out. That's why the guy gave this issue like a 10 out of 10, because that's Dr. Manhattan there. Yep. It's just like a, 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 a water bubble, water monster that Dang. people are swimming into. They're all stand there. It does not look comfortable, right? It's no. like one giant goddamn human centipede. It's a goddamn there. subway, and nobody one likes guys, subway. One guy's shitting in another guy's mouth in there. I, I, it doesn't look – it actually reminds <laughs> me of when you see those books like the Karma Sutra where yeah. they have all the sexual – that's what I think it is. It's a living Karma Sutra. You can see there's a standing 69 going at one. One book guy, if you look at the top shoulder where the people – you see some really defined butt cheeks there, and then underneath it looks like a guy is grabbing another guy. I'm trying to get head. It's so fucked up. Oh, it's nonsense. And then you go to Metropolis. Keep the hits keep coming, Eric. You go to Metropolis, and that actually makes sense. Superman's there, and he's just destroying shit as it comes down. Yeah. And that's why it would be weird if you would say that these things are like a space police trying to do things. You would almost say they're quote unquote the good guys. Yeah. And Superman's just straight up murdering them then. So I don't think that's how they're playing. But if they were, say they were going to battle each other, I can say that we'll consider both of them the bad guys, right? Each oh, of them. Yeah, because Earth the is the battlefield. Earth, exactly. Earth is not going to win in this. Yeah. Uh, I just think that this is part of the biological weapons that will come down, purge the Earth so that the kindred can live alone. I, I don't know. You, you get the ones that are controlled and then the ones that aren't get killed like, off of these bugs. I don't know what's going on with stolen words and powers and then touching people and then yeah, not being possessed. I don't this, know what any I, of that fucking shit is. You know what I want to know about? The stolen time that fucking Brian Hitch owes me. Because now I'm invested in this fucking story that's a bunch of nonsense. You have Batman going down. Oh, I don't trust this guy. My buddy died, but this still is Superman. And he goes to talk to him. He's like, hey. Superman's like, hey, Batman, seems the world's in trouble again. Really? I, do, I do like, though, that we finally got it right, uh, that this is the uh, pre-Flashpoint Superman yes. costume. Yep, it is the costume. And Batman's there, and he's like, hey, this is a job for Superman. We need the impossible. We need you to go to the center of the Earth. I wish that dun, dun, dun. like, fuck you. Uh, that's what I want to say. Like I said, stolen words. Stolen fucking free time for me. I'm going to read this. This was the one. We always say not to review a bad book at the end. I knew from just paging through a bit, I started doing this. I did Batman, which I love. We already talked about. 
And then I had Green Lantern in this, Justice League. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do Justice League first. Then I'll do Green Lantern. I'll, I'll end on a positive note at least. I started reading this. I'm like, fuck this. No, give me Green Arrow. I did Green Arrow. And I'm like, I know this is bad, but I, I just don't – I'm going to be miserable anyway. I yeah. might just wait till I just – right before I go to bed. You always want to I, keep a bad book for the end yeah, because I, once I, you get a bad book, you don't want to review another yeah, one. You're burnt yeah, out. Or, or you kind of – yeah, you get burned out or you're just negative then. Yeah. Looking for shit. Uh I did not like it. I did not like this issue at all. There's aspects uh, to this book I like. Cause I, like one thing, I love the art in this. It's the art. It is not as standout as just the last issue in yeah, my I mind. I don't think it is great as last issue. It's still great. Uh, there's but not there's as some good. stuff to this I can get behind. Not a lot. I'm saying I would give this a six out of ten. Yeah, I give it a four. Got I it. Uh, I think that most everything that we learned, like you were saying, like about Hugo Strange and Batman, right. I don't understand. Tell me about the Kindred. No. Now that we're two, three issues in almost, because who knows what that first rebirth was involved, the Ravagers. The Reapers. The or... Reapers. But yeah, in two issues in, tell me anything about the Kindred. They talk a big game and then touch you and they're nothing. Yeah, I don't even know if the whole touch is anything anymore. I couldn't tell I really you. don't. I couldn't tell you what was going on with that. I have no idea. I That is the villain you know, the big bad that is such a global, you know, villain. These other reviewers are, uh, oh, this is the the Justice League that I like because there's a huge threat. And I, I don't even understand it. We have the, the freaking bug things coming in. We we have no idea. We're making up shit in our oh, head. Yeah. I'm jumping to no conclusions. Idea. I'm trying tell to put some what, pieces together. Tell me what the Justice League has figured out what to do. Nothing. Nothing. We're going to get Superman they, is what we're going to do. They're going to go into the Earth. Now, what are they going to do with the Earth's core? I don't know. Find out that's what's what down it kind there. Of thinks, right? Go to the middle, the center of the Earth. They say. I figure they just got to go to wherever these fucking earthquakes are. Yeah. The faults. Yeah, they spelled it out that they're in the outer part. Yeah, they say that. Why does Superman have to go to the center of the Earth? I don't understand. I got nothing, man. Yeah, he's the like, book looks good. That's Batman says we need you to go to the oh, center. I'm looking at it right now. No, these things that were supposedly ancient that we couldn't find out what they were, though. Now we should. They have no idea. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, four out of ten. I did like the art just yeah. as much as before. And I'm laughing because there's there's one review for another book. I won't even spell out the book. I sent you a little note, and I was paging through this. And a guy actually gave a book a bad review because of the Night of the Monster Men ad at the end of the book. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, my God. He, Giving good reviewers like Eric Shea a bad name. That's right. All right. But we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back with a lot of Reggie, Eric. Good. I hear they do good things over there. Eh, Not that Reggie. He's going to be talking about uh, a bunch of books with us. But we'll be right back. No. Well, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't like that. (laughs) I have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) I know. I didn't send you the outline. Jenny and me was like peas and carrots. Visions of the things to be. Hey, he don't even have his license, Lisa. I realize and I can see. Pardon my French, but you're a side is painless. It brings on many changes. Oh God, my mother, she woke me up today. She drew a pan of hot grease all over my chest and my ass and genitals. And I fell down the stairs and my shoes fell off. Lose it anyway. The losing card of someday lay. 
Yes, so hit it, Reggie. Got a Suicide Squad Rebirth number one, written by Rob Williams, art by Philip Tan, Jonathan Glapion, Scott Hanna, Sandu Floria, and Alex Sinclair. Sick of being out of the loop, President Obama insists that, that Amanda Waller enlists someone that can provide oversight and act as liaison to Task Force X. Task Force X. So she picks disgraced <laughs> ex-military Guantanamo Bay inmate Rick Flagg. As she convinces Rick Whoa. that he's the Joe to their Jackson Five, I keep expecting it to be Ric Flair. <laughs> Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and Harley Quinn fend off some Mongolian supervillains in what is a pretty entertaining and appropriately ludicrous situation. Yes. I had a lot of trouble with that one. Yes, you did. Yeah, Ben, you didn't even say corpse. No, not this time. Corpse. We had a guy at work who used to do the Ric Flair strut. <laughs> and he'd just walk up to people and then go, woo, and slap them in the chest and then walk away. Wow. Backhand them in the chest. Oh, yeah. So, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I like this issue. I really yeah, do. Um, of the ones we're talking tonight, I like it a little more. But, yeah, um, I like the art. You had told me, Reggie, that you thought a lot of people who were against this issue because the reviews are not uh, brave reviews. No. Right? A lot of people are against this. I don't know how – you can really be against this issue. Uh, not not just it's not that nothing happens, but really what happens is just a setup of the Suicide Squad. It's not real surprising what happens. But I, mean, I this, think this it, is what has happened in all the True Rebirth issues. Yeah, is they're just yeah. telling you like this is this is what's going to happen now for the book, and we and we need that, especially for Suicide Squad, where the roster changes almost with every creative yeah. team. Yeah. And, and and not only that, but the roster changes with every creative team. And I was thinking about this while I was in the shower before uh, you know recording, and I'm thinking Trust to myself yourself. that yes, the roster changes, but this is one of the books that it can. It may always make sense. There yeah. is an easy way in and out of changing the roster. And yeah, uh, you set this up with basically the the favorite characters from the movie, but also from pretty much the book. Correct? There, there's Harley, Deadshot, Boomerang. That's all I you have. Yeah. And they mention at one King point. Shark. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah, really. I love King he's Shark. Not here. But yeah, you get the even thing where they're like, oh, and we we'll get into it. But yeah, even Waller says to Flagman, hey, we have some others. That's all you need. You know, yeah. we're gonna have them. We'll have El Diablo. Bring, Pretty much, you know. anybody you like in the movie, they're gonna be here. Yeah, and I I think they're gonna start definitely with the movie. Can it'll it'll be a changing roster if it lasts long enough. But it opens up. Telling, uh, basically seeing pictures of this, you know, Harley, all shit's gone wrong, which it has. And again, I like that as a way in where there's what appears to be Obama. Uh, Obama? I hate that there's anything that is close to real life. It really annoys me. But yeah, there's Obama. They're in the Oval Office. Amanda Waller's there. And it is the big, the big gal, Amanda Waller. That's right. Which I like. Fatty Amanda's back. Well, I, she must have eaten a lot since that Batman book because she's put on some, some pounds. But yeah. I like that. Continuity. Yeah, I like it. Um, but she yeah, was stress eating probably, I think. Probably. Well, that, she that was got great called back to go the... see the president. I know. Back right. in that old run that you were reviewing, Jim, 
where she was yeah, the eating Sean all the time. When you would see her, she was eating like all of a sudden she just started eating. And we were like, they're getting there. She's going to gain weight. And it didn't last long enough. I think it would have eventually gotten to that. Um, I will tell you that of the I, I talk about that Sean Ryan run all the time. This does seem it it seems very reminiscent of that run a bit. If I was going to say, like, what does this remind me of uh, because of the team, but also just the way it's going out. Um, but yeah, Obama's pissed, says, you know, this is bullshit. Uh, I didn't know anything about this until my second, you know, all these things. And it, it makes sense. He's pissed off. You know, who the fuck are you, Amanda Waller? I'm the president. I just found out. And yeah. it's been a shit show. You've been destroying the world that people are going to find out and go to, you know, go bonkers. And she just basically tells him that whole it, it's really the speech that you always get with the Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. You know, we go where people can't. Reality's ugly. We're going to go in and, and kick ass when when you're too much of a pussy to do it all for the name of, you know, this and that. But I really do like the call out like you don't know about us. The Justice League doesn't even know about us. And I thought you know? that, that's pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, you have it. And then she he wants to to shut it down. But Amanda Waller then just makes him flip-flop. And this is the only thing that I really have. Yeah, I I have. That's the only thing I have an issue with where he's like, this is bullshit. Any other time in any other book and in reality, if they were going to do this, it would be like, okay, listen, I'll only let you do this if I have my man. Now, they did do this again back in the New 52 where they had that guy and he went went nuts. Yeah, Vic Sage. They did that. So we've been there and done that. Didn't work out, but usually question. you'd have Obama say, okay, you know what's going to happen? I have my man, Rick Flag, Rick Flair, and Woo! he's going to join the team and he's going to keep an eye on you. Instead, she says, hey, I got this guy. You know, he, his family's a military family. You've heard of him, all of this. And it's it's just a weird deal. They try to throw a little legacy in there with Do the yeah, I, I don't mind that. It's just weird that she is. But again, is this he's a show busy still? man? He's he's got drone strikes to authorize. You know, well, that not, is he, true. He just sit around. You, you know, Gee, you watch yourself. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, in the meantime, is this also? Kind of showing you that Amanda Waller is is pretty kick ass, and no matter what room she's in, she's in a room with the President of the United States. She's yeah. going to take command of the room, and pretty much, you know, he's putty in her hand and her yeah. big fat hand. I think he, I, she can't I think dial the phone easy. right, Eric, but she can fucking play the president. She's but, got one of those big dials. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fat fingers, a sausage finger. She's dialing up, and I'm not fat shaming. Yeah, she, she is kick ass. She is really kick ass. Um, though at the one point when she's walking away from Obama, she looks like an old grandma, that freaking the the lower left panel on his page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one. But she has pearls. So that means that the freaking Batman is going to watch out. He's not going to want anything to happen. (laughs) But yeah, they have, uh, Colonel Rick flag. And then you find out the big twist uh, to me. And the issue is you find out he's in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, he's kind of been now. They don't say who set him up, and I think that's going to play out in the in the run. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And because basically he was told to go do something, uh, you know, a military thing, he wouldn't do it. He thought everybody would get killed. All running man about it. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, yeah, I will not fire on defenseless women and children. <laughs> that's right. All they want is food. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's running man. And next thing you're going to find next year's Sub Zero is now plane zero. Chill. I forget. Now I'm doing the fucking Batman and Robin. <laughs> hey, Christmas tree. There you go. I love yeah. that movie. So he has been put in jail. 
uh, and going, not even jail. I really like the way they do this because you put him in regular jail, even if it was like, say, uh, you know, Arkham and say he's insane, people will know about it. He is hidden in Guantanamo Bay as a terrorist. Right He's next just to sitting Simon there. Baz. Yeah. You know, Obama knows, you know, he knows who Rick Flagg is, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know where he's been. He's been off the grid yeah. for fucking years. It's so funny, though, that that would be his reaction. Like, oh, Rick Flagg, what happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> that guy owes me five fun. bucks. Yeah, he could look into it, but he doesn't. Stand-up guy, Rick Flagg? Shit, I haven't talked yeah. to that boy oh, in years. Man. Rick Flagg. But yeah, so Amanda Waller gives... If you knew a- how many drone strikes Obama authorizes... Oh God, you were laughing at him. Since okay. this scene to the next, there's like been 15 drone strikes. What yeah, I like, though... It's nonstop, I'm telling you. Yes. I What I like about this whole scene and this whole setup is instead of the generic, what you always have in these... For, like you said, every... A uh, new creator has that scene where Amanda Waller goes to them. Hey, listen, we want you. You can work off your your time. You were going to put a bomb in. Instead, she's doing that same thing, but going to Rick Flagg and kind of begging him to be on the, you know, hey, can you come and lead the team? He doesn't yeah. want any parts of it. And I like that he pretty much is uh, – Guantanamo Bay sounds like a better time. Yeah, I know. He's willing, he's willing to stay in Guantanamo Bay rather than uh, lead this team. Yeah. Well, again, you, you get the idea that when she goes to say, say she goes to El Diablo. Hey, El. Is that what she up, calls it? El. El. Hey, El, what's going on? What's up, uh, D? Hey, you want to go with us and we're the Suicide Squad Task Force X? You can do this. And in the back of their mind, they're like, I'm going to fucking bolt, you know, and oh, yeah. we're going to put a bomb out of these bombs. What the fuck? What else? If I'm going to die. Rick Flagg to me is like, not, no. he's not going to bolt. He doesn't have, but it just sounds horrible. And, you yeah. know, he doesn't want to die with these guys, especially since he had these uh, troops that he was in charge of. He pretty much ditched them. This is why he's upset. He, They died because, well, they probably would have died anyway with them. But, you know, in his mind, hey, if I was out there now, he's going to go and help these fucking bad guys. It, it just seems like bullshit. Uh, I really like it, though. I like that twist that she's recruiting the good guy. Yeah, I, I, I just like the facts. When I went into this, I did not expect Rick Flagg to be locked up and almost like no. along the same lines as the rest yeah, of the Suicide Squad. That's what I mean. Squad. He's in pretty much because of the way. Almost like Black Manor was recruited before. What's that? Almost the way Black Manor was recruited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I like this, though, because, yeah, he has been dicked over. He just went against orders. And to me, the guy who they drew first him- blood. And and they have put, yeah, and they have put him in prison because if they don't, he's going to talk, and whoever had that thing going on is going to be in big trouble. Whoever fucked him over. Got some explaining uh, to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not just because he didn't follow orders. It definitely is to shut him the fuck up. So to hide him, him, yeah. And, and a place where you know, it, besides your drone strikes, right? But it, it's a horrible place where people just get lost. You know, you'll never see from the Green Lantern ring comes in. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like the first day of high school, but every day, yeah, you know, you, know, you just get terrible. lost everywhere. Hey, Plus I you're naked. Overlooked. But yeah, then they're gonna, she, yeah, really. Then they're going to talk. Uh, she's going to tell Flag about the team. And in the meantime, you get a little peek at what they're doing as well. And you do get Harley, Boomerang and Deadshot. And I thought that uh, Rob Williams, we didn't, you know, we'll mention Rob Williams. We love. He did the Martian Manhunter book. He did the Royals book that I told right. you to read, Reggie. That was really good. Yeah. I think he does a great job of the actual three characters that they show in the uh, Suicide Squad. I part. think all the dialogue is is really good. Yes. None of it seems really. like too stupid. You know, maybe oh. maybe Suicide Squad's a little 
more forgiving because it's sort of is like an action movie, but yeah, I, I liked it all. No, it was all I, cool. I really do think and I think the way he scripted this and, and the pacing is really good. Yeah, me too. Because uh, you get that little peek of what they're doing there with the guy and it, you don't even think of it then. You're just watching they're they're going at it and there's a guy with a suitcase and then that's when he's like, Hey, we want you to join. Uh we're in China and it's weird. Like right away you think of like Doctor Omen and stuff because the guy that they are going in to grab is a guy who has a meta bomb that if it blows up anybody in the radius, it has uh, superpowers and yeah. it's or anybody who has superpowers doesn't. Yeah, that's right. For and that's, it's an amazing bomb. This thing it's it's crazy. Fucking nonsense I mean, really, bomb. though, you go in, you have a bunch of army guys that are being attacked by the Justice League. You throw that bomb and you turn the table 17 times. It's that's the thing. Yeah, you're throwing bombs back and forth. Yeah. And you throw a bomb. All of a sudden, Superman's depowered at the same time that this fucking guy is, uh, you it's know, Mongolians out. power. It's crazy. And yeah, they're Mongolians. That becomes a big thing. And uh, there's a bit of humor. Uh uh, the boomerang stuff, I don't know, when he starts singing the Genghis Khan freaking Mongolian song that he he sung for his rugby team or whatever. It was a little forced. Honestly, yeah. a, lot, I, a lot of this actually felt like they were trying to incorporate as much of the movie as they could. Like, in my mind, Rob Williams only saw the trailer and tried to do what he could with that. Like, no, when he actually, I think that he came out in an interview and said that he did actually watch the rough cut of the movie. To kind okay, of, it's like, just like I'm stuff. looking at the book here and boomerang's taking control of this scientist who's been kidnapped. And he's talking, and then he burps. I'm like, all I can think about was going back to the trail where you see Captain Boomerang going away to sneak a beer. Take the beer, yeah. And I, I like Harley in this. I like Deadshot. Deadshot is very dry wit. He's like, he's the I want to die, uh, Deadshot here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, he wants to die. I'm not used to this one as much as what we've had lately, but okay, I'll go with it. I well, do like and the way they, Harley's drawn too. She's like a little more pugnacious. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it's just kind of like a rounder face. I like yeah, that. It's Philip Tan like. on art because, you know, Jim Lee couldn't possibly do the first issue. I know. The rebirth issue. It's just so weird. Or uh, any full issue, but anyway. Yeah, but at points, especially Harley, uh, Philip Tan seems to be kind of mimicking the way Harley looks when uh, Jim Lee does it. It's, like you said, it's that kind of like the little girl. I don't know. It's hard. She's a little like cherub. Yeah. And like that's kind of how he has done. Um, and I think he came out as well in an interview and said that he was going to try to mimic. I don't know why. Hopefully he's not mimicking the deadlines that are hit because <laughs> it's going to be weird. And um, I, I just what else is there to say? I really like it. The guy has this meta bomb and it goes off while they're being attacked by these uh, Mongolians who are superpowered. The only thing that I wondered is why wasn't like why didn't Harley get superpowers? You well, know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, that's a very good, and Deadshot and Captain and, Boomerang. And they Boomerang. should all be I actually super thought powered. they would be super powered for that, what was it, 36 hours it said? I actually thought you'd see Harley. I, I was getting excited. That kind of would have been awesome. To that, and I was like, man, Harley's going to be flying around, and, you know, Boomerang's going to have fucking, like, shooting boomerangs out of his eyes or something, but it doesn't go that <laughs> way. Guys, I really thought it was crazy, but it also gets, uh, pretty violent because the guy who has this bomb in his suitcase is being taken away by some crazy like meta. I don't yeah, know. It looks like a protoplasm or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he has the suitcase boomerang just throws the boomerangs, cuts the guy's arms off to get the fucking the hands off to get the suitcase or the yeah. case with the metal. And then, de- and then Deadshot shoots him in the fucking head. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh yeah. no, they're still gonna, that they're still gonna get the goods on this guy. And Deadshot and he's Wham. like, Hey, I never miss. Boom done but yeah uh 
in the meantime, Rick Flag decides he's going to be involved. I, That's a little really, weird, though. Like, I never miss. Like, nobody said you did, man. Calm yeah, down. Yeah, really. Hey, he, he's got issues. Uh, Rick Flag uh, joins in, and then you get the idea that this has been going on that for a bit because Rick Flag shows up, and uh, I liked it. Really, I don't know. With, with that bomb going off, though, and all the Mongolians becoming depowered, we really just lead to our cliffhanger where they're going, like, out guns and blazes. We don't know if they have superpowers or not yet. Yeah, I guess that's I, true. Uh, I think you would, though, because you would see them do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It goes Who knows off. how to use superpowers right away? That's always a learning curve. Yeah, well, they, those guys know that they don't have them, and they well, just got yeah, from yeah, the bomb. It the wasn't power. like they had superpowers before. That bomb went. They were going to lose them in a couple hours anyway. But, yeah, maybe that'll be the start of the uh, number one issue where they are superpowered. Harley is kind of jumping, but maybe she's flying. I don't know. She looks she's like always she's jumping, running, though. She's looks like she's running up Rick Flagg's like fucking around. back. <laughs> but, yeah, I like, I like Rick Flagg. I think that's a cool uh, addition that he doesn't want to be a part of it. And he really, you know, he's the guy who is going to act a lot like the almost like a black man, like Eric said. And you expect more Captain him to, America about it. I don't know. I You expect him to on the side kind of like, hey, I'm going to go back and get this guy who fucked me and whoever, if we ever find out who that is. But I, I like it. Anything else? To I, mean, say? I, I think I think Rick Flagg is going to be the, sh- the straight man for the yeah. team, you know, and they're all going to play off him. It's going to allow the members of the team to be a little more fun and wacky, I hope. Yeah. And, uh, and, but he's yeah, he going to try place. to. Uh, yeah, he's going to try to, you know, reel them in. And, you know, come on, do this, and then they'll just go crazy. Right. So but, I imagine uh, if he actually goes off and tries to get uh, confront the guy that set him up with this whole thing, I figure as soon as he does, they're going to fucking lose control, and he's going to be like, God damn it, I can't leave these fuckers for two seconds, and yeah, I can't yeah. go off and do my own shit. I just think he's going to send them with him. He's going to go with them and like, hey, let's go screw this guy. Like, something will happen that they will get a relationship with Rick Flagg that they start liking him and Ooh. that they want to help him out. Uh, yeah, Rick Flair. I just think of that walk and the. I wish I could woo better. Can't <laughs> do it. But yeah, even like they have that uh, last panel, the big you know money shot there. Uh, it's yeah. a little different art there, especially for Harley. But I like it. It's pretty cool. Uh, but for a rebirth issue, and I, I talked to you, Reggie, and you even said like maybe your uh, expectations for the the rebirth issues have gone down a little. I actually yeah. just think you actually like i i know i do i like an issue where you don't have to get fancy i'm telling you we go back to that batman rebirth where it's very good very fancy you're looking at all this and that and the other thing this book doesn't need that it's this is a girl's just want to have fun yeah i want to see the team and i just one story yeah yeah and rob williams twists it around like we said where you're seeing the recruitment of the good guy the bad guys are already going. They are saying this. It's a rebirth. The team is out there, out and about. It's the same team at this point, almost to that that you can think like, okay, these are just the survivors of what the fuck else happened. Whatever run that you've gone into, at least back to the beginning in the New 52. Yo-Yo's and, not here? What's that? Yo-Yo's not here? Yeah, no Yo-Yo. Yeah, like I, like I said, Yo-Yo. you could just, in my mind, I can just say, yep, Yo-Yo died. And then, you know, let's move on. Yeah, that's and good enough. Yeah, I, I think the pacing and the storytelling were really the stars of this. It was just a yeah. real fun read, you know, the back and forth between, you know, the action and then Waller talking to Rick Flagg at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. It was compelling and, enough, and uh, I, I liked every minute of yeah, it. And yeah. here's the thing: were you were you angry when you saw Rick Flagg and you thought, "Oh my God, they're trying to push the movie"? 
No. I wasn't. I wasn't at all, at all because of how well it was done. This isn't like all of a sudden you have the exact like what like Eric said, like the trailer. Exactly. You did have that boomerang moment, but I don't mind that only because maybe this will be the final, you know, the first freaking book that seems that everybody who watches the movie will go, hey, I'll check it out. Oh, my God. I mean, I, it's I, like you said, it's obvious to anyone reading this that this initial arc, at least or initially they're moving the team closer to what we're going to what's in the movie. What's in? Uh, yeah. But it's, it's not like those characters are, like, not actual DC characters. No. Or like, they're, they're going to step why, in Godzilla yeah. or something. You yeah, know? Like well, that's I like this DC mainly because you have the three characters that everybody likes. Yeah, so the main ones. Spend, like, do you like freaking Slipknot? <laughs> if Slipknot doesn't die in this goddamn movie. Now, we're saying this. The movie comes out, I think, tonight, right? Yeah. It actually will come that's out. That's right. Tonight and it is, yeah. So we'll, we'll be able to see things, whatever. But Eric has made the call from the beginning that Slipknot's Slipknot only here to dead. show that the he's bomb a, he's is a in the head. He's a firestorm villain nobody yes. gives a shit about. He's going to die right no. away trying to get away. I don't want Slipknot in this book. I don't really want El Diablo in this book. I don't. I I like Rick Flagg in it though because it yeah. it's something different, not different from the movie, but different from the the Suicide Squad we had. And it makes total sense to me that at a point they have to say to Amanda Waller, "Shit is keeps going wrong." You because uh, that's a basic thing for the Suicide Squad for all shit to go wrong. Yeah. For Christ's sake, they've been. Well, they, how long were they in that fucking the castle? Of everything. Oh, yeah. God, that was ridiculous. That goddamn castle, they were there all the time. Wasn't that Castle yeah. Wolfenstein? Forget that. If, now. if what people want to complain, though, about this being like, too, like, oh, man, they want to make it the movie, these are still the normal characters, and it's about goddamn yeah. time DC did some cross promotion. That, yeah, yeah right. that's what I'm saying. That's why I brought it up, because I really like it. This is it done well. It's not relying on the movie. You don't have to watch the movie to enjoy this. But if you did watch the movie and wanted to check out the comic, you check this out. Not this, you know, the Harley Quinn, the Suicide uh, Squad special. That's the freaking Valentine's Day Harley thing. Uh, You know what I mean? Which was also done by Rob Williams, by the way. And you did like that. But at least you have a book now. They go to the comic store and they'll have it. But we've talked about it time and time again. I've heard good for old readers, accessible for new readers. I really like it. Um, I talk to, or I always hear people do say, like, comic book readers will go see the movie. It doesn't go vice versa. As yeah. The movie people. That, and we even see it. Me and Eric were talking today. And all these podcasts, these other podcasts, really, it's hard to find a comics podcast. It's all just the, the movies and the TV. I don't have time for that crap. I got too much time invested in 19 hours of reading comics. Ha! <sighs> You all right, man? I'm getting angry at myself again. What the fuck we do? Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? I give it a nine out of ten. I would give it a nine as well. That's I'd give it an eight. Yeah, all I right. really enjoyed it. And for basically, uh, it has a mission statement to get everybody in tune with the the tone and everything. I think it did it very very well. Uh, the next book is a non-rebirth book, according to you guys. That's right. <laughs> but just... I do think that it does, uh, you know, it it does the same. It's kind 31. of, the, it's the, it's the <laughs> same concept. It's weird. Uh, well, we'll get into it. You go on, Reggie. Give us a little. It's, uh, Harley Quinn number one, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Chad Harden and Alex Sinclair. Everything you ever wanted to know about Harley Quinn, but were afraid to ask. The first third of this book is a comprehensive recap of the first volume in the series. The rest of the book is that same old wacky Quinn fun with Red Tool and Tony in the mix. Coney Island is beset by zombies, but as usual, Harley Quinn is the most dangerous thing around. Yeah, I I don't have a lot to say about this. No, I, it's well, not, not that I didn't the, like not for the first half. 
Well, yeah, I actually come on. You I know, know you like Eric, you didn't like the though, first right? half. I like the first half because I I actually like these rebirth books now, where I like to see how well they can recap everything and get everybody up to speed. I think they do a pretty good job. And really, it's it's like here's all the characters that we had, and you go and and maybe some people see something, go, hey, I'll I'll look into that. But I really, mean, it's, it's like I said. This is definitely the if you were if you've been curious about Harley Quinn, but we're afraid, this is the time to jump on. You, yep. You're going to learn everything. But you know, having read Harley Quinn now for I don't know how many months, I've been reading it. Yeah. Uh, this is something that Palmiotti and Connor do routinely, and and they're good at it. Yeah. Of, of reminding you of Harley's larger world and responsibilities. So it's not really this isn't the most necessary. I mean, this no. this is almost like. A primer on Harley well, Quinn. Seriously, you can take a test after this. You this know? should have been a rebirth. This should have been it, a rebirth. It is the most one. rebirthy of like, and, almost all the and comics. To me, if you have been reading at least the last couple arcs of Harley, this is not. It's unnecessary. You no. really don't need. There's nothing new here. All you're going to be is introduced to the the characters, and then the second half that you guys like is almost like a. And here's what we do with these characters. But <laughs> I, I actually love that Red Tools in it. I, I was not a Everybody's huge fan when, when me and Reggie were talking about Red Tool. Yeah, but even so, Red Tools a weird. Like you didn't have to have him anymore. I, no. but at least we know going forward he might still be in, even though they kind of get rid of him near the end. Um, I like it because. I, I actually like him a lot more in this issue than even when he was in the series before. Right. And so it, maybe true, it's yeah. because he's more comfortable with Harley and that there's no nonsense. They're like right to it. The weirdest character though Jim is Salabim. Jim Salabim. Yeah. And Jim Salabim, and they even have to call, that was in the Harley Quinn Loot Crate special. I was yeah. crazy. I'm like, really? I don't know what the hell this is. I'm like, did they steal freaking Mumbo Jimbo? Yeah, it, it, it's so uh, uh, uh. weird to get a Loot Crate special. Now, they do say, hey, it was in Harley Quinn Volume 5, but oh, really, yeah. this was in a thing that not a ton of people read. I want to know more you about You didn't get the Loot Crate, man? No, I didn't get the Loot Crate special. I actually, uh, he seems pretty cool. <laughs> he <laughs> I makes know, I, I like, just I like the there. character. He's a deep-powered yeah. genie, you know, he's a yeah. genie that lost his I actually, so. I, oh, want, I want to have him in. And yeah, you have everything in here, and then all of a sudden, and it is, it's like a, hey, look, we're going to have a rundown. It even is where Harley's announcing people, they're yeah. there, you even... You she even have little. Gets on stage yeah, to tell gets story on stage. You cast. have the the gang of Harleys. That's cool. You have her skaters. That's cool. And I really like that. And also Power Girl and Poison Ivy. But they're <laughs> not really here. But here, and I like that Power Girl call out. Uh, though I don't think we'll ever see her in the book again. Uh, but yeah, then it seemed at the end of that where the, it's like the end of SNL where all the cast come out and yeah. wave goodbye. And then like, hey, we like or to think Counting the Crows. Yeah. There's Counting you Crows. Know I don't Thanks see a lot, Counting Crows. And I double checked. I don't see Cyborgman. Oh, no, yeah. don't. I'm not even think about uh, old Cyborgman. Yeah, because he's the latest gang of Harleys too, so yeah. he's not dead. Yeah, and you get you get an origin of Harley thrown in there, and I do like the fact that it's just it's very quick. Uh, Everyone mm-hmm. knows if you're reading this book, you you know the origin. You would hope, but uh, then it moves on that there's a zombie apocalypse. There, that's Harley for you. She introduces an alien zombie, and apocalypse. there's an alien zombie apocalypse that's pushed <laughs> off by by fucking Nathan's hot dogs. I, I really, I really thought that this was funny though about the yeah. alien. Comes I down. laughed my ass off. He assimilates you know it, it, it to a cow and gets turned into oh, hot dogs. It gets turned into hot dogs. But what I like about it as well, it reminded me where me and Eric uh, talked earlier in the week about a Family Guy where they tell Stewie. 
to think of the cool that think of a cool place and he goes through this crazy scenario to get to it i like this that it's just not the cow you see the whole process you i see, know oh it's yeah. getting up it's there it's it turned into the fucking sludge what yeah. is that the pink ooze shipped into the to make pink the pink slime. Yeah. Yeah, then you get the msg then you see them freaking putting the casings now it's in the freaking did you guys get hungry the smoker this? yeah you even see people eating it yeah i know i wanted one yeah because i ate a hot dog right before this i'm like huh I kind of yeah, want they're more. delivering it. I mean, it is, it's hilarious to me. It's almost like one of those uh, movies you'd see as a kid, like that they would have in that Wonder and that we uh, watched Reggie with the, yeah. let's see how hot dogs are made. That's right. <laughs> Going down the deal. And I really <laughs> like it. <laughs> Everybody who eats a hot dog turns into a zombie because of this alien meat that they're eating. And uh, it's attack time. And I like it. I like Red Tool a lot in this. I really do. And we, me and Reggie mentioned it. I don't know if you talked to us at any point, Eric, when Ever. we were doing the issues with Red Tool. I think you might have done one. No, I did one. Because I love the, the balloons. The, the, all the oh, yeah, the Saul balloons and all the, the like, tools. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I really do like it's him. It's a nice little touch. Yeah. And there's Big Tony. You got everybody, and they're fighting away. And basically, <laughs> they th- that's it, right? <laughs> no. Fucking well, Red Tool gets bitten by a zombie. Well, yeah, and he gets his yeah, he and gets his arm cut off. His arm off. And it's funny too because there are no, we don't know the rules of this zombie no. apocalypse. <laughs> and Red Tool is going by the generic, you know, hey, if we get bit, then we become infected. We probably, and, yeah, yeah, he says yeah. we probably will. Yeah. Well, Harley goes with it, and Harley's like, Jesus Christ, that's what you told me. Now, did you not think that Red Tool's hand was going to start crawling around? Because no, I, I did. I was too I in, into the comedy at this point, thinking about he had no idea. He's just lost an arm through a whim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because he just mentioned that it might happen. She just cuts off that. You have no idea what the rules are for an yeah. alien zombie hot dog apocalypse. Yeah, but don't so, worry, don't worry. She's gonna. They're gonna get him to the hospital safe yeah. and sound using yeah. the scatapult. Yep, the scatapult, and I like that because really that was a big thing, and especially in the beginning. Oh of, yeah. Book. Long time and ago, it's, yeah. It's almost like it's another character that they're introducing, <laughs> so you know it's there. And he has to mention that. Ah, it tastes, uh, or it smells like fucking cat fucking shit. And not too, uh, not the greatest place to put somebody who's just lost an arm. You know, That's what but, I was thinking. I'm like, that is not shit. hygienic at all. Yeah. So she put, she straps on a, um, a parachute on the red tool, gives them an igloo fucking chest. With the arm in it, and then says, "You know, we're going to shoot you." When you see the hospital, pull the cord. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately, he's lost a lot of blood, and he passes a blue out. Blue chest. It's called a cooler, Jim. Yeah, yeah. a cooler. <laughs> they called it ice chest as well. They called it igloo chest. Jim's being it's sponsored icy. by igloo now. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's made by igloo. Jim, and when you when you played chest. hockey, they never told you if you get a Charlie horse, just rub some cat shit on it. Fuck no. They never what? said that. Rub some cat shit on it. Get, no. get back in the game. Put some cat shit on your palms. Who are get you, GI Jose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weird enough, with the, when they when they said about the cat shit, all I could think about was Tommy from Train Spotting dying because he was fucking too yeah. like infected with AIDS well, that's, to clean I the just cat shit right up. Right away, I thought, Jesus Christ, that's gonna get infected there, right? Yeah. Watch out. But yeah, that's an igloo chest. Tommy died. First time he tried heroin, he got AIDS. First time ever, the motherfucker got AIDS. Yeah, that Poor is Tommy. some bad luck. That <laughs> is bad luck, Eric. Uh, but yeah, then they're they're gonna be fighting. I again, do you think that this is going to continue in the next issue? 
I it does so. say next dog days. Like you would think maybe the hot dogs, but I don't even know. That's what's great about this book, but also kind of infuriates me sometimes. We may start off next issue with her just at, at the roller derby. I have no idea. I, I mean, you know, it can go, it definitely go any direction, but I think I read that their red tool was in for three issues, but we'll see. I don't well, know. And, uh, are that, they that, still that doesn't mean you'll be doing, doing this. I hope that they're. I hope they're fighting these uh, ap- the zombie apocalypse. But I have a feeling they like show up at the hospital then and like, hey, Red Tool, how's it going? Oh, I'm fine. But yeah, I love Red Tool. Uh, who was it? Was it Brandon? Who? Somebody talked to Jimmy Palmiotti and Jimmy Palmiotti at a at a uh, convention. He was really pushing Red Tool. <laughs> Oh yeah. It might have been Paul actually. He might have asked like actually I think Paul if it was Paul he was fucking with him. He's like, Yeah, I really like that red tool. What gave you the inspiration for it? <laughs> and and Jimmy Pummy, Hey, you don't say that to me. Oh Hey gets that he gets on man. But yeah, uh that really what did you give what did you give this? Because I really don't have a lot to say except that if like you said, if you haven't been into Harley, you wanted to check it out. This is as good a jumping on point yeah. as there ever was. And want. if you have been into Harley, there's no reason you should hate this issue. It's just no. like every and other I Harley issue. It's, a, it's unnecessary, but I think that if you are an ongoing Harley fan, you kind of expect this, like you said, every now and again anyway. Where yeah, they're constantly kind of reinforcing the world. Yeah, and, that. Yeah, and I, I actually like that. I don't mind it uh, in this book. But uh, what did you give it? I give it 8 out of 10. I'd probably go eight as well. I, I like the art a lot. Uh, art, the art is great, but yeah. that, that's almost like every book Palmiati works yeah, on has great art. So why even mention it? Yeah, I really just look at this book for like the second half because I knew all the first stuff going in. I just think, okay, that's fine because it's a jumping on point for new people. I'll just go with that. But I, overall, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Harley book, but I give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I would even say that uh, how you said, Erica, it is funny that maybe there was like. They started, you know, writing and drawing. And like, oh, okay, we have this rebirth number one. They're like, no, 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 you're oh, the, no, one. No. Like, the first half is the rebirth. <laughs> yeah. And then you get on the number one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Zombie apocalypse is pretty funny in the heart. Zombie alien hot dog apocalypse. Yeah, hot dog. It's crazy. I love that. I, I do like how it is pushed through the hot dogs, but it seems like <laughs> the, that hot dog stand kick ass because everybody's infected. So. Everybody Let me tell you, you, you go to Coney Island on a summer's day that the actual Nathan's is, they push a retarded number of hot dogs. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Who love a hot dog? What is Especially. a retarded number of hot dogs? In this like, at least 50. Uh, is that like cat? 50 trace? Yeah, it's like, Kitty? exactly. 50 kitty? That's like it's some crazy ass number that's made up. 90, 90 shape. <laughs> 90 peg. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, how much does that cost? Three monies. Oh, okay. Here's my three monies. I, I want to know what's up with the cops in Coney Island sharing the hot dog uh, lady in the tram style with their horses. Yeah, I don't know. And the one guy's really letting that dog go to town on that hot dog. Jesus Christ, that dog. I'm going to get peanut butter and go find that thing. I, I'm a lonely man. That thing is... The emotion that they're showing there is called love, and you oh. guys probably you, 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 you never know felt it, but it people do feel it. In the well, world. Now, I have to one, say though, that almost everybody is deep throating these hot dogs throughout the whole. I guess also, we got the guy in between two girls. And oh they yeah, look like they're in like you know their bikinis, maybe whatever. Mike, yeah, he's in a speedo. That might yeah. be manship. They just got done having a threesome. All right, it's time to recharge. Let's go get some Nathan hot dogs. Yeah, the one looks like she has maybe chili on it too, or maybe her hair. Her hair might be on that. Yeah, I don't know what that guy with that that the freaking 
the horse. He's really going to town. And then later on, do you see the horse? Because I would have liked to have seen that. That's the, even the pigeons. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. you'll see a zombie horse later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking to see if we ever did see him. Uh, I don't. I didn't see him. And then I'm looking. I like Big Tony. He's one he of my. I love his zombie horse. I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. They show Egg Fu at the beginning. He bailed. He didn't want anything with this apocalypse. But uh, yeah, I, I just, really like it. Now, when the zombie apocalypse starts here, and uh, Harley's all like, "Big Tony." Go get the sword swallowing swords. We need some weapons. Yeah, did you think they retract? Like they'd be trick swords? No, no. So that's what I, I thought. I just want to know why Big Tony's sword is glowing magically. Because Jim Salabim joined in. He is a powerless genie. Yeah, yeah, he is. I, I don't I, know. I, 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 was, I, like, I was thrown off by that. I'm like, I, I yeah, don't I'm know. Maybe this is something I missed in a previous issue because I don't follow this book regularly. It's because he looks like he's an Iron Maiden. There. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah he looks like Glenn Danzig. Yeah, he does look like Glenn Danzig. He's I actually, doing some doom metal right now. Yeah, really. He's singing Mother and then s- stabbing somebody. <laughs> I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. All right, we're back. Oh. Back we are. A little public enemy yeah. for you, Reggie. That's yeah. a shout out to Reggie's little uh, tagline uh, for the, this book that we're going to be talking about, right? Because they got a brother in a cell. Yeah. That's right. They, they got, got him, him locked cell. out of the cell, and it's Holy. not right. No, it's not right. I, I wish. I don't know. I kind of wish they would have just kept him in the goddamn cell, and the book could end. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> think of that. That's uh, the actually. Yeah, it, it it got me angry. Actually, this sorry, Aquaman's in prison for life. Everybody, <laughs> I couldn't tell that because I was so goddamn bored. It was boring. It was boring. Yeah. What are we talking about, Reggie? You, you hit it, hit it, my man. All right. Aquaman number four, written by Dan Abnett, art by Philip Briones and Gabe Altayeb. By overwhelming reader request, we get to see Aquaman handcuffed in a prison cell for most of this issue. As evidence is gathered at the site of the down freighter, Merrick gets as bored as we are hanging around the White House and she busts her man out of the clink. Just in time for me to have stopped giving a shit. Yeah, uh, it's weird because it it starts off and it, it's very uh, reminiscent of the Man of Steel uh, scene where Clark, uh, you know, is being led by by cuffs and you're like oh my god why doesn't he break free of these cuffs and it's kind of an unsent thing during that movie where you're watching like holy crap he could just break out but he's he's gonna let them you know he's letting the trust and trying to show them that what we get it here and aquaman has to spell it out 100 percent over like eight panels and that's what i'm I'm looking at it now too it it starts (laughs) off I, i we almost got a silent issue at the beginning, he's being let in. That's like three pages. Then you go and he's got to explain things for another three pages. It does this a couple times in this uh, issue because later, as we talk about it, the part with Tula yelling for Merck. Merck, are you there? That that again is like three pages. What's going oh, on, yeah. Merck? <laughs> you keep and you know what, it. though? I think that was my favorite part of the book. What, the Merck I really part? Liked, I, no, Tula, just doing okay. her thing. Because we've not got okay, a lot of Tula really, in the series. That whole part with Tula is about six pages of nothing. She uh, At one point, she's daydreaming about fucking <laughs> cotton candy. And the, well, Mara's uh, talking to her. That hey, was Tula. the biggest bullshit. <laughs> Tula, are well, you I'm there? Though, that What's actually, going on, that Tula? Happened, that happened uh, 
on a couple issues before the rebirth where they yeah, actually it went did, to the uh, MC Bay Fair. And I, it was one of my favorite issues that Dad had has written. Not really. I, I like this part like here. About that. I want to slap you right upside your fucking face right now. Because that's six pages of bullshit. I mean, it what just, it is, it's, it's Mara using it. It's a device so they can catch us up a little bit. But it just yeah. takes too fucking it's, long. It it's something that's going to be a page. Because, yeah, and, like, uh, and like, all right, I may, I did miss that issue you're talking about. So maybe I have to see yeah. it to get the full feel of it. But, but really, to me, that, that's a, a day callback to, yeah. It's not, you know, reason enough to, uh, you know, want to side with uh, Aquaman. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it just felt very uh, stupid. Well, like I I said, you go from Aquaman, he's being, uh, you know, he's got the handcuffs on there. They're treating him. And and again, now we're going to get to the point where instead of in the Jeff Johns where Aquaman is doing things like, say, eating the fish and they're going, they're going to reverse this. Dan Abnett reverses a bit here by, hey, uh, Aquaman, do we need to flood your cell? And then he's like, you don't know me. And then there's the thing like, I could talk to a fish. And if I don't get a whale song, it's it's really forced to me, especially with these people. I didn't find it chuckle worthy at all. And it was obviously meant to be a little bit of levity. You know, I don't know. It it actually gets it gets me mad because these people are supposed to be dealing with with the Atlanteans and Aquaman himself and don't seem to know anything about him. anything. And it's not like he's brand new. No. You know what I mean? Like Aquaman is not new to the world. You no. know they know who he is, so it's yeah. very. It seems very stupid. And the whole thing uh, about the you know this whole embassy and whatever is to for Aquaman to sp- he spelled it out a trillion times. Hey, I'm I'm from the surface. I'm from the thing. Now you're just doing this, and they're acting. If it was Merc with that fucked up face and that hook, then I'd yeah. say you know what? They, okay. They don't know what's going on. And really, if I'm Aquaman, if me and Eric, and I think you were with us talking to it as well, Reggie, uh, you got to get Merc out of there. Merc is not the guy who you want the face of the Atlanteans. No, they keep sending so. him the, to the, the head of security. Yeah, yeah they well, keep uh, sending him to the front lines. You do don't not we need have that. a prettier security guard? Yeah, really. So he's you so see hard Merc. in battle. He's like a kilowog of the yeah. Atlanteans. You, you see much. him, and you're immediately disgusted. You're, you're not thinking well. Yeah, uh, but yeah. the Atlanteans. You have uh, Aquaman's being taken away. He's being set. And I again, I do like the whole thing. Like, hey, guys, listen, I understand the process. I want to show you that I want to be, you know, I want us to have peace. Sure. So I'm going to go along with you. I like that. He does. I could flick these off. It's a little odd set up for later. his wrists, you know, which actually yeah. would be kind of awesome to see. We yeah, do yeah. see that later on. Yeah, the, but, I'm uh, telling you. They just say that I mean, so the, that the way thing it goes. Is, the the story and an embryo isn't horrible, but no. it's just it's four issues now, and it's like six hours have elapsed yeah. in the yeah. entire. And, everything is taking place in the same fucking day, yeah. and it's just I, getting, you know, this all could have been one issue, and then it yeah. would have been like I like you know Super uh, Aquaman riding astride two beluga whales and yeah, uh, you know blowing two a, dolphins, blowing a on two whale, dolphins, riding on a dolphin. Yeah. Fucking uh, with penguins on on his shoulders with rocket launchers on them, taking yes. out of Batman Returns. I am. You know, in. that would have been great. I mean, that could have that would, would they look like real penguins? Or would they look like animatronic? Animatronic. Some would look okay. real, and some would look oh. animatronic. Yeah, and uh, as the issue goes reasons. on too, in this the issue goes on, and you get more of the idea of like, hey Dan. I don't know that you know politics. I don't know politics that well. No, no, he can tell me whatever he fucking out. wants. But at this one point, it does seem as if they are treating the Atlantis as a terrorist 
uh, state, correct? Yes. That they've locked up. Sort of, yeah, yeah. You, uh, Mara, it looks like it, yeah. Mara's just given free reign. Yeah. She's in out. the White House, hanging out, talking on the phone, calls to just, her. I, just as that? powerful as Aquaman, too. Yeah. You know, it's not like she's like not powered. She can no, do a lot of I, shit. I, you know? Yeah. And I said before, um, I I take a little bit of umbrage because they're not really married yet, and she's considering herself queen, and so are all the other people. I think that I think that's bullcrap. Still think she's gonna die. What do you think of that? I think she's Maybe. dead. But yeah, now, there's I wanna, I wanna know something though. Does anybody remember dealing with the, the deluge before? Yeah, it was in the uh, new fifty two. Was it because I don't yep. recall that at all, but here it sees he says he took him out two weeks yeah, a ago. Two weeks ago. Uh yeah, like, because this in, is all this is all new to me. I'm and like it for was some in, reason what's it called? They were in the rebirth as well. I that's believe. what it was. They, he mentioned no, that. No, yeah. they, they were in it, but I'm just saying in general. Oh, you know what? I might have missed that rebirth because I wasn't on that week. Yeah, you weren't on. They, they dealt with them, and they, they dealt with them before uh, way back. And I said to Reggie when we talked about the rebirth, there was another group as well, some splinter group. And I, I right. don't think they were called. I, I got mixed up. But I, we did deal with them in the rebirth, and I think okay. you just threw that in the rebirth so that you could lead into this. Um, well, it makes a lot more yeah. sense to me then. I, I, it's maul me then because I missed something. And it's weird too because you, you have the deluge. Now we also have Nemo. We got a man with Nemo. And really, do you care about the deluge? Reggie, do no. you care about the deluge? I don't give a shit about the deluge. I, How about to you, be Eric? honest, Eric, the best you parts care about of these the comics are Nemo. Yeah, no, do you no, care no. about the deluge? I don't is care it, about is Nemo. It a while, is it a wild stretch to think that the deluge is working with Nemo? And this I, is why they're able to freaking have this maybe. control over the oceans now? I think maybe they're – they're. I don't know because they do say about Atlanteans. To me, the deluge thing uh, – the Atlanteans are all Atlanteans and you have that yeah. crazy deal. They hate the where, surface world. Yeah, they just – I think the deluge, though, hate all Atlanteans. So I don't I don't think they're, they're working with them. But you would think they would end up showing that they are just because, you know, it would make sense. But yeah, I like Tula. I do like Tula, but it is this – just nothing. Uh you get the idea that this scene is only to set up to, to remind everyone that Tula is the one who's kind of in charge there with, you know, yeah, uh, I like dealing that, with though. things yeah. when he's out. I actually forgot. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind that, but you don't in, need uh, that. All you need run. is Mara. Mara could just say, oh, you know what? I hope Tula's doing okay. We get <laughs> like four pages of it, of her talking know, about too much. candy. And then she's talking <laughs> to Merck. Merck's going, and I thought right away – like right away, you're you're going about this the wrong way. You have the Atlanteans going to that downed uh, a battleship, yeah, and they're gonna go there. Why not go? Like you have to work with the people. Ponchar train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to work with <laughs> I the don't surface. Know how to say go it. to the U.S. and you're gonna go down there. And you knew right away that when they're down there poking around. They are going to get caught by somebody. And it's weird, too, because the Americans, as typical Americans do, just go and fire. They don't even go to, to check out. Like, they're so mad at the these Atlanteans. Like, really, what would they, they be doing? Now, Trying to maybe, well, I mean, like, uh, clean the evidence? I mean, yeah, what, what, would our, what would our reaction be if there was a down plane and fucking – uh, you know, 20 members of ISIS ran out to it yeah, to look guess, at it. But it's They'd weird because blasted away in about 30 do they seconds need, too. do they need evidence? They've already got Aquaman. No, it's, it's, this whole thing is so contrived. And and that's why what would I'm you saying. Send, they already, why if would they're guilty. Why would you send the head of your security <laughs> detail? You wouldn't send the fucking, you know, you don't send the sergeant out. You just send yeah. the, you know, grunts out. But of course the main guy's got to be there so he can make yeah. a big fucking conflict out of it and blah 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 yeah there's my, uh, Tula is just Lousy yelling for well four as... pages 
Merc, don't engage. Merc, Merc. It reminded me of uh, the uh, Metal Gear Solid. Every time that uh, Solid <laughs> Snake, 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 Snake. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on? Keep going. And uh, But I did like, the one thing I did like, they did show that the Deluge, which really, if you go in with the whole thing, I don't even know that that is the actual Deluge. They're really spelling out that, hey, I took care of the Deluge. Hey, they didn't have any more weapons. Maybe they have more. I think that maybe that's like one or two you know what, from that the is Deluge a good point. with the thing. Because why would the Deluge go and take this ornamental sword and put it yeah, into I, the ship? I don't think it's the, the, the Deluge is involved. or no. that even that's not, I think it's exist. all Nemo. It's, it's, it's all, all Nemo. Nemo. Uh, they would have all of the weapons, and I think. And Nemo themselves are pissed because they have the worst name for a group ever <laughs> besides the cosmic treadmill reggie but we uh-huh. find out because then you get blackjack talking to Batman and you find name, out Jim? Come on. what's that you're not gonna tell us the name i am right now nemo oh, is right. nautical enforcement of macro cosmic order what the fuck does that mean i, I don't it's even know what that means now. it's the worst it it, i like that black man laughs at it, it oh you and your acronyms yeah, I it's so crazy, but also I love the description. You get a backstory or an origin story of Nemo. I don't care. And, and no. with you, you Nemo, think that's bad? We have to find out that they're playing the Albatross. Albatross stealth planes can stay airborne oh, for yeah. weeks. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, they're why do we need to know that? I'm sure that it's going to come somehow down the line. Dan yeah. Abnett, we have said. Considering, Dan all, Abnett, considering only two hours have elapsed since yeah. the last issue yeah, really. anyway, who and gives a shit? Dan Abnett is not a bad writer. We said he's very good at, you know, a basic deal, plotting. You know, he does throw it. He's not he's not one of those guys like a Grant Morrison that's going to, you know, throw things out there that don't make sense. Most of the things he's doing uh, come down the line. It's just sometimes yeah. this shit just is a little boring like this. Uh, the one thing I liked about the Nemo group, she's Blackjack's telling man about it, and it, like we have been around since 1872. I'm, what is going on? Why do we care? And and we achieved control in 1983. And really, the <laughs> only thing I got from her was that they think they've been involved, and and you know we're in control, but nobody knows. I, I don't think they've been in control. I think she is full yeah. of crap. But, uh, she's, just, she's just trying she to says, sell it to Black Manor. Illusions yeah. of grandeur right there. Yeah, so. it is. It's like, hey, you know, we've been in control, but you wouldn't have heard about us. It's like a girlfriend in fucking Niagara Falls. In Canada, yeah. a fucking lie. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I just want to know what what have they been doing between 1872 <laughs> no. and 1983? Like, you, they've done shit for yeah, over a hundred years. I don't think they've years. done anything. They've done nothing, and yet they want to bro. do all this control. And then you do get the name drop of who the leader is, where they say the Fisher King. She mentions yeah. as an aside as she's going. And oh, I can think of Robin Williams. That's a fucking, fucking awful movie. I'm like, really? Robin Williams? He's in control. He's dead. Uh, but yeah, I, again, I like, uh, I like Blackjack. Her Jeff Bridges in that movie? What's that? Yeah. Jeff yes. Bridges? Okay. I think Jeff Trying Bridges. Trying to remember that movie now. I don't uh, care about Aquaman. Was, I want to I go watch that Fisher in King. the theater and it was not very good. Uh, maybe people like it a little more, but then you go back to Mara in the White House, and now the chief of staff, is, Mr. Gantry, has turned into a fucking dick. <laughs> He's yelling at Mara. The stuff is just ridiculous. Look at how much writing there is on this page. Yeah, I mean, he's just the screaming back and at forth, her. like, all right, already. We just You're basically reiterating the same shit you said yes. last issue, and you're yep. taking longer to do it. I like you know, too funny, that. Though, and, and I only just started thinking this now, going through this book. Imagine this were a Vertigo title, 
and it was about, say, like a Pakistani diplomat yeah. that had to be detained because, uh, you know, an action, there was yeah. a, a, an ISIS action. You know, yeah, you, it's like, they that think we might it's have ISIS an interesting and... story, you know? Yeah. But the bottom well, line... No, it's not. I've, I've seen it in Green Lantern. It's all Simon talks about. Or, yeah. or, but basically, this is not this is not what we want to see out of Aquaman no. and fuck Mara. It's, it's her yelling at the chief of, chief of staff. The chief of staff certainly uh, thinks that Atlantis is medieval. We see that a yeah. couple times. Jesus You're Christ, medieval. You You're thinking it's medieval. This isn't the Dark Ages. Oh, and then I really got offended. And you know me. I get offended very easily. And he, the chief of staff calls Mara bipolar. And as a, a spouse of somebody with a bipolar illness... I, I am going to cause some trouble here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. pick it. I'm picketing now. Bye. Shouldn't she? Shouldn't she cause the trouble? You gotta get her on a on an upswing, and maybe she can go wild on Dan Abney. That's right. Well, I'll get that. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking like like uh, Mara. If she is bipolar, next thing she's gonna switch. Next thing she's sexy, Mara. You don't know what's going on. It's freaking <laughs> fun times. But yeah, uh, really. Isn't she always did, sexy, Mara? Yeah, yeah. But then the best. He is yelling at her. You are, you're medieval. You, this Atlantis, they're a bunch of bullshit. You're fucking assholes. Hey, uh, by the way, chief of staff, uh, where's, where's Aquaman being held? Oh, I'll <laughs> tell you. He tells her he must. He pulls a napkin out, starts giving directions. Yeah. No. He's like, oh, yeah. oh, by the way, I'm heading over there. I'll take you over there. It's, it's okay. Why, why do you want to, why do you want to see him? Oh, uh, he, he wanted me to remind him of something. Uh, it, it's not your concern. Oh, okay. He wanted me you to and, tell him something medieval. Yeah, I was going to say, you and your medieval ways. <laughs> he must tell her. And then she's just like, I, I can imagine, too, because at this point, I don't know, she should be detained. He threatens her as well. But you think if Aquaman's detained, and she must just say, oh, you know what? I forgot. I had an appointment. I got to get going. Off she goes. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It it's really the most is ridiculous, ridiculous thing, you know. It's, and uh, then, you're, it, yeah, then you're starting to get into a... Uh, the realm of what she now does is against the law and is kind of going against America and the U.S. Because she breaks well, in she, she dead up breaks her yeah. husband out of, or her boyfriend. Yeah, it's well, he, it prison. Before What's all in? that, they even they even talk about how like this uh, attack on this battleship is an act of war. But we're talking about the last issue. Them shutting down this embassy kind of seems like an act of war already. Yeah, yeah you might. They, why they, where is their jurisdiction? It would be yeah. like a ship now goes down, and somehow the government's like, "Oh, you know what? I think that's uh, Britain." Okay, embassy shut down. Everybody, and then just arrest everyone. Arrest the yeah. queen. The queen's in charge still, right? The queen. Yeah, sure. Right. And then he could. They could call them. Where's the PM? Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, Mara goes and uh, breaks Aquaman out. Then he flicks his wrist. There you go. And really. If anything, at least this is some excitement. It still is bullshit. Uh, yeah. Because even Eric said while we were before, like, these guards come out, they're firing on them, and, and they act like it's going to hurt them. I, well, even before that, why do we them. get a second info dump on the Deluge? These people seem to think, hey, Aquaman, you ever heard of the Deluge? Why, yes, I have, in fact. Oh, oh the Deluge. I think that is so heavy-handed to say, hey, yeah, I took care of them. And really, yep. if this was me... And I am part of the government. And this government agent who's with Aquaman, he seems to be okay. You know, he he's seems the agent to be Coulson like a, of the book. Yeah, he seems like a nice enough guy. So he says, "Hey, Aquaman, uh, you know this? This I don't even want to even attempt to say that battleship's name again. But yeah, nope. this battle battleship went down. Pachama Chama. 
It went down in the sea. Uh, do you know anything about that? Oh, you know what? I think it might be the deluge, but I took care of them. I think right away I'd be like, okay, now we're talking bullshit, Aquaman, because a week ago you had a splinter group that were terrorists. You never told us. We had yeah. this embassy that we're setting up, and you didn't tell us that was yeah. an Atlantean terrorist group that you just took care of. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what are you doing? And so, but yeah, then the leads to all you really think that that leads to is that push of the deluge, and to really stress that Aquaman thought it was taken care of. Uh, so that I'd we also, I think, just twist. to put the name out there again, because I think that's, yeah, I like, think that's it's the so red herring to try to pull us towards yep. the deluge. That's what I know? think it is as well. Yeah. And then Mara comes and just starts freaking – I'd like to – she shows up, and she looks like she's punching air. And the one point she <laughs> is, I guess, is that what that's supposed to be? Because what do you mean when, when she – Puts the Punches waves the guy out. who's 15 feet away. He's flying from it, but it's so bizarre oh. that you never see any contact because then she's then you see her punch that other guy. That guy was a nice guy. <laughs> she she hit him shit, so man. hard. He might have he lost his, his shoe. I think he lost his shoe. She's bipolar, bro. Then she doesn't. She's like, I'm not even going to look for the key for the cell. I'm ripping the fucking thing off. She rips it off. <laughs> Then Aquaman and her are going at it. It's so weird. And yeah, they're gonna get out of there. Aquaman's like, oh, now you, now you fuck shit up. Uh, and they go out, and half of the army is there, ready to yeah. fucking take them down. Like a fucking. It's Apache like the end of the Blues Brothers with all the freaking police yeah. pointing at them. Yeah, it is. And the military. It's ridiculous. Uh, look at that panel when uh, she. They're running out, and then uh, Aquaman goes that way. Look at his fucking eyes. Uh, <laughs> so weird, aren't they? Uh, the ones yeah. he's got that lazy eye going. He's not a good-looking man right there. A he, might, he might have had some forceps on the forehead he when he got taken to, out of the uh, womb. Yeah, He was I, trying he to was pull drugged. the people's eyebrow. Couldn't quite do it. He was. He was trying to pull the people's eyebrow. <laughs> uh, I got to say, that, that you know, the, well, the art in this book is not my favorite. I, but I it's don't all mind right. it. Yeah, it's, I don't if, mind it. If the, story, if the story was great, I wouldn't be saying a word about the art. It's, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's not that great. But the story just... Blows. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the art actually in general. Uh, like you Here said, the story was a little in, I'm about as bored as I can be with this shit. You know, I think that's that, the thing. Uh, you're, you're looking at the art now because you're all right. I'm already done with the story. I need to talk about something. God yeah. damn it! Why is the art better? I, I think Philippe Baronis does a really good job on Mara. I think he does a really good Mara. And he, uh, but yeah, better than his men. I mean, it's it's a little uneven, but again, like it it's I'd be picking to. Uh, complain about it this well, the, the art is not what would keep me from this book no, it's, it's, no not at all. one of the things though when i guess i don't know any artists people think they're artists there eric i, I think they're assholes <laughs> but yeah i can imagine getting the script and in my mind like i want to do a book that's like you know big action and you're doing this and the script is aquaman sitting in a fucking cell and they're yeah. yelling at the fucking at the White House, and there's not a lot for him to draw that's really like big and over the top. And what when he does have that like the scene with even that last panel with all the uh, army and even when Murray's yeah. fighting and when that's the good. I think that art is is really good. But when the scene just, with Tula is good too, yeah, actually, that's what I'm and, when, and when they go to the, good. to the down freighter, you know, yeah. it's that's it's pretty good. good. So yeah, it's true. But it's when like you're just sitting uh, around, when, yeah, when you have Aquaman <laughs> just sitting there in a cell. Uh, what it's are you going to draw? It's I think you're ridiculous. right, yeah. And I the think next three issues, The Trial of Aquaman. Yeah, uh, it's just, I, I just, uh, also, it threw me off, too, when uh, Mara shows up, and I know what you're going to tell me, I think it's ridiculous, but uh, she's like, oh, I was sitting there, and I, I was going to hit him over the head with a picture of George Washington. 
I'm like, I don't think she'd know who George Washington is. I really don't. I don't think she cares. You really think she wouldn't, yeah. I don't think she cares. And, yeah, maybe they would give her – but you never, like, they're going to give her classes because she's going to be an ambassador. But she always seems – Maybe she got naturalized. You don't know. Maybe. But she always seems like she doesn't really care that uh, she's doing that just because she loves her man. I know a lot of shit I don't care about. Yeah, but still, uh, you if you went over, I don't know, who's the first uh, president of France? France? Huh? What's that? Nobody knows. Oh, it's Jacques Bellu. It's a Jean-Gerre. You know what that they guy went, from the professional, right? Yes, Jean Reno. He is That's the right. president. No, it's uh, Gerard Depardieu. You know who yeah. Gerard Depardieu oh, is, God. right, Reggie? Yeah, a- of course. Eric has no idea who Gerard Depardieu is. Oh, what the hell is this big? I mean, he was he was like a sex symbol for a brief time, even no. though he's got a nose Maybe like. He Paul was Walter. in a Green Card and My That's Father the Hero with uh, Never Catherine heard of Heigl. Big film, though. What's that? That was like, as I remember, Green Card was yeah. the bigger one. It was like that was huge. The ladies thought he was very sexy. He yeah. looks like fucking the French Carl Malden. Uh, yeah, he does. He looks like Basically. a Mr. Potato Head. And, he looks like uh, a fucking proboscis monkey. With yeah, the by the way, Eric, mouth. the uh, green card did star one of your most sexiest ladies, Andy McDowell. Oh, oh God. God. He, How was she ever a leading God. lady? A sex do symbol. You know love interest. do to me? Uh. <laughs> That's my oh, Andy McDowell. Can, can, we, yeah. uh, can we reenact some of fucking green card? <laughs> I don't know why I am here. Uh, Monsieur. Yeah, what, what you do to me is so rude. Uh, shut your mouth. Now get on your knees. That, you that's green card. You guys say I right? watch terrible movies. And scene. <laughs> I never watched Green Card. I did uh, see My Father the Hero with Katherine Heigl. That was like one of her first movies. Well, yeah, it was it crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But what did you give this, Reggie? I know what you gave it. You can tell us because I thought I uh, gave you it. Would... I gave it what I think I, I'm pretty sure is my first fuck you score. Five yep. out of ten. Fuck you, four five. issues in. I said to Eric today comic, at work. It's uh, not being nice. I said to Eric at work, I don't know that Reggie followed the rules. I, <laughs> I thought that you just gave it an average, you know, like that was your average score. And I, But I found out later, and right now again, that you gave it a fuck you five. So I'm bad, giving yeah. it a it was okay six. <laughs> that, nothing happens. I give it an okay six as well. Yeah, uh, the six to me is just the art. I didn't mind the art. It's just nothing's going on. It's very boring. And and really, Eric, you like the the Dan Abnett stuff before Rebirth started enough. But really nothing. Even since then, nothing has happened. I think that Eric was fooled because you were done with the Thule. When Cullen Bunn left with that Thule. I was so happy. Oh, Tony, so bad. We got done with Thule. Dan Abbott came in. We had Aquaman, Maratula, and Garth and Merck yeah. all going to the county fair. I'm like, this is yeah. fine. All and right. I, I call and bullshit because it, it just yeah. seemed too much now like he's that Jeff Parker. Prison. Yeah, yeah, he's in prison, all right. But we'll move on.
And we're back, Eric. We are, we back, are with back with the books. We're back minus Reggie. Reggie was just Reggie was here. For, Reggie was here. He came in. He sat on my lap. We did the whole section, Sexy. and then we talked about what popped up. Ah. You know what popped up was just a little bit of something. Your dick, I get you. Making fun of my little penis. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. And you know what happens when I make a joke? You know what happens? <laughs> and Off the rails. I don't have the sound up because I faded down in that song. <laughs> I am I, worse. I was looking for a little bit of real life send me an angel there, too. Oh, send me an angel, huh? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to send you this. Thank you. Try the bean dip. I'll be here all of the week. We're going to start <laughs> off the green section of the podcast here with Green Arrow number four. You usually uh, get to start off the green section with the Green Lanterns books, right? But you said, but fuck I that shit. mixed it up. I said, what's, what's I'm green. What's about Nightwing? I'm green with envy of his ass cheeks, Eric. Green nice. with envy. Also, he, I don't know. I have nothing else. I was going to say something about him not having money, but that's Green Arrow, yeah. who doesn't have the green, Eric. Is he now Arrow because he doesn't have the green? No, he's still clad in green. It's good. I was, I was trying. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Green Arrow number four. <laughs> Written by Ben Percy, art by Juan Ferrer and Nate Picos. Nate Picos. Picos. Game. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. I play peekaboo with the ladies sometimes. Yeah? Which ladies? Yeah. I, well, what I do is I expose myself and then run and fucking hide. That's the peekaboo. Peekaboo bitches! <laughs> peekaboo bitches! Ben Percy continues showing Oliver at his lowest. But things are looking up, Eric. As the Ninth Circle continues being uh, bad to their burnt bones... Gross. Diggle shows up to lend Ollie a hand, and Henry is along for the ride as well. While I keep waiting for Emiko to show us that she isn't the traitor she appears to be, that'll have to wait. Maybe we'll see it next issue, as the it, this issue ends with Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company, Eric, you know that that movie? Oliver. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I used to love it as a kid. Couldn't tell you Heading anything about off, it now. Oliver and Company. Heading off to the Inferno to rid the world of some really bad burn victims. And you know what? If five burn victims died, you know what Eric Shea would call that? A good start. A good start. Yes. Uh. I am on it now. I Remember to tip your waitresses. Yeah. All right. Whoa. Oh. Hey. <laughs> oh, yes. I like this issue. I have a feeling you do not. You um, kind of alluded to that earlier. You were I'm kind of getting low on Green Arrow a bit. Really? I'm not. Uh, I was low last issue. I like this issue. I know that some people probably are thrown off by Diggle. I loved it. I thought that was great. And why I like it. Let me explain here. Come come and sit with me. Sit on my lap right now. All right. I'll explain some things. Um, Ooh, big pop. You had Ben Percy's big thing was to show and really force. Really, I'll say it right now. It was forced about, hey, Ollie, you don't have friends. You just have people you pay. Oh, you have this. 
he is at his lowest. Now Ben Percy is building him back up, but he's building him back up in a way of letting Oliver build up to a better – oh, God, I just spilt my drink. Did you hear that? I God did. It sounded like it. a fucking house was collapsing. Because I was doing like a build up and I was like really pushing my things. I spilt my drink on my fucking phone. Jesus Christ. What is going on, Eric? All right, everybody. See you in seven. See you in seven. I'm, oh, my God. It's dripping on me now. It's all... I don't know what happened, everybody. Jim is gone. I don't know if he turned his mic off or if he has some critical issues going on, but I am scared. Christ. What happened? All shit broke loose. We're recording now. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. I spilled my drink. Shit went wrong. My goddamn soundboard thing froze. My phone appears to be destroyed. Jesus All because Christ. I went building up and flung my arms. He's building them up, Eric. To what? <laughs> In the right way. He... he <laughs> He show I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about now. My whole life has come to a fucking ruins. I have to use I I a little peek behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I have to cover my mouse with a towel so that you don't hear the clicks. Right. A little secret of mine. Thank God. That's the only thing that I think that saved anything. I had that goddamn <laughs> towel. Now it's soaked. I am fucking soaked with fucking goddamn Barks root beer. I just brought it up too. Uh, now I, I don't know which I'm more mad at, that I don't have my root beer, and I'm looking in. I don't even know what the – oh, God. What a disaster. What a disaster, Eric. I'm trying to find that wet towel now. Oh, God. Why does this go on? Oh, my God. What is going on? But, yeah. Now it was I'm terrible. A, I spilled Bark's root beer all over me. I spilled Bark's root beer, and, and then I lost my shoes. <laughs> <sighs> Let me grab this stuff here. <laughs> Oh my, where's the nonsense button? Because boy, that was a lot of nonsense. You have Oliver. And what I think I was saying was that, uh, Ben Percy has shown him at his lowest. He's torn him down. Uh, he lost his money, all that, but he's shown that he was living a lifestyle that really was bullshit. He's a billionaire, which they do really spell out this issue that he was a billionaire. Yes. And, um, he basically people were around him like any billionaire would be people are around they're yes men they want to get money and and yeah ben percy showed us that when the money's gone so are the friends i like that we're starting to build them back up again starting Unless with diggle who, them. yeah well starting with diggle who really left dolly because of personal reasons when he still was a billionaire but he was a piece That's of shit thing, did, and, i was thinking back to this because we had a little bit of D- diggle after the lemire run well, we had we had a lot of Diggle in the Lemire. I know that. I'm saying, is there anything in that? Because I did not read that no, arc. I don't think that there's anything that ties into this okay. uh, problem. I really was trying to think myself. I didn't go back and, and see, Research. but I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I just look. Yeah, I know high. that. Here's the funny thing, because what I was getting at before, I fucking knocked everything before over. You destroyed your so life. I didn't. I didn't knock over the gridlock. Uh, unfortunately, that survived. So I'm gonna have to drink that. Um, what happens? I think a lot of people are probably thrown off. Oh, Diggle, here we go. I, if you weren't reading New Fifty Two, you wouldn't realize that Diggle actually has been in it longer than I even even thought. 
Oh, he yeah. has been since issue 24, Eric. That's how far back he was in the run. Long he was in time. a bunch of Lemires, and then Andrew Kragsberg took over. Yes. That's when you started reviewing it. And then they even had Felicity, and it yeah, really Felicity got... Felicity Smoke series. Yeah. But that only lasted one story arc, and then we jumped off of that. Yeah, yeah, but still, this is not anything new. And Diggle coming back into this book really... Green Arrow, it's tough to have the legacy continue, like the quote-unquote legacy of Green Arrow, because you have Black Canary already in it. You obviously aren't going to have a lot of Roy. Uh, really, what else is there? You know what I mean? You so, got your dig, man. Yeah, so they have Diggle, which I like Diggle. I so liked I. him when he was in Green uh, uh, Jeff Lemire's run, and in this issue, I really, really like him. You have I, a lot I, of nerve being alive. I Oliver. like them. And there's a lot of that. There's the they live fight kind of. Yeah. There's also the um the predator freaking oh, arm. Yeah. Oh, that's so exactly good. what I thought of, and then I went yeah. for Philando instead. I actually was going to send you a picture of both of those together. Dutch, you son of a bitch. Oh, Dutch, you son of a bitch. I I like it. But at the beginning, he's there. We left Oliver pretty much. In the gun sights of the police, the Seattle PD. And yeah, I even thought, like, what the hell is he going to do to get out of this? And he just fights, he fights his way out. And I like the fact that he says, listen, my life has gone to hell. He has broken into his own company. He's beating up the police. He, He really is at the lowest of the low. And he goes off, and that's when he runs into Diggle. Diggle's there. Diggle saves his ass because the one guy has a clear shot. I love to. When people have to yell that a couple times, you know, just take the shot. I've got a clear shot. Take Well, take the shot. shot already, rookie. Yeah, really. But, yeah, Diggle comes and saves them, and they kind of are there. And I love the art. I really do. And, no, again, I, I will mention, well. I'll mention again, I really think that Juan Ferreira, is a, he's an incredible artist. He might be the best colorist in, in <laughs> comics. I'm telling you. Nah, I still he, give that to Andrew Dollhouse myself. <sighs> Yeah, I know other people go other ways, like uh, the Allrids and stuff like that, but uh, we don't deal with them a lot in on DC. I do like Andrew Dollhouse. I love, though, that I had had an issue with Juan Ferrer at one point where I said that his art kind of lacked a lot of motion. It, it, that's gone. Very static. He, he is, yeah, he is great now, though, with everything. I think that he is kick-ass. And he goes, there's Diggle, and I really like that credits page. And I said before, from the beginning, even with Otto Schmidt, I really think that they take their time with these credit pages on uh, this this uh, book, on Green Arrow. And this one's awesome. It's like both of their heads in the skyline, but then you see it's, it. The fucking colors are incredible. Uh, but then you go off to the Inferno. The I even like how you see that shit. smoke coming out of the freaking Queen Industries building. Yeah, I in love it. In the background, it's yep. badass. It's because that's how it left. And it's yeah. weird to think that that's where we left because I kind of forgot about that. But yeah, that's really good. And yeah, Dinah is on that ship heading off Just to the Inferno. It's a terrible plan. Yeah, and it, it is an awful plan. I also like the fact that she kind of thinks that she's undercover still. She's not. Emiko's <laughs> no. already pointed out that she was there. We have no idea how. But she did, and yeah, she kind of tricks the captain to tell her nothing because he really doesn't no. know anything. She's we come like, here oh, once a month to drop yep, off something for this gigantic ship that nobody's I, you know ever what? seen for some yeah. reason. I know it's huge. I, I wish that they had spelled out there's like a uh, like tech that's keeping it. But she goes off, and there's the burn, Derek. Your favorite guy is the burn. And you know what the worst part of the burn? Because this dialogue with Dinah is like, 
you can't tell if they're male or female. Yeah. That's how yep. bad they're burning. I'm like, yeah. that is so fucked that up. That takes you. I like that they have that uh, ninth circle fucking thing on their hand. Do you see the one guy grabbing what appears the to lever? be a bicycle pump? <laughs> he's pumping up his bike. So he's uh, like that one uh, Nazi in Raiders? Yes. But yeah, he has that. I really like that. And I really he tried like to grab the, whole... the freaking raw, the fucking, yeah. what the hell yep. was that God goddamn stabbed. amulet of raw? It was so great. The amulet of raw. And the best was that he only had half. So he, he, they were digging in the wrong spot. And... <laughs> I'd love that. They're digging um, in the wrong spot. They're digging. It's like fucking, oh, <laughs> watching a lot of John uh, Rice Davies today with fucking sliders. Yeah, really. Uh, Dinah's there and like I said she thinks she's undercover she's doing a lot of things and that page I really like you see all of her like hanging on shipments and jumping around and kicking ass parkour. Uh, they know what's going on Emiko is there and Emiko greets her basically says it throws in that remember when uh, Dinah sang that song to her in the kitchen yep. throws Broken it right wings. back in her fucking face and uh, I do think though that this is a little something because number one when you see the uh, Dinah says, you killed Ali. I, you know, you're a traitor. You look at the next panel. Emiko does legitimately look upset. Yeah. She looks kind of sad and she says, bad news is he's not dead yet. The good news is you're going to help me remedy that. And I really do think that's Emiko pretty much like, Hey, Dinah, he's not dead yet. I really Same. do think that's the first step of her showing that. She isn't bad. She's letting her know that before she knocks him out just so but she – you know, that's part of the, the plan coming up. The big question though for the next panel when you see that Dinah is knocked out and you have Dante there, how disgusted do you think Emiko is that he has his hand on her shoulder? Oh, so disgusted. Look, oh my I, god. It's so weird because I know that's his skull. It always looks like eyes to me. That's like <laughs> parts of that skull. I'm like, you are disgusting. Very oh, victims are the worst, Jim. He's worse. I don't even know that he is worse than a burn victim. And do you think that what happened is he was caught in a fire? Uh, he was like a billionaire. Everybody will feel my pain now. And yeah, yeah. Now he just wants he he is so fucking ugly that all he wants around him are burn victims, so that he just at least looks normal. Yeah, it's like the monsters when Marilyn. Exactly. Oh, she's we're the sorry, one. she's so ugly. Yeah. It's hot. Or that episode yeah. of Twilight Zone with the pig faced doctors yeah, trying to make that woman. Face. Yeah, now you're talking. I still like monsters better. But yeah, they knock out Dinah. And yeah, I think that Emiko is telling her, like, so when she wakes up, she knows what's what. Yeah, she knows she can be at least be relieved that Oliver's alive. Yeah, and just the fact that when shit goes wrong, when, you know, things are going to go wrong very quickly, there's going to be a battle. I think that Emiko is basically like, hey, Oliver isn't dead yet, so when she does come to, she knows, you know, the fight's on, she knows there's a side. If she came. She may Hopefully. even come too, and if Oliver is dead in her mind, all she's going to want to do is kill Emiko, yeah. and at least now she knows, okay, whatever. We'll hopefully hopefully Dinah wasn't knocked out before Emiko said that. That's what I, it's funny, because she's not on that <laughs> panel, but the way she says it, I, I think that Dinah is just... In the midst of falling, of like being of passed out. Asleep, yeah, and I do think also that she has shot her to tranquilize her so that they kind of can... Yeah, you know that they don't just straight up kill her now. Yeah. I don't know. That's I got that. It's a bait. Then, yeah. Then you go with uh, Diggle and Oliver, and that's where you get the whole thing. You know, yeah, that was the woman I loved, and you did that. So you, you <laughs> kind of get this little. I don't know that you'll ever get the resolve. I think no, that's some like shit just went down. Those, it's and they old need to have shit. a fucking, uh, you know, yep. a dick measuring contest. Now. And I like that. I like that. It's like it's almost one of those where you have uh, two guys. And they've been fighting all this time, and you get the, hey, why are you fighting? 
he knows. And then you go to the other guy. Hey, why are you fighting? He knows. He knows. Like, they don't even know. But they're, they're cool just because fighting. it's bros before hoes. Yeah, but they're fighting it out. And I love it because this comes in later in Nightwing where they fight. They beat the exactly. shit up. Freaking Diggle just kicks the shit out of Oliver, and then he's fine. And it's like one of those beat the shit on him and then put his hand down. Let's go, buddy. It's right. time to now get, get your work. punk ass up. Yeah. we got work to I do. I really like that. That's and right, I love Diggle. Diggle. I love Diggle. Uh, Jesus Christ, shit's going wrong. Is your house haunted? <laughs> I don't know what just are happened. You, are you talking Italian with your hands? I don't know. No, I wasn't even moving my hands. I don't even know what that was. But yeah, they're going to go. They they show That's more smart. of the Inferno, and this is like a, the big switcheroo. Shadow shows up onto the Inferno and wants to know where Emiko is. Hey, where's Emiko? Oh, she's in the baptismal chamber. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no. Shit has gone wrong. And then when you realize it's not Emiko, then you think it's Black Canary. And you're like, oh, no. Because even Dante's like, Black Canary wanted to know how this was. Well, we're going to show her. And, and it's exactly like, oh. like freaking uh, Temple of Doom. It is. Uh, actually, you know what this is? It is Empire Strikes Back. It's the Carbonite moment. Yeah, it's the Carbonite Chamber. And Black Canary is the is Han Solo. They are doing this to draw Oliver there. They have the big chamber, and I was waiting for Boba Feather. He doesn't mean anything to me, Ted. <laughs> hey, you'll be The proud. Empire will compensate in, you. In the background, there's a guy just muttering that the fucking deal has gone wrong, and, you know, pray. Pray I don't alter the deal yeah, any further. I'm telling you, it, it is Empire Strikes Back, and I did like it. Uh, it is kind of a forced deal where you think twice, where you're like, oh, shit. That's Emiko. Oh, no, it's Dinah. No, it's just some poor-ass yeah. bird victim. And that's where we see where you had been questioning, like, does Dante just go around and pick up unfortunate burn victims to join in his crew? Didn't make sense. Oh, that's the Instead, worst, too, because go, all these people, that they, these kidnapped people, yeah. are all have to go through this baptismal. I'm like, yep. and now they have nowhere else to go because they are terribly no. scarred. Yeah, actually, that's a perfect plan. Plus, it seems to me to be one of those like, hey, what if I don't survive? Well, then you're not good enough. You know, the, half yeah. the people probably die. The ones that survive, they're like you said, they're stuck. They're stuck with them because where are they going to go? Jesus Christ. But yeah, then you see Oliver, ain't giving you no money on the street. No. Oliver and Diggle are, are Oliver and Diggle are, are on a rooftop. Oliver's kicking his legs off like he's at the pool, kicking <laughs> his fucking legs there, and he's like, Hey, I can do all this stuff. I cannot break into this laptop. I don't know what to do. And they kind of talk about Emiko and Oliver just doesn't want to say it. Doesn't want to come out and say, you know, that she's a traitor. And Diggle does. She's a traitor. She's done it. We get a little background, a little recap of the Ninth Circle where Diggle's telling Oliver. I didn't mind that. Gets people up to speed a little. And then you get them handshaking. Now what? Boom. They have it there. They're going to go. Dutch is ready to rock. (laughs) And you know where it's headed because they can't get in the computer. They go off to see Henry. And I hate and, this so goddamn much because they still treat Henry like a yeah, piece of shit. Well, Diggle doesn't treat him as much. I think Diggle looks at him as a piece of shit. Oliver should not. Diggle, though, I can see he's, you know, as they're going, Oliver has to have said, listen, I had a tech guy. He was working for me. I was paying him. The minute that my money dried up, he fucking treated me like a little bitch and left. And I do think that Diggle's like. Dig- yeah. I'm saying, well, Diggle knows Fife. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying why he has left. It, yeah. It, Seems bullshit, and uh, he calls him. He calls him a little bitch. He tells him to quit whining, 
And he even Th- says, this oh, why I was un- not angry when, when Fife's like, look, you don't pay me. We're not friends, fucko. Yeah. Go, yeah. go, go yeah. screw. And, and I liked it because throughout Ben Percy's like last run, he was such an asshole to Henry. I'm like, fuck, fuck Oliver. Th- yeah. Do your own thing, Fife. Let him go. Yeah, but they're going to do this. And he that's does it and, again. Well, and the problem is, is to me, is Diggle kind of like guilts him, shames him into joining. I don't think because Diggle's like, listen. I'll pay you if that's what you want. You get the idea that, you know, I want to see Henry like, okay, here's my, my money I want. I want this. You kind of get the idea that he's shamed in the joint. Yeah. And then Oliver's a dick right away. A dick right away. Like, really. And at one point, Oliver kind of says like, hey, you know what? I learned through you that, you know, friends should be treated like friends and I can't pay – he is a dick, and it makes me think like he's there, and he's like, "Yeah, Henry, you lousy piece of shit." Well, even this nice and Henry, goes you to have like, a, nice Henry, you officially atoned yeah. for your previous worthlessness. I'm like, yeah. you fucker, and it's so funny. I, I liked you, Ollie. I happened? want him as an aside to go to Diggle, and it's like, "Hey, Dig, that's how we talk together." And you see Henry, <laughs> go, like, no, in the background, no, 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 that's not how I want to be talked to. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, he's trying to break into the computer, the laptop that he got from uh, Broderick. And in the meantime, it is hijacked. Next thing you know, it is the worst. This would be the worst. Like Henry's jerking off in the minute that he's about to come. <laughs> fucking Dante's fucking. Because he is a Black Canary fan. He has a picture yes. of her on the wall. He has a poster. And he's there in his undies. So he's like, oh, Black Canary. Oh. And then fucking Dante comes up. That is the worst. He is limp as anything right there. He sure himself to still pictures anymore. Holy crap. But yeah, he comes on and is like, hey, look what we have, Oliver. We have... Uh, you know, Black Canary, if you want her to sing again, you know, a little... Turns out this is what Fife's oh. into, though, so he whips his dick back out. Yeah, he whips like, it all out. Right. She's got a fucking gag in her mouth, worst, there's a though, burn victim, and a little child. Yeah, he says, listen, you have something weird. of mine, I have something of yours. We're going to have a trade. What's the trade for? The laptop. Yeah, which, then what happens? Then Jim spills his fucking Barks root yeah, beer all over just it. just like it. Fucking Henry spills the Mountain Dew on it. <laughs> fucking asshole and it's so funny because he's like eh? oh well i still got to i tracked where the signal's coming from well now you have to fight your way through it all you stupid ass now i agree with oliver henry is a piece of shit and you know what the Honestly, best is i think henry did it on purpose fuck well, you oliver i actually think that henry no. at one point i thought he was in on the game and, and he was you who do you get the idea do you do you have the book open yeah yeah when he says, if it's any consolation, I trace the location of the transmission. Do you think that he looks like somebody that we know in that picture right there? He looks a bit like Dan. He looks like Dan Stransky. And I thought it made me laugh so much. <laughs> I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh, my God, what a piece of shit. Wait a second. It's Dan Stransky. It looks it like does. Dan with a better hairline. Doesn't it look like Dan of what? It's so funny. I didn't even say anything to you beforehand. No, I didn't even so think about it when like I read it. Like, yeah. I just, and I that just scrolled be, down. I'm like, holy shit. Yep, that would be a Dan move. He yep. would spill it on there and then blame somebody and then quit. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> eh, I'm done. He'd write a big thing. Dear internet followers, I am now done. But yeah, even Oliver says, listen, we were going to have a trade. 
Now we're going to have to have a full-out frontal assault. And, yeah, you know what happens then? Dan Stransky leads into a more exciting issue. Next issue, instead of them trading, because shit was going to go wrong anyway. Saying, right? Even if he had the laptop, there was yeah. no, not going to be a trade. No, shit was going to go wrong anyway. This just cuts to the – can't sh- trust a burn victim. No, no. And um, really, this issue is a lot of setup. It's a lot of setup for, you know, what's to come. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I know that I'm just guessing from what you said, but we got a little more background of how the burned come into play. Yeah. Um, We get a little bit of Emiko kind of wink winking uh, that she might not be as bad as we thought. And really, the Diggle stuff with Oliver, I loved. And I even love, I'm telling you, I know that Oliver is a dick to Dan Stransky there, but I loved it because Oliver just, he still hasn't learned. And I don't mind. He is a billionaire dick, and you're not just going to change overnight. So at least it goes with the character. But now I think that it's part of where even uh, Ben Percy, it's not, uh, it's not like not on purpose. Now it's kind of on purpose, and I think it's going to come to play where when we do get him saying like, you know what, Henry? You are kick ass. I, you know, I treat you like shit. I'm sorry. It'll have more of a payoff. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I think I think it will. Even though he did fuck up, though Oliver didn't call him out on it. Oliver didn't say like, "Jesus Christ, you son of a bitch." Though I have to say, um, where is it? There's a part that I really like too, where um, they interface. Oh, that's it. When uh, Dante comes up on the screen, uh, Dante says to Oliver, "We've never met face to face, Mister Queen." <laughs> Oliver goes, thank God for that. <laughs> that was the best, the best line. It is the best line <laughs> of the whole fucking issue. Also, I like when uh, they showed uh, Henry's uh, desk. He's got a uh, tissue box there. He jerks off all the time. Who oh, what a piece of shit. But yeah, I really liked it. I thought the art was kicked ass. I gave it an 8.5. I, I really like the way this book is going. Last issue, I was a little... Uh, down on just because of that whole like Ocean's Eleven break-in thing yeah, where yeah. it's beating the shit out of guards and stuff. I thought that was off. I think this was right on, right it, on point as they say. It was a little slow. I'm telling you, we get some burning stuff, but really it, it does nothing for what we're dealing with. You know, we have well, this whole here, baptismal like, thing that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I don't we just know that the, it's burning fucking homeless people yeah. that they bring in because they need more workers for this goddamn uh, criminal bank. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I'm telling you, I don't even go with any of that in my score. My whole thing is that his whole point was to knock Oliver down and bring him back up, and he's starting to do that with Diggle showing up and, and being his friend again. <laughs> being an asshole and ahead. back in. They, you know, all this, and then they're heading off to fight. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not a bad issue for what we've been dealing with, because we moved the story along. We're now going to the Inferno, which anybody should yeah. fucking know about because it's a gigantic goddamn monster in the ocean but i think i'd give it a 7.5 because i really do love the art in this book yeah the art is so good uh but we're gonna move on to the next green book which is yours and i, I actually think i like it a little more than you but I still i'm sure you do with it. green lanterns number four written by sam humphreys with art by ed bennis robson roca tom darenick rob hunter mark erwin vincente sifuentes jay leiston tom palmer Jesus. mark deering blonde and travis lanham like a fucking party it's a party in your mouth, Eric. Nobody's coming. Nobody ever Nobody. comes. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Jessica is raged out, and it's up to Simon to cure her in this issue, not to mention work through some of their problems uh, once he does. But really, all this issue does is ruin continuity when the Red Lanterns show up. And that's all I got for you. Well, here's the thing. What is Sam Humphreys doing? Because it, these issues, he's like MC Scat Cat. 
He does take one step forward, two steps back. Every time I really enjoy something that goes on, he throws shit that doesn't need to be thrown out there to just ruin it for me. And yeah, it's all that cliffhanger. Uh, but up until then, the whole stuff now it is, I'll tell you, we were talking about padding. This whole thing with Jessica and Simon does seem very padded out. Uh, oh, yes. Th- this whole the whole thing about Jessica not knowing constructs, not being confident, whatever, and Simon and his deal, it lasts forever in this issue when it really didn't have to. But I did like almost everything about it. I love the fact that they're coming together. They finally have to mention the fucking battery. Like, this is going oh, yeah, on. Oh, finally get long. that goddamn shit. And I even like that he even says, Simon's like, oh, I bet you Hal Jordan's laughing right now about this. And I, I like that. I'm just um, saying, though, like, I, I look, I'm looking at my notes right now, and what, I, what they are, they're just questions, really. Why does the rage make Jessica drop her and Simon both into the hell tower? Just drop. I mean, not even fly in. They just no. drop, and they yep. both get knocked out from the fall. Why yep. does the rage make her do that? Because she's mad. Uh, he is mad. She's mad. It's like you mad about the book, I guess. But uh, yeah, they, it's weird too, where Simon is so confused at a point, like, I don't know what's going on. And, uh, and then, but really, these hell towers, I would think that I don't even know, like, hey, I don't know much about it. I would get the idea they were bad. He seems to be very confused. And then out of nowhere, like, maybe it is these hell towers. I was like, really? You, you think that they might have something to do with it? And he goes through, I have in my notes, where he seems to go through these weird phases in this book. Like he knows everything, then he doesn't know anything, then he knows stuff. Because yeah, he's like, yeah, that's he the heard same about the sea. I go through. Yeah, well, he really he knows a lot and then doesn't know shit. But yeah, uh, Jessica is raged out. We have set up twice now a, a lot where Simon has this unique ability to uh, get rid of the rage. This. Issue the the way that they try to make it more intense and more you know action packed or whatever or, or just have tension is that his ring is running out finally and, yeah finally it's running out the bad thing is is though by the time he gets around the like oh my god I can do this it almost seems like he does it despite the ring's charge well, because it's I at one because we're dealing with it. he wants to scan like oh not enough power to scan all right I'll, yeah. I want like check this no not enough power he well, can't even save a goddamn stuffed animal. No. Because he doesn't have enough energy, but yet he can do this power that seems to me would deplete a ring completely. That's at 100%. Right. Yeah, it seems like such a big power. And the only thing that Sam Humphreys does to try to rectify that is by saying, Simon's like, I've got to pull this from within myself. I'm like, really? I understand and, having, you know, your willpower increasing. Doesn't charge your fucking ring. No, it doesn't charge the ring. And and this is a huge thing. You would think that we've seen other times where they've done like big ass shit. It's just the ring's done. You you have the one and done, you, you know, and it really seems like that. Um, in the meantime, then after that. The ring completely is at zero, and Simon still has his costume on. Well, I want to know, too, because, like, you know, the last time we saw these two charges was in the rebirth issue at the end, where we see that, you know, their batteries combined together. And I know what you're going to say. What is Jessica's power? That's what what I want to think is somehow, to me, this may not make sense, but somehow, because the battery is connected now, 
their rings should be at the same level as that's right. I imagine as well. And you could even tell me, yeah, you could tell me that if Sam Humphreys said to me, like I said, hey Sam, I see him walking down the street stumbling. Hey, I don't know why he's stumbling. He's stumbling down the street. He's going to every fucking uh, uh, trash can looking for scraps of fucking pizza. I'm like Sam, listen. What's going on? You, you're not showing us recharge this ring. It seemed like a big thing. And he'd say, hey, listen, you don't understand. They actually have two rings that are combined, so they always are at 200%. Makes no sense. No. But if he said that, but I, I, got, I got the idea that the minute that, you know, they're always at the same. Simon, 10%. Jessica, 10%. There's not an in and out. Because even when that happened, I thought, boy, Jessica's – ring is over like she might be at 40 percent at this time which you would say oh that makes sense because she doesn't use constructs exactly. she can't do I'm that. Think, i just want to know what's going on yeah, though like you for never the know and power levels because all of the i, goddamn could, yeah, combination all I could think of i kept thinking jessica you can't charge right now you're not at zero percent you're gonna fuck up that battery it's just like a phone when people are plugging <laughs> it and i'm like oh no you're gonna mess it up but they never really say and it, yeah, I'm just not it's sure. Off. And then it's when off. they're completely out of freaking juice, the costumes stay on. Costumes like, are still on. That doesn't make any that goddamn like, sense. No, that doesn't make any Jessica sense. Jessica still has that goddamn symbol on her eye. And then I got to yeah. think to myself, though, maybe she still has some juice. Well, I don't that's know. That's what Simon I thought. Maybe she does, but Simon doesn't. So He's is glowing it like a motherfucker still. No, I, I don't understand. Um, then you go off to his sister and brother-in-law. And they're there, and I, I forgot – I actually forgot that that guardian was there. Right. So when they were talking, I did. I thought that they were talking about Simon just being missing. Right. That they couldn't get a hold of him because they're like, hey, we can't find him. Uh, maybe we should call the Justice League. I'm like, boy, they're really you know, jumping to things. This well, is a great right Where, Who were they calling when he was gone and fucking lost the army? Uh, but then you, I realized, oh, no, it's that guardian. The guardian's there, and he's okay. He yeah. is a Smurf that had sex with the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that. I thought it was- uh, I actually do laugh at that too. He's just playing with the kid though, and uh- he, and I I like that because they are really showing, and even with what he's talking about and stuff, that he is not evil. He's not a threat. He's, he's not a threat at all. He is a he's like the hippie guardian. Yeah, he is the guardian who had all these crazy ideas, and they didn't like that, and they sent him away. I really do think he's a hippie. Even looking at him right now, he's the pretty crazy. He's playing threw, with the kid. The thing that threw me off, though, because this is really quick. This whole like just to remind everybody, the guardians here, yes, and now we get the name, the Phantom Ring, in this yes, issue. The Phantom Ring. It's that, that he's ring been working that he on. Made exactly he created. It's called the Phantom Ring. Were you thrown off though? Because it looks like, like if I was a parent right there, I would not be happy. That this guardian is fucking levitating my no, kid. I don't give a don't shit about children. Is. No, I don't give a shit about children. The thing uh, is, I'm exactly. pissed These off. people, and they're like, hey, he's just playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Like E.T. It was, E.T. was that. a good yeah. time. No, this is more like Frankenstein or freaking the robot monster. The next thing you know, that guardian doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He rips the kid in half. <laughs> I don't oh, know what's going Humans can't go be ripped in half? This is crazy. And, and yeah, yeah, really. He's like, you know, hey, The thing is, we get this exposition, though, where he was exiled thousands of years ago yeah. uh, because of this ring and the idea, strange ideas he had. But strange. When he showed up in the kitchen in the last issue, he's talking about, I need to talk to Hal Jordan or maybe that new or one, John, John Stewart. Stewart. So I'm yeah. thinking, all right, he's been gone for a little bit, but he's, yeah. he's still up to what kind nope. of what's going on. Thousands of years. So w- w- where's he getting this intel? I don't know. The, the, the ring. I, I don't know. What I, ring? <laughs> I don't know. The Phantom Ring. He made I, I, it. Sure. It's the Phantom Ringer. 
We have no idea what that is. But he, he does let us in on a fact, too, that there is something going on with the timeline, and that's the reason why we're getting more Earth Lanterns. Yeah, but also, I think, and that's, I think that's also a call out to the whole rebirth, that mm-hmm. it, somebody's messing with space and time. Um, though the whole, um, spelling out by Sam Humphreys, the interviews that I read, the whole thing with the Green Lanterns was definitely supposed to show, uh, the shit with the Red Lanterns. That's all right. he said then, but he might have been playing coy. Not Hopefully, telling. because from what I'm I getting I don't, Red Lanterns, this is not like we need more goddamn Earth Green Lanterns. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think that. Or, and you know what? It was a combo. Sam Humphreys uh, said that it was because of the Red Lanterns, but also because Hal and the Green Lantern Corps were called away because of the Yellow Lanterns. So okay. it's one of those combo things. But it does seem a little bigger. Uh, it seems like this is a uh, a book that's going to tie in eventually with that whole thing that happened. Now all the books will. But this one seems to be important with that whole time uh, change up and all that stuff. Uh, but then we go back to Simon and uh, Jessica, and that's when uh, Simon uses the last of his powers to do that crazy healing deal that he crazy does cure. that nobody knows about. They call the battery, and Jessica keeps saying, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm done. I'm going to shit ain't for me. I'm not good. You know I'm not good. You keep telling me every fucking chance you can get. I do like even before that, that Simon is kind of like, hey, I can't do this alone. He And it is the battery thing, but he did have a little more of like a, you know, not that he missed her, but he, he did want her back. Yeah. And um, he's then talking he really her off a ledge in my yeah, mind, but realizes. Yeah, at this point, Jessica just wants to quit. And he's like, no, no, no. You're better. You know what? I've been hard on you. Uh, you've been better and all. And then that's where the whole gun thing comes out. And you get a little more background. You get a little more of the Guantanamo Bay background of Simon that we always talk about. And I like it. I really did no, like no, this. This is the part lot. of the book that I like the most where we do get yes. this background on why Simon carries a gun. It's not only because he doesn't trust the ring. He doesn't trust himself to yeah. use the ring. So yep. he has a backup because he's yeah. afraid. And I like I, – I don't know if I like it or not uh, that Jessica actually – I wish Simon would have just told her that. Jessica kind of you know, figures it out herself and says it to him when she's like, hey, that's what the gun's about, isn't it? It's not about trusting the ring. And then uh, Simon is talking uh, to himself this whole time. He's like, shoot, got you again, Baz. But yeah, <laughs> I like that. And then you get the great line, don't trip, corn chip. <laughs> The worst. The guys were freaking uh, three six five flicks. Freaking sent me that the I, one I'm, day. I saw them said. I'm like, I don't think he's gonna know what they're talking about. No, I didn't at that point because I hadn't read the book because you review it, so yeah. I don't really read the books that I maybe Friday night at the earliest. This oh, yeah. I didn't read, and when I read it, I'm like, oh, that's so good. I, I <laughs> wish that I, I, I just kind of favored it because I didn't know, and then I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that, that is so lame a line. It made me laugh even more because they had they had uh, sent that to us. But yeah, and, and even Jessica's like, that's cheesy as hell. And I like this. This is like the interaction that I want because she's like, oh, yeah. God, that's cheesy. Hey, you haven't met my sister. That's high comedy. You're really getting some interaction here. It's not whiny. It's not like, fucking like you're nope. like uh like just the fucking uh crankiness of it, the whole thing no. and then bitching and at not each only other. Just that, but it's just normal talk. It's, it's nice and it really works. Good. Yeah. And you know, the most important thing in his life is his family and especially yeah. his sister. So him saying that, it's like joking about that. It, it really is important to him. And I really do like that. And we have gotten already that her sister is, you know, we keep 
being told that her sister is still raged out. So I think that's that big connection there. And then they get the uh, the rings. And I really did like the whole uh, Green Lantern's light the thing. And I wish that it would have just been plural right. instead of just the, the thing. But I, I did like that. I liked seeing them do that. You see that Jessica knows it now. She's not fucking faking the funk. But then when uh, you have, you, I'm back, baby. Simon Baz looks fucking crazy. <laughs> that might be the worst start of the week. Look at him. He looks nuts. I, I don't mind it. I do. I, I like the fact that he's excited about so it. So I'm telling you, this part of the book is the best thing. It doesn't go on very long, though. I'm telling you, we charge no. It's just, there's so much fucking padding. And then they well, are charged yeah. up and they break out of the Hell Tower, which they should be destroying right away. Yes. But then they're confronted by Dexstar, burning Dexstar. them with some well, fucking I'll tell blood. You, right before that, I even was still fully in because he's like, yeah, I'm back 100%. They start coming out of the Hell Tower and immediately you get that. 8,026 human, and I really like that. That Simon is yeah. so happy. And then you come out and you're like, holy shit, it hits you Things just like going it, bad it still. hit them. Shit is going bad. And yeah, and then Dexstar's there. And I didn't like the warning, Red Lantern Napalm. I don't know why that threw me off. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the ring shield fell, and you're like, oh, did I really survive the Hell Tower to get killed by a cat? It's okay. Yeah. Uh, then you, you ruin everything in that last ah, panel. It's the, the last panel. And tell everybody, it's it's nonsense. We got Zillia Zox and Skalix fucking leading up fucking Atrocitus' goddamn Red Lanterns here. Yeah. And they are dead. They died dead. so great. They sacrificed their lives to join uh, Guy Gardner against Atrocitus in the Red Lanterns book. Yeah. And he, like, Charles Sewell run of that book really evolved these characters, made them awesome. It was probably the most popular Red Lanterns run ever. And right? I was so heartbroken when Zillia Sox died, but Everybody to bring was. him back right now as a bad guy just fucking slaps With all no his explanation, fans in the face. A bad guy right at the side of Atrocitus. It's nonsense. And this is one of those where you, you hit it on the, the fucking head where people are like, oh, there they go again about this this continuity. They got to realize rebirth. No, it's not just the fact that they died, but it was how great they did die. And to throw them back like this is like, eh, that that greatness. That, they were that characters that we ended up loving under Charles Soule's run yes. who died, and it broke our hearts. Yeah, and, but it made sense. It fucking gave it their goddamn like uh, death a purpose, and now yeah. they're just here to thrown in our fucking faces. Yeah, just like hey. Yeah, fuck you. You like that? It's almost like a, you know, hey, Charles Sewell isn't around anymore, so fuck him. It really is off. And that ends the issue. So at the end, you're like, God damn it. Why would you do that? Absolutely. And yeah, it, it was it was nonsense. But uh, and I just sat there. I'm telling you, I gave this book, like, with this alone and all the fucking nonsense, the padding through it, I should have given this a fuck you five. Yeah. It sh- I it did really not. What did you give it? I gave it a 5.8 out of 10. Okay, you gave it a 5.8. I actually give it a 6.5. I'm telling you, you get a little less padding of them down in the Hell Tower. You, you shorten that up a bit, and then you don't have uh, Skalix and Zillia socks at the end. This could have been an 8. This was a really good issue. And for all the artists we had in this book, I and thought the it art. was fucking great. Yeah. yeah. and Because that usually means disaster when we have that many artists. Yeah, really. It usually does. Like you said, you were mentioning artists. It sounded like a fucking parade. I went on for five goddamn minutes. Yeah. And the thing about this issue where 
everybody was all upset. Oh, Simon and Jessica bitching and moaning at each other, bickering, and this won't stop. What you finally are getting them to be a team here, We're which past is that. awesome. It's awesome. Now they're there. They're ready to rock. And but yet that was too drawn out. You get the thrown in thing about the Phantom Ring, and then awfulness with the uh, the Red Lanterns at that last panel, where this issue really there was not much to it. And it read really quick. I got done in oh, two yeah, seconds, it seemed. And yet I was enjoying it at one point, but it just wasn't enough. And with that whole thing, what did I say? Six, five, I'd give yeah. it. Uh, because, yeah, I did like the art. Well, and and you, really, that, that, the worst part, too, that last panel is awesome. <laughs> I love the whole thing. But yet, it, that doesn't make sense. It I'm just doesn't it. make that sense. That point eight I have is just because of how much, like that 5.8 instead of just the fuck you yeah. five is because of how much it's I enjoyed the art. And that I, it's honestly, it's just hope. That the next yeah. issue, Sam Humphreys will explain all these decisions he's made with having Blees yeah. work for Trussis, Celia Sachs is back, Scout. He'll explain it all yeah, away and he'll, he'll make it make sense. I don't know how you can explain it, but it, there must be a way at, to say that – I told you, the best part to do this would have been when, when Blees was – Cured, yeah. quote unquote. She cured. had a fucking mind back. She should have been able to explain to Simon what was going on. Like, you know what? Thank you. I hate atrocities. She kind of does point to that mm-hmm. and how he's going to be after she better hide. But if she would have explained, like, uh, because she should be fully against him with what happened as well. And we were yeah. upset about that from the get go. And if she would have been, that was the perfect time for her to explain. What is going on and how these Red Lanterns are coming back from the dead and all this sort of thing. And it would have been great. Maybe that's the Hell Tower doing it. Maybe the Hell Towers resurrect dead Red Lanterns. It doesn't make sense. We haven't been told that. I don't think that's Well, the Hell Tower it, hasn't even been really activated. You know, that fucking raid sheet. I, yeah, shit, I, guess. I'm saying I don't know. Maybe, but maybe they could have explained. But maybe they will. But that would have been a great that's time that point for eight, man. Even if Blee's half would have explained it before she reverted back. It would have been awesome. You would have been like, holy shit, what does she mean? And then all of a sudden you see uh, Scalix and Zilius, and you're like, oh, my God, that's what she meant. Anybody could come back. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's starting to irritate me. Oh, me too. Uh, but the next book, I actually am taking a turn for the better, Eric. Me as well. <laughs> Nightwing number two, written by Tim Seeley with art by Javier Fernandez, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Manguel. And I was thinking about this, too, when I was writing this up. Do you think that that Soto color is Chris Sotomayor's fucking company? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I was thinking about that. We are discussing yeah. that with Reggie, I believe. I'm sure we could find him like two oh, I'm sure. Research, man. Fuck that. Yes. This issue ups the stakes in what Nightwing is supposed to do for the Parliament of the Owls because instead of merely whispering to people that the Owls are watching, Nightwing is handing over slaves to the Parliament and has to go along with it in order to maintain his cover. Also, Raptor might be a better partner than Dick imagined because it looks like his interests align in bringing down the Owls as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, I like Raptor. I, I don't understand this fucking gauntlet. Nope. But I like him as a character. He's I got like a good personality. To it. I actually like the fact that, number one, he thinks he's better than Batman. But it brings <laughs> that, that when when you have Dick, I always like when we have Dick. But when you have Dick, you, you do need that darkness to com- you know not combat, but play off of, of Dick Grayson. Play against I the really, I really like that. Uh, Raptor is that, but he's also turns around near the end to appear to be okay. Like, yeah. uh, 
good enough guy who at least is playing that long con to take down the parliament as well. But and in order he, to play that long con, you got to do some bad shit. Along you got to do some bad shit. And he is he's teaching this, and it starts off. You kind of get a weird deal where it starts where Batman and Robin, and we always love when you see Batman and Robin, right? We're yeah. always big on especially. When we get a flashback, damn right. Yeah, and you have the flashback, and Batman's there. I'm and happy with any of the Robins, honestly. Yeah, I really like the Dick Grayson one, though. And what you get is Batman being awful. And I don't know what Tim Seeley's playing at there, but he basically has Batman drop a villain off the side of a building. And the the guy has to be dead, right? Uh, I think his ankles are just broken, honestly. He is way up there. I mean, they look to be... I don't. They're on a building roof. They they don't have two story buildings. Well, somebody God, said somebody said something about how there was a mattress down there. It looks like he fell on something. I can't tell. Some, the art is not detailed. Yeah, I really do say. see that. I I can't even tell you what it would be. Yeah, no. it might be a mattress. But Who knows? still, he. I know some people have called out three stories. I don't. Know, it might be four. The way it's set up with the the two, freaking fire three, escapes. Uh, it looks like five, like you know roof would make it like five. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, I no, don't but what Batman mattress. doesn't kill people. Yeah, it looks That's like. All I'm going with. And the guy does go, oof. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't. But it's one of those where it looks like Batman then has set it up to trick Robin into knowing, you know, what that. Because he, Ooh, Batman's you. basically telling, telling him, listen, you know, villains are villains. They're bad. You shouldn't trust them. Yeah. It's so weird. And it says fear is the only thing that will make them tell the truth. Fear is what makes them honest. But, Jim, I read in Batman number 44 that Snyder said before he had a Robin, Batman decided fear wasn't the way he was going to inspire hope. Hey, that he gave that up. That shit did not work. What happened is they were going to do that. And then some motherfucker gave him that Batman 44 a bad review. And then everyone at DC said, yeah, that's not the way to go. No, Eric Shea. Eric Shea not only speaks for Green Arrow fans, that's right, but also Batman fans and Nightwing Boosh. fans. Now you are the you are the mouthpiece of everyone. I am a mouthpiece, that's for sure. Yes, you are. But then you go to Moscow. You go where where we ended, where Dick was kind of hanging out, and uh, Raptor and Raptor's basically telling him, "Listen, uh, I'm better than Batman." Yeah. I like too that the conversation leads into the name of the book. That is clever. Like, I really do like that. Um, I'll tell you right now, I don't like Tim Seeley's dialogue at all. No. Uh, I've never liked it. And Well, the first he, part here, I don't mind as much because, like, why did you just kick my ass? I thought this is what superheroes yeah, do. They I meet do each like, other, that's they kick each other's clever. asses, and they work together. And that's what we were talking about in Green Arrow where, yeah, that does seem to be. And then even Robin's like a Robin. Even Nightwing <laughs> is like, yeah, you know what? Batman and Superman, they, they freaking fight all the time. That's like them getting together and having a beer and watching sports. And I, I did like that. I'm thrown off always in this by the mask and that little symbol <laughs> on the Nightwing so. costume. It's so weird, that little mask. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I really like Raptor, and I like the way it's played out. Uh, there's just – it. Tim Seeley I'm, just tries too hard to me to be funny, and it doesn't come natural to me. You know, it's weird, too, because in my mind, we get a little bit away from, like, the Graysonisms of the Rebirth issue and the first issue of Nightwing a bit here, yeah. I think. But instead of the hypnos of the Grayson, which could do anything you want at any given time, yep. he's kind of replaced that with Raptor's fucking gauntlet. Yeah, the gauntlet is like that, that it can change things. It can, uh, it can summon point. his plane. It can shoot fucking, yeah, you know, uh, tranquilizers. At one point, it makes shark attractive. Repellent or attractive, yeah. whatever the attractive. fuck it was. Jesus it, Christ. Uh, yeah, the gauntlet can do whatever the fuck it wants. Um, 
It reads you, you while I read you while it reads me, Jim. Yes, it does. It reads everyone. It's like you. So You're the stupid. mouthpiece, Eric. The mouthpiece. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Raptor and Dick already. I like their little thing. I like that uh, Dick just doesn't trust him, doesn't like him. And Raptor just seems to think that uh, Dick is kind of a joke, I think. It really is weird. Like, he knows the game that Dick is playing. Dick think, seems to think that he's so clever Raptor knows what he's up to. He yeah. knows that he's not fully into this. Or There's the no Batman. way. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. Then you go to the part where he sees that little, uh, what's it called? What are they called again? The present that he got. Oh, from- the fuck? I don't know. The goddamn cup dolls or whatever? Yeah, I, I always forget what they're Bogus- called. Yeah, the Bogushka dolls or something? I don't even know. Yep. And that's what leads to uh, Batgirl calling Dick and like, before hey. that though, before you jump into Batgirl, okay. when he when Raptor summons this Raptor jet or whatever you want to call it, doesn't it look like that thing is small as hell and just looks like a big it drone? It does look small. I guess it's supposed to be like really high up. I guess it does it, look small. The perspective and it's just funny seems too. weird to me. I see that, and at one point, Dick even says, like, oh, you have the the thing with the beak on the front. And I'm like, I went back to that to yeah. look at my – I don't see the fucking beak because it's from the top that you would see the beak in the cockpit. I, I'm like, I don't, there's no beak there. It did look like – it does just look like a drone. Yeah. It is a weird type of art. Like, you guys I, again, are not getting I'm on not, that, and it's not fine. I'm not a huge yeah. – actually, and he's like sidekicks in the back, and I'm thinking, what are they going to like urban surf on that thing? It looks like, really small. But, well, the thing is, um, no, he, he named his copter after a type of hawk, and there's a beak on his freaking yeah. mouthpiece of but, the um, – uh, on the freaking uh, – the uh, sub- not, what the hell is it? The goddamn air tank when they dive in the water. That, but I'm saying it's also on the – I think he says it on the ship as well because then you see the ship later. It does have a beak. When you see the ship from the top, it looks like it has a beak in the cockpit. It's like shaped like a beak. It's all about branding, baby. It's all about branding. Uh, Batgirl calls him, and they're going to talk about that. She's in Tokyo. Says, oh, you know what? You've been globetrotting all around. I'm going to do that like you. Uh, there is a big thing that throws me off here. Doesn't, that throws me off too, right? The fact that she says that like, Dick inspired her to go around the world. That That isn't what throws me that off. That throws what me throws off for me some off, reason. She mentions Gotham and Gotham Girl. And to me, there is no fucking way that any of the Bat family is going to stand by and not say something to Batman about those two. Can't she say makes shit it to seem, Batman. She makes it seem like it's just a, a freaking dick was there in the Batcave. Doesn't say like, what the fuck are these superpowered beings? That, why do you trust them? Hey, what man, the he, he's known to on? bring people in. Not like this. He's got, not, he's got all the like, Robins, Batgirl. Yeah, that's them. He doesn't bring in superpowers outside. No, it, it's ridiculous. I wish that she wouldn't have even mentioned it because I don't think that. I think that it even like there's no reason to talk about it in this book. You don't think Damien would go and ask him about this or anything of the sort? It, it's ridiculous. It, they shouldn't have mentioned these Gotham twins. It's so stupid. But yeah, and it's a throwaway line almost just to to tie it in with the other books. I do like the Batwoman's boot camp. It's kind of funny. But even then, it's kind of weird. Uh, but, yeah, she's busy fighting, and, and they're going to set up a date. They're going to go. and uh, It didn't still- bother you at all that Barbara claims that Dick inspired her to go off on her little No, like, I, th- I, I, just, I actually thought I that. I wanted that to be Barbara's good. thing for some reason. Like She's like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to go take some me time. I, yeah, I, I actually thought she was making fun of him. I thought that that was like, hey, the more I thought about it, the more I got jealous of your globe trotting. I think that she's just being a, a fucking smart ass and making fun of him going all over the place. 
I didn't even take that as a serious comment because, yeah, she doesn't seem to be going around globetrotting anyway. In she, Bat- right now she's just going to one place. In the Batman manga you reviewed, what was the freaking bad guy's name? That was a uh, uh, Doctor Death or whatever. Was, Lord Death's like Lord face. I can't Death. even remember. Yeah, I is, can't remember. It was. Is she fighting his gang? I don't know. It seems like that, but I I don't know. Yeah, it is. I didn't even think of that. Uh, I just look at it now. I didn't think about it before. Yeah, Lord, right it now. was uh, Lord Deathman. Lord Deathman. With his over the top freaking <laughs> dialogue was so good. That'd be great if she was fighting him. Yeah. I just think these are just guys dressed up, and maybe that is an homage to that, like a side way of doing that. But, uh, yeah, I, I actually thought that uh, Barbara was just fucking giving him shit about I how he's up in place. Um, I just yeah, want to her idea for some reason. Yeah, were, I don't know what it is. They were going to set up a, um, a date. Uh, what's it called? Set up the goddamn date. And then that's when you get, you go back to Robin and Raptor, they're in the thing. And that's when he says, he says, Hey, you name your copter after a type of hawk and there's a beak on this mouthpiece here. It's so weird. It's, and he goes into this branding thing. Just seemed odd. Was that, what did you think of that? I, I just thought it was a bit of levity because they needed their new partners. They needed to joke around a bit, you know, to you know, feel each other out. Jokey. I actually thought because he goes through, they go on and on about it, and then Dick even mentions it later. He's a complex guy. He is all about marketing. I'm telling you, I don't think it's a joke. Yeah, I don't think it's a joke. I think that's what it's all about. (laughs) And then later, Dick throws it out there when they go onto the ship. They go onto the ship, and what their their uh, mission was is to go on this freighter. To find out what was going on. Cobra's taking it over. Cobra has taken it over. And in the meantime, Cobra is using it to try to get the, these, uh, people, they're being, what are they, what do you call, not stowaways. They're actually shipping human cargo almost yeah, human like trans- the arrow. Trafficking. It's almost like the Green Arrow book. Pretty much. The Green Arrow didn't people. have a goddamn creature from the Black Lagoon. There. No, well, yeah. They get attacked by the creature of the Black Lagoon, which is very odd. And that, now, if, th- this whole section is really fucking odd to me. That, you he, know what he, this is? This is what we were talking about, padding, yeah. <laughs> because there is nothing well, that we're getting from this. Well, we know that Cobra does do gene splicing yeah, and they do yeah. fucking combine, but not only do but we, we have this guy. we knew they were going to get something with Cobra. I but no, I'm just saying, this is so weird, because the creature from the Black Lagoon is not the bathroom. He's a fucking human. He's mixed with a snake, whatever. They do yeah. that whole shark attractant and like get yep. him away. But it's once good. we get on the ship, I don't know what's going on with that big fat fucking lady. Uh, she's just another part of Cobra it's, we have, that is we have, like a, a thing that's like a birthing of a new genetic type don't of even who's know, going man. to give birth again. I don't know. And because they go in. There's just the people laying shit. there, big fatzos, and they hear music and they go down and, yeah, there's this crazy – what she appears to have the Cobra – like a snake eyes. She has teeth. Snake teeth. And then she she says – Fangs, she is born. She gives the gift of venom, and out comes what appears to be enchantress. It looks like, and has cut herself out because she's holding like a yeah, a scalpel, freaking scalpel. I don't, know. I don't know what's going. And I'm she even has I'm like eggs book. or something on her. She has a weird like I don't know. Tony, I was I reading this book. Know. I was okay with the creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm like, all right, this makes sense. Whatever, you know. I get on the ship. And all of a sudden, it becomes the most bizarre fucking horror movie I've ever goddamn watched. Well, there's that, and then they're fighting this. And who's that big fat guy who just moves out of the way? And there's I don't a hole. Know, they're just there. That just like, looks. Why like is that the doorway it to your like goddamn? Waiting, it looks like he's waiting for a massage. It does. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, 
But yeah, this is on this freighter that they're supposed to go and find out what's going on. They kill this big fat lady who is giving birth to another lady. And then in the weirdest thing that I thought was then Dick's like, hey, Raptor, you're and it's very reminiscent of Shrek when Shrek had that arrow in his ass. And he's like, oh, how about that? I don't know what are they getting at that they're going to bleed. And I, I got the thought that maybe that was going to lead Cobra to somehow getting his DNA and making another. I don't know, because they take care of them. You don't think that's the case. Why even have that? I don't is know. Is that to show that he's not as good as he thinks? That or he's just a badass who doesn't he feel fucking doesn't, pain? Yeah, he doesn't have pain. He's a fucking robot. I don't know what's going on. But he rips out and just drops it on the floor. Clang, and they, really, they really have to show that. Yeah. And then he says right after, Cobra's genetic research division is always looking for raw biological material. And what I thought he was getting at was him getting stabbed. And then you realize it's not. That he opens up the thing and there are a lot of people down there. They are being, you know, human traffickers. Mm-hmm. And they're getting this. And I get the idea. I actually like the fact that Cobra knows that the owls are up to no good. So they get this yeah. i don't even know it, but they it take is you know what I mean? ship because they want their goddamn human yeah. slaves it, it takes it, they're taking out the middleman of getting mm-hmm. these slaves these slaves are either going to be part of you know the owls crap or cobra's crap they're still involved with crap and that's the whole uh the thing with dick where he goes down and even where a little kid has to come out and like oh superhero superhero and that's where dick again mentions a brand extension of batman and it's weird when the kid goes to touch Nightwing's chest, the symbol all of a sudden seems very big. No, no, dude, like, I'm telling you, in this book, I've noticed it bothers me because the symbol goes back, back and forth between yeah. being decent sized, tiny hate, as hell. I hate that tiny. I, I really hate that tiny one. I like it, the big one. But, so do I. Uh, yeah, everybody loves the big one, Eric. And then, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's talking to Raptor. Dick's talking to Raptor. Like, hey, what would the parliament want with them? And this is such a weird thing, too. The answer is the parliament is creating a new nation on the bones of Greece outside the rules that govern the rest of the world. I'm like, what are they doing? They're just going to make a new nation. And they're on, you know, they're in Crete where we did see that before. But how is that like hidden from the rest of the world? It's still Greece. It's it's not like they're fucking walls around this shit. I have no idea. And they're they're going to build the walls. I think the walls obviously is a metaphor. They're just going to, they're going to build everything. They're not going to build as fast as Atlanteans. Yeah. And not even just that. They're not. How is this going to stay hidden? (laughs) Seems weird. Are you still on that page where, uh, uh, Raptors telling Dick what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Why does it look like Raptor's eyes are way too high? To compare I don't know. To you have whip, but then look at look at Nightwing. Look uh, at his eye. He looks. I, I, I don't, don't even know. I he don't looks high. Much. Yeah, he's weird. But the art is so off in parts of this. Like it, it's weird that at a point still you're like, still the best in, okay. in the series, in my opinion. It, it, but it's still shitty to me. Yeah. Like I like the whole uh, creature of the Black Lagoon. What I I have noticed where I think the art is off mainly is you'll get like three panels that are decent and then you get what i think is a stylized thing where you're panning out and everything is fuzzy like at nothing has detail in it it's blending in i hate it i like uh you go back if you would go back where barbara is fighting talking about yeah yeah yeah. 
She's hanging over. She's And I like that. They show her fighting. It starts to go. Then there's the one panel where she's kicking a guy into a statue, and her leg isn't even complete. And I know it's like, oh, that's motion. It is the weirdest looking panel. And her face is all nothing. It's just brown with a mask on yep. it and there's clung where... well it's like even we're talking about batman dropping that guy we don't know because there's not enough detail yeah, to see what the yeah. hell he landed on or and anything i like the whole creature of the black lagoon thing and even that's not fully detailed nothing is really detailed to the point then you get where dick and raptor are getting onto that freighter and it's so weird dick i don't even know what's going on there it's so weird it's, it's like washed out not fully done it looks like I don't know. It's a style. Yeah. It's not one I can really get yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. Then they're called into talk. And I'm to telling you, even when they get to out. that big fat snake lady, at yeah. that one scene where we had the close her face, it looks like uh, I freaking not the hell is uh, who does the Green Arrow now? I can't even think of the name. Juan Ferrer. Juan Ferrer is freaking yeah. uh, Gotham by Midnight. That's what it looks yeah. like to me. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, say you get into the part where they go to meet with the owls then, and you have that, and it looks good. And they're like, okay, you've done great. They do this. And then uh, I even like where the one owl turns, the owl that's talking to him. Yeah. I really like that. I like all of that. They give uh, them the yeah. next assignment. Well, but it turns out that they're giving these people to the owls, and Dick yeah. is pissed off about yeah, it because pissed. he's a superhero, and he yeah. just turned over human beings to the yep. owls to do whatever they want with and Raptor kind of starts to explain the long game. He's you like, to hey, calm down. Kind, even kind of uh, goes to the point where he knows a lot about. Don't trip, corn chip. And, yeah, don't trip, corn chip. He, he tells uh, Dick even like, hey, I know when you were doing your other thing that you had to go a little against your, your moral deal. But you know what? This is a long con. And pretty much you're going to let one thing go to save a lot. But still, Dick, that's not Dick. That's yeah. not. And that's really, in fact, that's not the DC superhero way. The, the DC superheroes usually are the guys, they have to save everyone. And yeah. if they let one guy go, they are upset. That's a whole thing where we even said about the truth story with Superman that we hated. The main thing was Superman was so upset that he couldn't save everyone. Like one person not being saved was was one too many. And I like that. And they start fighting. Dick and Raptor start fighting. But Raptor really is... He wants to – same thing as Dick. He just is a little more dark. He's yeah. ready. He has his foot in the darkness, as he says, and Dick's going to have to trust him. If he's he's he got some shit on the owls to bring them down, and look, yeah. we got we to gotta play this fucking hand out as long as it lasts, but eventually we'll get there. I just need you to play ball. Yeah, and it almost is the point where it's like, listen, uh, Dick, I know what you were doing. He says it. You know, you were doing the kind of light stuff. You were trying to keep in the light. You weren't doing the bad stuff. That's why the owls have to call me in to be with you because you won't do what needs to be done because you're too good. And you're going to have to go 100% in. This is a long con that we're doing here, but you have to be 100% in. And it starts right away where you see Barbara there. I'm telling you, I really like this ending to really left off with that whole speech from Raptor. Where yeah. we see that Dick is all in and he has yeah, to say he goodbye. has to be all in. And it starts with he was going to cut out and go have a date with Barbara. And this even whatever that thing is, or from, have a date, that oil yeah. derrick or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, and it, it even comes back from before where Dick called her to that bridge. And when yeah. he showed up, he thought it was a date. And that, but this is genuinely, this is a date. 
and he stands her up because he has to be all in. He yeah. has no, it's no, no time, time for nonsense. No, no time, time for love, love Dr. Jones. Jones. There is no time for love. And she's just sitting there. And I'm telling you, I would have loved it if Aquaman shows up. He's always there, Eric, to, uh, to jump in. He is there for Wonder Woman. He's there for Batgirl. Yeah, it'd be great stuff. But yeah, he, he and, and it's funny too because, um, he looks, he's looking at the phone and sees where they were supposed to meet. And yeah, it's the Rainbow Bridge. Don't look like no bridge, but uh, he can't do it, and he's going to get into the ship with Raptor, and off they go. I, I like that last line, kind of close to the edge there, kid. Are you going to jump? Yeah. yeah, I'm like yeah. that's that's a good line right there, Tim Seeley. Says you could say that, and he goes off, and yeah, I am enjoying this more. I am enjoying it a lot more than what I thought I would. Me as well. I, this uh, is the first issue. I'm like, okay, uh, I give a crap. And this again, is this is giving us exactly me, what we wanted. Yes, and to me, this is the first issue where. The people who didn't read Grayson are now up to speed. Everybody's going forward together in this issue. We can all enjoy it together. Um, still, the art threw it off. So I would give it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 because I was actually I, you know shocked. What? I, thought, the- I thought you gave it less than that. Oh, no, actually, 7.5. 7.5 is a pretty good score. I will yeah. tell you that because it is – I just – the art is Because I'm telling you, last time we had – well, I guess it was last week we had the last issue. Was it that or was – I can't even remember. Yeah, it was last but, week. But we were talking about what are the stakes here? Dick's just going around whispering that Alice are watching. Yeah. This this is nothing. Here we see where he has to fucking do it. I'm like, this is great. And we have yeah. this great connection to Raptor, who I thought was, you know, a little bit too much like Tiger. They're going to make fun of each other and beat no, each other I up. I like, I like. got liked this great connection here. They're jokey. And they had this whole thing where we got to fucking play this out. I'm like, I really enjoy what we're getting. Some and of the dialogue's I, a little off here and yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not I have no idea what's up with that and fucking I think snake woman. Even like the whole thing with like you, you should have a theme song. I'm working on it, but yeah, it, yeah. it's it's a little forced to me. He's trying to do that um, whole 37 thing again. Yeah, right? yeah. We're past that. Which Tim was Seeley. so good. It was so good. But and yeah, that was a Tom King. Uh, exactly. Issue. What I do like though, also, is up until this issue, I thought to myself like. The fuck Raptors as mentor like that's really spelled out in the solicit oh, yeah. stuff like that and I think he is now and it's not like to me mentor at that point was like he's gonna show him how to fight he's gonna and it made no sense to me he's gonna now show him how to break bad what, now I realize what he's mentoring him in and it's just basically the whole concept of bringing down the owls and doing it in a way that he is not comfortable with yeah he let those people get you know taken as slaves I really do think at the end he's going to save all those oh, definitely. somehow because he just does not let shit go like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I'll just, you, I, I'm going to go to a 7.5 with you. If the uh, little, Say Mikkel Yannon was on this, nine. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd love it. Uh, but, yeah, I do. I was a little wary to talk about this, but even us talking about it a bit because I did like the issue. I'm like, but I don't, I don't want to talk about it because every time we do that, I usually get down on something. Yeah, get down on it. But, no, I'm even more pumped up. I yeah. can't wait for the next yeah. issue. Yeah, see, everybody was upset at us, not you know. And now I don't. I'm not going to compare it with Grayson anymore. It's no, you, we're, we're past that. I really point. like it. I really do. This was like the leaps and bounds past Grayson into its own damn book. Exactly. Uh, and right now, speaking of its own damn books, Eric, as I try to find my notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wrote a lot of notes about that book. I didn't even go by the notes. You're we just talking. I had a bunch of different things here. I, I did a. Uh, like uh, one thing I wrote, uh, Raptor knows branding, marketing, and advertising, unlike Eric with his uh, headlines. <laughs> and then I did put Raptor headlines are awesome. by the creature from the Black Lagoon. That's oh, yeah. Um, now, what we're going to go up to next is, speaking of branding, marketing, and advertising, we're off to the Cosmic Treadmill, Eric. Everybody's favorite place to be, the Cosmic Treadmill. 
It's a long one this week. Reggie warned me. It's a long one. So all you people out there, if you're not really into the cosmic treadmill, fast forward about 50 minutes. 50 minutes, Eric. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They're going to talk about Superman number 233, which is the book Superman Breaks Loose. And that's part of the Kryptonite Nevermore story. And uh, actually, Reggie said it's a long one, but they do talk about a lot of other comics as well. So it's going to be filled to the brim. And then we're going to be back. With flash reviews and then the end of the podcast there. Welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we like to go back to the past and read a DC comic from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. This week we're going to talk about Superman number 233 uh, from January 1971. The story's titled Superman Breaks Loose, but this is really part of a larger story arc called Kryptonite Nevermore. Written by Denny O'Neill and art by Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, and that applies for every book in this uh, that we're going to be talking about here. So uh, dust off your saddle shoes and put the kids to bed because there's a new Superman in town, and he's got fewer conflicts than ever. When all of the kryptonite on Earth is turned to iron and Morgan Edge hires Clark Kent to be a broadcast journalist, it appears that Superman's star has only to rise, except for a patch of irradiated sand has turned into a gritty facsimile of Superman himself, beginning a long story arc that fans have lovingly dubbed The Sandman Saga, or Kryptonite Nevermore. I'm not sure why they call it Kryptonite Nevermore. Do, do you know why, Chris? I think it was just a, I think it was just a nice cover blurb. Um, I, I, I think mean, that's it, just what... It, I think it's the more... The fanish name for it. I got a... Uh, well, it seems like the fans call it the Sandman Saga, but maybe they that's changed right. it because when you think of Sandman, you think of, you know... Uh, Morpheus. Neil, yeah, or... Neil Gaiman's run. <laughs> uh, yeah, because even the trade is called Kryptonite Nevermore, isn't it? Th- that might be where it came from. I, I've never heard of it. I mean, I you know, we'll talk about another one later where they had a story called Kryptonite No More, so maybe they, yes. could, they couldn't call it that. Uh, just, just full disclosure, uh, I got this issue from... The DC Comics Classics Library Trade Edition called Superman Kryptonite Nevermore, and Chris is reading a reprint of this issue that he has. I'm not I, sure. Yeah, the, it's the the Millennium Edition that, that okay. came out around '99 when they were reprinting a lot of their uh, Silver and Bronze Bronze Age stuff. Yeah, so uh, we're not looking at the original articles here, but uh, you know we we do the best that we can. So that that's uh, that's. Why I'm calling it Kryptonite Nevermore, I guess, but who knows how uh, ubiquitous that is. Anyway, let's, let's sure. talk about the people involved. Yeah, we got, this one's written by Denny O'Neill. He was born May 3rd, 1939. Graduated from St. Louis University in the early 60s with degrees in creative writing, English, and philosophy. So a very learned man. Oh, yeah. Uh, joined the Navy afterwards. Uh, after his stint there, he wrote a column for, the, for his local newspaper from uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Um, he was enticed to uh, take Marvel's writing test by a uh, longtime Marvel guy, uh, Roy Thomas. Who at that uh, time had to be a new time Marvel guy. I would, I, I would I think, think so, right? yeah, because this is uh, six. Came in. Yeah, because he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't as prolific until a little bit later on in the 60s. No, yeah. Well, basically, taking over Stanley Stan. took a back yeah. seat. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Roy was born in uh, Jackson, Missouri, and uh, he wrote, uh, among among many other things, he wrote uh, Doctor Strange, Rawhide Kid, and uh, X-Men. 
this is the X-Men from the first 66 issues, the uh, pre-All New World difference. Um, brought uh, Professor X back in, in issue number 65 in February 1970, and that was drawn by uh, Neil Adams, so uh, it all comes together right. here. With, it all uh, comes full circle in a weird sure. roundabout way. And uh, he was hired at DC to help, you know, pull the uh, characters into the more so modern is, this era. This is Denny O'Neill. This is Denny, about yeah, again. back to Denny, yeah. And uh, let's see here. Among the things he did there, he uh, he was on Wonder Woman, and he depowered her and uh, turned her into an international spy with a hyper Asian assistant, I Ching. That's right. Is this when she was wearing like the white bodysuit? That's exactly it. Yeah, that's when she wore the, the white bodysuit. And you know, yeah. he thought Denny O'Neill later on said that maybe that wasn't one of his best ideas, but at the time he thought it was going to be a very feminist thing, you know, just like here's mm-hmm. a woman, she doesn't even need her powers. She can yeah. you know, do it all by herself, but apparent what he didn't realize was that a lot of women really like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman as Wonder Woman, <laughs> <So>. yeah. <laughs> uh, he also wrote uh, the, perhaps one of his better known things is uh, the Hard Traveling Heroes uh, epic in, uh, or the opening arc anyway, for Green Lantern, Green Arrow. And uh, that began, began in issue number 76 and uh, it carried over from uh, Green Lantern Volume 2. Yeah. That was all drawn, uh, the first part of that was drawn by Neil Adams. Yeah. Um, he was uh, brought on to see a Batman away from the uh, more campy, you know, the Bill Dozier uh, TV show, uh, and back to uh, the more dark Batman feel, you know. Yep. And he began there on Batman number 224 in August 1970. And that was often, but not always, drawn by Neil Adams. And uh, see here, the perception of Denny O'Neill having a sustained run on the character is a little bit, a little bit mistelling there. He, he would write a few issues here and there. Yeah. He, he um, wrote a lot of Batman, but he didn't write yeah. a lot of consecutive Batman. I think they just stuck him on there when they needed him. Yeah, just uh, needed a little boost or just they knew they can count on him for, uh, for a real good story. Yeah. Um, and uh, he and Neil Adams, they set the tone that would prevail uh, right up until the crisis in, uh, in 85. You know, I'm when you, I'm when this isn't just true of Batman, but you know, when you look at Batman, you look at some of the most memorable runs that people talk about: Steve Englehart or uh, mm-hmm. Alan Brennert. We're talking about a handful of issues. You know, we're not talking sure. about sustained multi-year runs. Uh, I don't. I think that that was. I think that that's something that grew out of kind of Stanley doing you know every book at Marvel for several yeah. years and his belief that that's a good way, way to do done. it or the way yeah. it's done or somehow preferable. For the most part, I mean, in the fifties. You could be writing, you know, Batman today, and you could be writing Challenges of the Unknown tomorrow. It had no, there was no rhyme or reason. There was, except for Mort Weisinger on uh, Superman, mm-hmm. um, anything could happen. But anyway, this is, uh, speaking of which, um, <laughs> so editor Mort Weisinger retired in 1970 after 30 years at DC. He had basically been there since the very, very beginnings, mm-hmm. uh, or like, you know, within the first couple of years. And the Superman group, which had originally been helmed entirely by Mort Weisinger, was parceled out to four editors. Uh, just think of the, this: these books were all under the purview of one guy, and he essentially wrote uh, one of them, Superman, all by himself. But anyway, so uh, Mike Sikowski took over Adventure, Adventure Comics and Supergirl. Murray Boltonoff took over Superboy, Action Comics, and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. E. Nelson Bridwell, we know him as the famous guy who did the Inferior Five and uh, yes. all those stupid uh, comics that we love from the late <laughs> 60s. Uh, he took over Superman, girl, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, and Julie Schwartz took over World's Finest and Superman, and it was Julie that hired Denny O'Neill to spin his magic on Superman. Now, j- just, just, a, just a quick aside, too. Uh, Murray Boltonoff doing Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Well, th- 
this year or maybe the next year, that's when Kirby would take over. That yeah, that's comic. when Jack Kirby came in and uh, brought a lot of the uh, Fourth World stuff they, in, they, uh, and you know, created it right there in the spot, and, and started combining those two things. And and even in these comics that we're talking about, Morgan Edge talks about being controlled by Darkseid, <laughs> although there's there's not really any interaction there. But yeah, there's, and, they're and sowing the seeds, so there, there's. A lot of revitalization happening, and the Superman line is getting really freaking weird right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it's always weird to look at, uh, when you look at Darkseid's first appearance and find out that it's in an issue of Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, that's I right. I mean, that's so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the whole thing, I mean, that, that might be its own uh, cosmic treadmill someday if we can <laughs> get our own, hands yeah. on some of those. But it's, it's just interesting, uh, all the crazy changes that are happening to Superman. It was like a... Very live, you know, loamy time for the for Superman, I think. But sure. Anyway, on to the very issue in question. <laughs> yes, this is Superman number two hundred thirty-three, uh, and uh, not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but this is one of those very, very famous and iconic covers. Yeah. This is a Neil Neil Adams drawn cover of Superman busting through green chains, uh, presumably made out of kryptonite. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, this is uh, like you said, this is a kind of a revitalization here, but they do not start the book over at number one. Go figure. No. Instead, they do put a giant number one on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which, you know, I have no problem with. I wish they would do that more now. At least uh, give you some kind of a clue. You know, that yeah, something like, new is happening. But Yeah, this is a good time to jump on without having to restart everything. But the thing is, it's uh, a, it says number one best-selling comic magazine. It's not even saying number one anything. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I, I, I tried doing a little bit of research, but I can't find any sales statistics for this year. So I don't know if it was, if, if this was if it honesty. Worked, if it juiced the uh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Indeed, and uh, let's see here. This uh, this is you know it has that kryptonite nevermore written there right between Superman's legs. Oh, there you go. And, yeah, there you go. That's my answer. That's where they got it from. Yes, <laughs> right there on the cover of the first issue. Ta-da. And this uh, this orange starburst here. This has been used on a lot of Superman covers. Um, I think most recently it was on the the cover of. Uh, the Jeff Johns, John Romita Jr. first issue. I think it was Superman number 32. Uh, you know, they had uh, that, that that wonderful orange starburst that was in, you know, just reminded me of this cover. This cover, there's been so many homages. I mean, Neil Adams just did an homage to it recently for DC <laughs> for him for a month of variants. But there are so many, you know, it's it really is one of the most iconic covers in comics history. I guarantee if you're a comics fan and you're not like... Uh, ignoring things that came out, you know, m- longer than ten years ago, you've definitely seen it. It's been on packaging. I mean, you know, there's I, even a statue of it. That's right. That's the that's the one that's in Ohio, right? It basically, looks I, just like this, right? Yes, yeah, it's very very similar. And uh, I think there's actually a collectible statue too that you can that you can buy. I'm, I'm sure. You know, what's funny is actually Neil Adams has complained that he doesn't like this cover because. The uh, legs are way too far apart to be realistic. <laughs> they uh, are, and they are. His his, his his left leg looks like it's about to like fly off or something, or it's like yeah, it looks being, like a bird. Yeah, it's being it's being fried <laughs> off, but it's to, it's to contain these uh, the words kryptonite nevermore, and I think yeah. it adds a kind of balance to the image. But sure. uh, it, whatever it is, you know, whether you think it's perfect or not, you've definitely seen it. It's definitely uh, more famous than you are. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, so it looks like Superman's uh, getting involved in some power testing, huh? Yes, uh, and Kryptonite power packs a wallop. He gets a description here of a face full of Kryptonite. I love that, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I didn't write it here, but it's if people are doing tests of using kryptonite as a power source, so yes. hopefully a limitless power source, and Superman's on hand just to make sure everything, you know, goes okay. Goes well, yeah, and he can he can put the big dome over it in case uh, things get out of control. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and somehow this uh, this these experiments here, I, I don't know if it's these experiments or just something else that happens simultaneously. Somehow all kryptonite on Earth is turned to iron. Yeah. And uh, not not uh, no longer uh, threatening to Superman. Uh, you know that's a nice little side effect. The sure. uh, you know that we'll get no power from kryptonite, but on the plus side, there's no more kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that when Superman gets blown back, he kind of falls into a into sandy sand. patch and leaves a depression. Leaves of, a nice imprint of, of his, his body. body and and his cape too. I like I like that his cape is. I, I guess that is sort, true. It would yeah. leave some mark there, but the way the picture is drawn, it's almost like the cape has its own has weight. its own shape, its <laughs> own <know>? imprint. <laughs> it was stiff and it just created a kind of like a triangle behind him. So uh, so that's interesting. You know, Green K has uh, turned to iron. Uh, it even gets a, a headline on the Daily Planet like within hours. You know what I mean? This is Daily Planet. Just the evening edition. Crank yes. it under. Yeah, <laughs> the editions just keep coming. They they are on top of it. But of course, whether kryptonite's there or not, Clark has to go back to work, and uh, he goes back, and and we meet Morgan Edge of Edge Communications. It turns mm-hmm. out that he owns the Daily Planet, and he owns the WGBS network, uh, which is a a fake crypt, uh, Metropolis news network. Yeah, uh, and that's weird. It's a 24-hour news station in in the early 70s. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, something that didn't exist for like another. 20 years, really, or at least yeah, 10 with years. Yeah, Ted Turner, yeah. But uh, they were very ahead of their times. I, I, I really wonder about this. Also, I'm not positive, but I believe this is the first time we see Morgan Edge, although it's not the first time. I, I, th- I, think, that, I think that Daily Planet was bought by Edge Communications, but this is the first time we see Mr. Edge. We've heard of him, but never yeah, saw him. This yeah, is yeah. A, this, this is, this like is a, when it was all yeah folded into like the Galaxy Building. Yeah, like they had the television station and the and the paper. Yeah. And that 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 would become uh, much more going on into the 70s. Uh, in fact, yeah, all the way up until the crisis. But we're basically, I think, we're seeing it laid out here. So so uh, you know, Clark, who was typically a newspaper reporter, now he's a television broadcaster, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Edge tells him, you go cover this rocket launching that's going on, and I <laughs> sends him with nobody. You know what I mean? Like, just gives him <laughs> a camera. sets up his own camera. And just hop to it. Like, you, there's, there's, no, there's no information as to whether he even knows how to use the freaking thing, but, you know. Uh, I, I also love to, and I, you know, I think this is definitely a uh, sign of the times, but the clothes, the, the suits that Morgan Edge and uh, Clark are wearing, this, like... Mm-hmm. Pinstripe Oxford shirt with a white tie, like what nope. is he in the mafia? But I mean, this <laughs> this was this was that long way. cigarette. Yeah, no, it's it's a very <laughs> yeah. He's got like a cigarette and a holder, Morgan Edge yep. over here, and like a, a plaid shirt underneath. Like, yeah, that is the way people would have dressed in the office in the seventies. So you yeah, know, it's they like are, uh, the Bob Newhart show here. They are updating it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, right, the Bob Newhart. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he goes to the rocket launch and he's like, oh, this is gonna be rough. How am I gonna? change into Superman when I'm on the air. He realizes that there are commercial breaks. He can change into Superman during the commercial breaks because he's just that freaking fast. Uh, mm-hmm. While he's while he's doing his uh, setup, doing his reporting, he spies somebody kind of skulking around, looking suspicious. So when they cut to commercial break, he changes into his uh, Superman garb. And I, I always got to point it out, but they show that. Yeah. You know, and this used to be typical in all Superman comics. You would always see him change. You don't see that anymore. I don't know why. No. Uh, it just it just kind of happens from panel to panel. 
Anyway, he runs up on this guy uh, and says, what are you up to? He's actually holding an old school cell phone, which is kind of very very futuristic. Yes. Um, and the guy's like, thinks he's got a, he's all like smiles, got an ace in the hole. He busts out a lead line box that's just full of kryptonite rocks and says, I've got <laughs> kryptonite. I mean, I, wow, you know what I mean? Talk about being prepared. This guy came with a box, a shoebox full of kryptonite. You never know. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder if he had, like, you know, anti-bat spray and something to uh, stop Aquaman, too, while he, he was at He must it. have been a Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Be prepared. <laughs> uh, Superman takes the kryptonite from him. and This is a very iconic panel. Yeah, in front of it, in three panels, eats it, saying, hmm, not bad, <laughs> a trifle stale, and it could use a bit of salt, but all in all, a nice little snack. Mm-hmm. I think also if Daffy Duck had come up and said, he must not have been eating his iron. That would have worked also. <laughs> that that would have been, been good, fun. too. <laughs> now, uh, let's see. This fellow, he was uh, he was there signaling to uh, a couple of jets going up to take the rocket down. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were going to use the uh, technology for... Or they were going to try to sell the technology, right? They didn't want to take it. They didn't want to break it. They just yeah. wanted to sell the technology. I think they wanted, to, they wanted to grab the rocket and sell it yeah. to uh, foreign powers. Yeah, and they uh, these are these these ain't just little jets either. <laughs> these are these are like jumbo jets. Yeah, I, I, you know I'm not an expert. They look like with they guns. look like commercial <laughs> airliners though. Like I wonder are, are there passengers on this thing? But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So you got you got uh, you know peanuts and uh, and and little bottles of wine and mounted guns. That's right. <laughs> Full service. And uh, see Superman, he realizes he's a. Uh, He's more powerful than ever. He's taken their bullets. However, he tries to blast the uh, he tries to blast the engine yeah. <laughs> or one of the engines of the, these uh, planes with his heat vision, and it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't work. Um, I mean, it's still showing the little beam coming out of his eyes, but it's not. There's no power to it. Yeah, it just doesn't have enough focus, I guess. Yeah, and he's uh, he continues to fly, and he gets to that point where uh, where he landed in the sand and left a little imprint of himself, and starts to get a little woozy. He gets uh, you know, he's his powers are starting to. Or I don't know if his powers are necessarily starting to fade, but he's just getting real dizzy. Yeah. And uh, this is all due to the Sandman, though the Sandman Superman, who we see get up out of the impression, and it's a fully formed Superman sand critter, and yeah. he and he stomps away. And that's it, and that's how the uh, issue ends. This mysterious Superman made of sand that seems to rob Superman of his powers. There's no more kryptonite. You know, things have really changed. And then mm-hmm. we go into the actual arc here for Kryptonite Nevermore. Now, I'm going to be doing a lot of talking here because uh, yeah. I have these I've... issues collected in the DC Comics Classics Library Edition. Uh, and I was going to, I was tried, I tried, I was going to order that, but, uh, and, and I mean, it's very inexpensive on Amazon. It was only like $18, yeah. but it's all third-party sellers, so it's, uh, so it's, I, none of them had Prime, so I couldn't guarantee that they'd be here in time. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had it in time, but I, I will say it's this story, and even though I'm going to reveal it, I bet this uh, whets some of your appetites to read this one yourself, because it is a yeah. weirdo. Um <laughs> So yeah, you can find that. It's out of print, but you can find it on Amazon or through yeah. you know eBay. Probably it's not that not that difficult. No. So Superman number two hundred thirty four. That was February nineteen seventy one. It was titled How to Tame a Wild Volcano. Uh, Superman heads out to Boki Island to stop an erupting volcano. Actually sent by Morgan Edge, I believe. The island is owned by a crazy evil plantation owner who keeps shooting at Superman and says, "Get out of this is my land! Get out of here!" You know and. Uh, 
even though all the natives have left on longboats, like the, the volcano is erupting, they're pretty scared. Yes. And in this one, Sand Superman flies by a couple of times, which kind of messes him up, hinders his efforts. Uh, he basically he tries to stop the volcano two different ways and fails because uh, Sand Superman messes up his powers. But eventually he does. He saves the day. Everything is fine. Now, Superman number 235, March 1971. This one was called Sinister Scream of the Devil's Harp. This one's real weird. Musician <laughs> Ferlin Nisley, I think is how you pronounce it. Nixley? Nisley? Nixley or Nisley? I, I don't know. It's, it's a very, Say it backwards. Mi- very Mizzius Pitlick kind of name <laughs> yes. right here. Um, he gains possession of a magical harp with a devil's face on it, and it gives him individualized superpowers at the expense of Superman. So when he strums his harp and says, give me you know, super speed, he has super speed and Superman doesn't. Mm-hmm. Why it's connected to Superman, we didn't ever find out. Uh, of course, now that he's got a supervillain weapon, he's got to dress like a supervillain. he got to dress the part. So he puts on goat leggings and horns to look like a satyr, nice. and he calls himself the demigod Pan, who is a you know goat, half goat, half human uh, god from, I believe, from druid times. I mean, it's such a weird reference. Yeah. Uh, Superman chases Sand Superman earlier in the issue, even like running across water with him and like trying to keep up with him, uh, even though he's weakened the entire time, but he's still able to like cope with it somehow. It's, it's really unclear, like how weak are you getting Superman? Sure. Obviously, are you getting like a nosebleed or is it <laughs> debilitating? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Sand Superman saves Superman at the end by destroying the harp and then he walks away wordlessly as Superman stands wondering what is happening and who is this guy. Uh, Superman number 236, Planet of the Angels, is the name of the story. It's from April 1971. This one doesn't contain Sand Superman, but it's really bizarre. Uh, Just really quick, um, Superman does an experiment at the Forks of a Solitude that uh, it doesn't, it kind of brings him, it kind of shoots him across space through a wormhole where he lands on a planet where it seems like angels are fighting demons, but he realized that his mind has been controlled by these beings and he's seeing the things not as they really are and it's it's what they want him to see it's much you know I'm, I'm really not doing it service but the point of the story of why it's in here is because throughout throughout it you see superman just kind of like you know flying through meteors taking shots to the face you know he's like he, he is feeling all powerful and to be honest he's getting a little cocky about it he really is getting almost arrogant about how he can't be stopped and you know he's the strongest thing ever and uh, everyone should be on his jock, you know? So even though you don't see Sand Superman here, this is definitely, Superman is still changing as a character and, and yeah, being a lot more progression, fresh. Yeah. yeah. Then we move into number uh, 237 from May 71. And now I haven't read this one, but the notes are ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to do it service here. I, I, I tried keeping myself away from reading this one too closely because I wanted to be... I wanted to be fresh for it. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> this one's called Enemy of Earth, and uh, we got here. Superman rescues a jet plummeting from the upper atmosphere. Uh, the pilot keeps telling Superman not to save him. Remo- removing his helmet reveals that he's green and puffy looking, dead from a, a space disease. Uh, Superman encounters the sand. Superman reaches out to touch him, which causes a huge explosion, and his right hand goes numb, which is pretty crazy for Superman. Yeah. Um he falls into an office to find uh, everyone dead from the same pulpy face disease, and he assumes that it's his fault. I, I mean, this is this is something throughout the issue, is he keeps thinking that he's the reason, and, and it turns out, you know, without giving it all away, he, he is the reason, but I never understand why he knows this. 
Like, why do you think you're the guy? You're the yeah, only... he's not. He's not Peter Parker. He doesn't have that guilt. I, he shouldn't. But apparently, <laughs> he, does. he seems to absorb it all. Yeah. Yeah. So now he, he uh, he's all scared that he's going to contaminate everybody. So he flies away. Uh, Sand Superman is hanging out, hanging around nearby, almost taunting him. Yeah. Uh, at that moment, Lois Lane's plane is forced down somewhere uh, over South America, and uh, she's doing an army. Uh, she's doing a story on army ants. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like la- last week you get to cover the uh, you know attempted assassination of a uh, you know monarch, and this week sure. you can cover army ants. You know that's army fine. Ants, Why not? Yes. <laughs> now Superman swings in to check out the situation. Uh, Lois and her pilot they're kidnapped by bandits. At the very same time, army ants march toward their position, devouring everything in their path. Now, obviously, uh, Superman doesn't want to intervene with Lois and the pilot because he's afraid he'll infect them. He's afraid he's going to contaminate them, so, yeah, yeah. he goes after the ants, yep. Yeah, so he tries to stop those ants, but two ants touch his foot and grow to be about four feet tall. This doesn't feel like a story from the, the it, 70s. It doesn't, does it? It really doesn't. And when, you see the, and when you see the picture of the ants, they look like something that could have been drawn in 1958, believe me. They're sure. Like, they're like, they have like big googly eyes on them, and they look like they're going to... Shoot rocks out of their nose. It's very bizarre. Uh, Superman decides to try something. He, he throws a left jab at uh, one giant ant and a right uppercut at the other, knocking both of them out. But the one that took the jab has grown bigger, while the one that uh, he hit with his, le- his right hand is unchanged. So the one who got the left got bigger. Yeah. But well, uh, the, one, the one that got hit with the hand that went numb... When the when he touched, when he touched the sand, sand Superman. Superman, but it's like what the hell is <laughs> so by you know let me try punching these two giant ants in different ways you know that's the scientific mind of Superman everybody it's 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 empirically sound <laughs> and uh, and repetition works uh, Superman flies the ants into out of space out of space and uh, he's despondent about the fact that he is now a danger to humanity. Uh, now, due to the uh, due to that unpredictable nature of this this yeah. potential space disease, yeah, I guess. It, t- it turns humans into pulp and makes ants big. You don't know what's going to happen. It's, <laughs> it's a crazy disease. He's, he's got to start punching everything. To see what turns <laughs> up. Uh, now he uses his telescopic vision to see the bandits have knocked out uh, the, uh, Lois's pilot, and now she's stuck in the path of those army ants. So those army ants are heading to her. Yep. Uh, Sand Superman is also hanging out in space, which is pretty much keeping Superman himself kind of off balance. Yeah. Uh, now, somehow, Superman decides that the space infection on his right hand was cured by touching Sand Superman. So he, he goes in and then gives him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> a huge explosion sends Superman hurtling towards Earth. He lands, you know, conveniently right by Lois and the pilot. Of course. Uh Lois here is quoted as saying, Superman, what's wrong with you? Superman answers, never mind. Long story, Lois. Just hang on to my cape, tight as you can. I'm doing I'm doing the same as I've always done, saving your silly, precious life. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> asshole. What a dick. <laughs> uh, now, Superman, he's not fully powered. He's a little bit depowered. He grabs, grabs the pilot and tells Lois to hold on to his cape, leaps over the mountain in a single bound here, like normal. Uh, he faces the bandits. Uh, the, luckily, the bullets still bounce off his chest, and uh, he bends one of their guns, uh, but it's not as easy as it usually is. Uh, he actually uh, has to put a little bit of uh, elbow grease that's into right. it. That's right. A bead of sweat does form on his temple. That's it. Yes. Yes, uh, later he meets up with the Sand Superman, who's now colored in the uh, familiar blue and red instead of just being the, you know, the beige sand color. And he speaks. At this instant, you are weakened. You will recover, but not entirely. When you do, I shall be your equal, your exact equal. 
I am being woven from your mind, your heart, your soul. Can you not see? I'm you. And I fear that we may not both survive. So that is definitely the pinnacle issue of it's this coming arc. to a head. Yeah, yes. I mean, it, I, it, to be honest, it never get, it gets wacky at the end too, as we'll see. But it never gets this crazy. It's this one issue. I mean, there's like <laughs> there's like eight things happening in this issue, and you got your comics were not 120 pages in those days, folks. No. Like, they were still a lean 20 or 22, whatever they were. So uh, yeah, and, as a matter of fact, panel. now that I think about it, all these books. One thing I should mention: they all had a backup. So the, yeah, so they actually were like sixteen pages or something. Because <laughs> yeah, even the reprint comes with the backup. Yep, they. The, I, the, my edition doesn't have the backups, but I know they were all in there. So mm-hmm. you know, you, the, all this stuff is fit in a, in a pretty short space, and it's it definitely is very madcap. Uh, it goes on to Superman number two hundred thirty eight, June nineteen seventy one, Menace at a thousand degrees. This cover is by Carmen Infantino. Uh, Neil Adams did most of the covers. Of the of the books we're talking about, I think two of them were not done by him. This is one of them, but he did none of the interiors, just the covers. Um, to pick Superman pleading with Sand Superman, so there it's sort of the cats out of the bag. Sand Superman was did did feature on the second in this arc, the uh, the one that was about the volcano, but mm-hmm. this time he's really this interaction. He's like become his own character. I think uh, this one is a pretty innocuous, tame story. Superman takes out some. Oceanic terrorist criminals. There's a whole thing with a magma power source. I, I, don't really, I didn't really want to get into it, but hmm. uh, the point of this story really is that it shows Superman really at his, his 1938 power levels the whole time. He can't fly. You don't see him use any of the heat vision. You know, he's just sort he's of not like pushing planets out of the orbit. Definitely you know? not doing any of that. You know, yeah, he's, he he takes a bunch of. Uh, <laughs> Shots from a, from a boat at one point, and like it, it sort of it, it takes it out of him. He doesn't die. He doesn't, you know. But he talks about how it's it's left him winded. You know what I mean? Now he's got to uh, wait for the Coast Guard to come and wrap it up. Mm. So that's sort of the point of this one. San Superman does hang around. Uh, he's he's at the Fortress of Solitude, and Superman goes over there to ask him, "Can you help me thwart these uh, pirates?" And San Superman flat out refuses. He says, "Understand me." Although I am woven from your mind, your heart, your very soul, I am my own creature. I am not human. The affairs of mankind mean nothing to me. Uh, and for some reason in this issue, I'm going to say a coloring gaff. Hmm. Sans Superman seems to have lost a lot of his red and blue that he had in the last <laughs> issue. Uh, but yeah, I think that was just, you know, the colorists uh, didn't get the message or something. Sure. Uh, we go on to Superman number 240, July 1971. This is to save a Superman. And now we are coming to... Uh, the last act, I would say, in Kryptonite Nevermore. So now Superman is still, he's somewhat depowered. Um, seems to have a little little more power, but he still is not using his uh, heat vision or super breath or any of that stuff. Uh, he saves everyone from burning skyscraper. Uh, everyone lives, but he isn't strong enough to keep the building from toppling down. He tries, kind of puts his back against it, but he, he just doesn't have the strength and it falls down. And people are actually making fun of him. Uh, Morgan Edge, Jeez. Morgan Edge, definitely they wanted him to be the J. Jonah Jameson of the uh, of Metropolis. At this point, he was he was going to write a bunch of incendiary articles about Superman, which is something he kind of keeps up through a lot of the 70s. Uh, they kinda, yeah. they kind of make up towards the end for whatever reason. Because yeah, Perry was a, I think Perry White was too much of a lovable character. Oh, to, yeah, uh, I mean, he was like, he, he was like a Superman booster too. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? He like, was like a father figure. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's going to turn around and decide he doesn't like Superman all of a sudden. <laughs> so, uh, also, but people on the street are just saying, 
they're taunting him. People are actually freaking taunting Superman in the street. I mean, it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> a couple of construction workers are like, hey, Superman, you drop any buildings lately? <laughs> it's like, this is fucking Superman, dude. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> He's he's only saved the planet like five dozen times. Can he, At least. I think he can drop one building. We can we can let him go with that. Uh, <laughs> best is the anti-Superman gang is thrilled with this development. Now the anti-Superman gang is like such a Silver Age relic. Concept. It's a, yeah. The whole I mean it, it, a lot of these teams had their anti. There was an anti-Batman Crusaders. I think I know the challenges challenges the unknown had the. Uh, Anti-Chals or something like that. So wow. Challenger Yancey haters, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah same kind of thing. So it's like, <laughs> um, so for a reimagining to pull these guys out is really hilarious. Uh, they decide, you know, they can tell that Superman's depowered or something's wrong with him. So they they decide to rob a bank with a tank, and they're able to shoot him out of the sky and knock him out with the, with wow. this tank. So the you know they're like, wow, make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> now we get a little crossover. Uh, we talked about this, this before, but uh, you know, Wonder Woman had been depowered and was now just Diana Prince, super spy. And she had a kind of an attaché, this uh, hyper Asian fellow named I Ching, who had a, the wisdom of the ancient Orient. You know, he definitely had. He, I don't think he had a Fu Manchu, but he definitely had a wizened, wrinkled, uh, <laughs> racist, <laughs> racist Asian <laughs> face. Um, so they visit. They visit Clark Kent at WGBS. Uh, actually, just I Ching does. I'm sorry, Diana Prince isn't there. And Denny O'Neill wrote this book too. Remember, so he's just using mm-hmm. his own characters to cross over. Uh, tells him to come by that evening. I'll give you back your powers. And there's an informant for the anti-Superman gang overhears it. So when Kent goes later on, and they start, I Ching begins this magical rite that seems to lift a spirit, a ghost, out of Superman's body. The anti-Superman gang attacks. And they start beating on Superman's body, actually drawing bruises and, like, a little bit of blood out of his nose. Or, you know, he just looks, they're actually hurting him. Yeah. But Superman wakes up and is able to beat the crap out of them without any powers. And he actually feels (laughs) pretty good about it, you know, that, because, you know, Superman, even without his powers, he's a pretty buff dude, let's face it. He's a big guy, yeah. Uh, Moving along to Superman 241, August 1971. This is called The Shape of Fear. This picks up immediately from the last one. The first panel, they're in I Ching's sanctum with the hoodlums laying on the ground unconscious. So it's, you know, seconds later. Uh, Then I Ching actually does raise Superman's spirit from his body and tells it to find his powers. Uh, The spirit finds Sand Superman in a band shell in Metropolis Park. And... It's hard, you know, I, I can't really say what's happening. It seems like Sans Superman's attracted to Superman's spirit, or maybe he, it goes on its own will. You know, like a lot of this story, I'm not 100% sure what happens, but when they combine, uh, there's a big explosion, and Sans Superman falls to the ground, weakened, while the spirit flies back to Superman. Uh, a lot of word Superman here, but I hope, hope you guys can follow along here. Um, so Superman's spirit goes back to Superman, and he's all strong again. And to test that, he bends the steel girder. He rips the doctor's door off its hinges. He punches a meteor into pebbles. So one would think that if you can fly into space and live, you you're got, okay. You got your powers back. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I'd say you're pretty, you're pretty good. <laughs> uh, he builds a prison at super speed around a purse snatcher, and it really is hilarious. He like gets a gets like a gravel truck. And spreads the gravel. Then he gets a, a cement truck and like puts a, a foundation down. I mean, he literally builds an entire small prison around this guy as he's running away. That's and, he, great. and he also, uh, at, you know, 
the military is nice enough to shoot him, and he takes some anti-aircraft artillery right to the chest, and he's fine. So, the Superman's back, folks. You know, just as strong as he ever was. Uh, uh, even and there's still no kryptonite. Uh, Diana Prince and I Ching read about Superman's exploits with some concern. I Ching thinks he may have suffered brain damage during his fight last issue, and he only thinks he has his powers back, which, as you'll see, is a really weird thing to say. Yeah. Uh, I Ching with Diana uses a magic globe to track down Sans Superman, and then they find him, and Sans Superman tells his story. When the explosion that turned Kryptonite on Earth happened, it temporarily opened a portal to the dimension of Quarm. Mists from Quarm settled on Superman's body, and then in, into the sand depression he created when he landed post-explosion, so he became Sans Superman? Like, sure. th- is that an explanation? Does that make sense to everybody? Like, oh, okay. Oh, it was it was mist from Quorum. I wonder if these are related to Terrigen mist. Do you think they're the yeah, same? He might be an inhuman. Yeah. You think, yeah, you think it might be the, uh, the two mists to, from different worlds? <laughs> same mist, two names or something? Um, yes. Now he's dying while Superman is more robust than ever, so I guess it isn't brain damage. Like, why did I Ching even say that? Like, it's just a weird throwaway. Yeah, like comment. if it didn't end with like Superman still sitting, like drooling all over himself, or something, or like you know, or, or like severely injured by the fact that he tried to fly into space and punch a yeah. meteor. Like you think, you think he'd be lying on the on like the ground outside of a tall building, like uh, sure. freaking out. <laughs> so uh, Diana and I Ching take San Superman to Clark Kent's apartment to confront Superman, and when Superman sees him, he's like, "Yikes!" and flies out the window. <laughs> Sans Superman takes after him, and uh, but Sans Superman says, you know, it's probably just as well we didn't come in contact here because when we do, it's going to cause a massive explosion. So mm-hmm. it's it's nice that you guys brought them together. Like, why? What, what is the point of this? It's it's really strange. Uh, the quorum mists are still lurking around all of a sudden, and there's a uh, parade happening in in Metropolis's Chinatown, and it brings the statue of a Chinese warlord, which is actually called an Oriental warlord. And I always love to uh, <laughs> love to see little racist tidbits like that. Sure. Uh, brings it to life. It causes mayhem. It's beaten crap at everything. And uh, Sand Superman's presence is enough to weaken Superman so that he falls before this racist caricature. Now we are at the final issue of Kryptonite Nevermore. Superman number 242, September 1971. The Ultimate Battle. The warlord statue just beats the snot out of Superman, throws him against a car, hurls him over his head, and uh, it seems to take his power. It's not clear why, you know, all of a sudden it's just taking powers all of a sudden. Yeah. So uh, two hoods from out of nowhere, probably from the anti-Superman gang, just run up and start clocking Superman. It's hilarious. (laughs) Like in the middle of everything, and this this giant, you know, Asian warlord is still right there kind of just watching well, these two guys, good. these two guys are just like you know, punch them in the face and like a, you know, giving them a noogie and whatever, giving them an Indian burn. Uh, they had so they decided to hang out with the warlord statue. They got a, they had kind of common interest to commit some petty crimes uh, while Superman is rushed to the hospital. And these two guys actually sit on the shoulders of the warlord while Great. he walks around town. Like he's just kind of got like two buddies, two parrots on his shoulder. Uh, somehow I Ching understands everything as you might have expected, and he says. Ancient texts such as the Book of Cthulhu speak of an alternate dimension called Quorum, inhabited by creatures without form. When these formless ones cross into our plane of existence, they often become the shape of that which they first encounter. They also drain any extraordinary powers from those they meet. It's like, oh, 
So that's the the, the perfect the, sense. The mystery is we were missing a huge chunk of information. That's really what the <laughs> mystery is here. Uh, the hoods are cruising around town committing petty crimes with their demon. They call him a demon. And uh, they decide, you know, Superman's still prone in the hospital. I mean, let's go visit the hospital to kill him. And then for some reason, he gets his powers back. Again. What? what why? I don't really know. Um, beats the hell out of them, is able to dispense with the hoods and the, uh, you know, warlord pretty easily. But then we get the final showdown between Superman and Sand Superman, the moment that Chris has been waiting for. Sand Superman says, <laughs> I want life. I want to continue existing. I want to help people as you have done. I want to be Superman, and so you must die. Mm -hmm. And so I Ching sets it up, does a little wooshy wooshy magic, and so they can fight fight without sapping each other's power back and forth the whole time, which is apparently what happens when you're from Quorm. You just Mm -hmm. like powers are coming out of your body like uh, you know snot rockets. Uh, Their fight ultimately destroys the world, leaving Superman in space sobbing. Uh, you know, watching Superman cry is never a good thing, but this really no. is him racked with sobs, tears pouring down his face. Turns out it was all a trick. It was all a prank played by I Ching to teach Superman a lesson. And San Superman just leaves. That's it. Goes through a dimension. He's gone. Everything is fine. And everything is back to normal. Uh, kind of <laughs> ends like someone cut a fart in the room. We don't really, you know, it's kind of bizarre. Um, yeah, and that's that. <laughs> that's the end of Kryptonite Nevermore. It, and it seems like we we might have missed an issue here. Now, uh, Superman number two hundred thirty nine. That's right. If uh, eagle eagle eared listeners will notice that yes, we did not mention <laughs> that, we, that. That we did not mention that one. That's uh, July nineteen seventy one, and that was uh, skipped because it was an issue. Just it was full of reprints, uh, including a uh, Titano the Super Ape story and uh, the showdown between Luther and Superman, where they actually uh, they actually go to a planet under a red sun and they they box. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of like a Superman and a, a old Muhammad Ali there. Yeah, it's like four years before that happened, but you know. Yeah. I guess it's not that it's not that crazy of a plot line. Like, how else nah. are you gonna fight Superman when you're a human? You pretty much have to. That's the way I thought they. That's the way I thought they should have done. Uh, conceived a child with a Lois. <laughs> that just makes sense. Yeah. Moved to a red sun planet. Let her stay there for the whole uh, gestation period, and so he does. She doesn't get a whole kick through her. The, 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 and, the thing uh, is, though, under the red sun, he's, he has no stamina. Stamina. You know what I mean? <laughs> just getting it up is tough. He's like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, let me let me look at this magazine for a while. <laughs> and uh, Carrie Bates scripted uh, Superman number uh, 243, and it pretty much wipes away everything here. Yeah. Uh, and t- Kryptonite is is brought back to being a threat. I mean, you know, a lot of times there are retcons that happen, and they happen over a couple of issues or like half a year. This yeah, literally, four weeks the, later, the very next issue, <laughs> screw that whole storyline you just read. It was too stupid for words, and uh, it just wiped away by the next writer. Yeah, it's before we had Elseworlds. So That's right. Like, crap, this still counts somehow. we got to fix this. Um, now, uh, the Sandman, uh, yeah, I don't know if we saw any more of him in the pre-crisis world. I don't think we did. I don't believe Do we? we did, no. But uh, uh, we have a little bit of a reintroduction to the Sandman character in the post-crisis. And the first one we're going to talk about here, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of an ancillary uh, title here, uh, or an ancillary chapter in this kind of a discussion. It's Adventures of Superman number 443 from August 1988, which was written by Jerry Ordway with art by John Statema. And uh, 
basically Superman fights a sand creature. And uh, this was, this story was originally intended for a, a 1988 Superman annual that was used to, uh, used to, as a fill-in here or as a filler. Uh, I've heard a few different uh, a few different theories as to why, and uh, most of them really focus on John Byrne leaving the super titles, and they just needed something to fill it. Yeah. Uh, and this is a longer issue. This is 30 pages, no no ads. So oh, wow. it's a uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty telling. Now, like I said, no not no real association with the Sandman Superman, but it's usually brought up in the conversation. I think it's a lot of it is fan theorizing and postulation. Well, he, um, he, fight, he fights sand beings. Yeah, and right. he goes to a different dimension. Yeah, so. which um, I don't know if that's if that was a quorum. Quorum. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know hours, if that's. Folks. Yes, I don't know if that's maybe the post-crisis version of that. Um, a very poor issue, in my opinion. It yeah. was just not 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 hot. Um, but then a few years later, in Superman Special Number One, it's a 1992 special written and drawn by Walt Simonson. This is a flat-out homage to the O'Neill story. I mean, it even down to certain panels being repeated. Yeah. The, uh, the you know Superman chowing down on the kryptonite rock and saying it needs salt is in there. Um, now the same same deal. Sand Sand doppelganger Superman siphons a bit of his power. Uh, the cover itself, uh, instead of saying kryptonite nevermore, it says kryptonite no more. Which I think and, is how I must have seen it, you know. Because, like I say, my, to my memory, that's the, that's what the name of the story was at first, <laughs> and then I was obviously wrong. But I think I think I must have conflated this with the original somehow. Oh, no, it's mind. easy to do, yeah. yeah. And in this one, uh, it, it trying to make it more an actual Superman story rather than a science fiction story that just happens to have a Superman in it. Lex Luthor is the one behind uh, behind the kryptonite neutralization here. He's trying to synthesize it for his own means, and he accidentally makes it makes it into iron. Wow, it almost makes some kind of sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now this uh, the sand skinned energy parasite. He appears to die at the end. And what's interesting about this is this kind of opened up a uh, possibility for uh, like a get out of jail free card among fans for uh, you know a few months later Doomsday hit you know the yeah. death of Superman story happened and uh, people you know theorized that you know kind of like uh, what happened uh, across the street at Marvel it wasn't the it wasn't the real Superman who survived this it was the Sand Superman it was who survived Ben Riley yeah yeah Ben Riley got killed by <laughs> Doomsday uh, so uh, you know with Superman somewhere in stasis and uh, very interesting theory I miss that kind of talk nowadays everything is spoiled so far in advance yeah, now no, we don't have that anymore. It. Um, now, uh, Walt Simonson himself, he ultimately shot this down, uh, said the story was commissioned way too far in advance to have anything to do with that story. Uh, he just took a little bit longer working on it, which is why it was released in, in such close conjunction. It was originally intended for Superman Annual Number 3 from 1990. Oh. And, uh, yeah, because I think, like, 88, 89, and 90, or 89, 90, and 91, there were no annuals. Um, That's because Walt Simonson was dragging his feet. That's it. <laughs> dragging his pencil. And uh, you know, newer listeners, some new fifty-two listeners here uh, might uh, might remember the Sand Superman showing up in Action Comics Futures and Number One with a nice moving cover, where uh, you tilt it one way at Superman, you tilt it the other at Sandman Superman. That's right. That happened November of two thousand fourteen, and this is five years later, as as the entire story, the series was. Uh, Clark is off on walkabout, trying to grow some plants on infertile land. The Sandman critter uh, presents itself to him, trying to inspire him to get back into the heroing game, or threatens to take over himself, I believe. I believe so, yeah. 
And ultimately, the Sandman Superman, Superman sacrifices itself, fertilizes the land. You see, you know, little buds coming out of the ground, and it's beautiful. Oh, it's it's it's. And cool. just like everything from the future's end, it was never talked about ever again. Like it just it happened in the, in a vacuum, and no one gave a shit. I mean that that version of Superman didn't make it five more years, did he? It's, he definitely didn't. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know, you know. In the end, it was all wiped away because uh, Tim Drake went back in time. The whole thing was so yeah. poorly mishandled. But it was nice to see San Superman back again. And I remember, yeah. I remember saying like, "Oh man, it's the Superman from Kryptonite Nevermore." And I was really disheartened that so nobody many people else. online knew, knew nobody knew what I was talking about. Didn't even, I don't think they even mentioned the uh, Walt Simonson one. Which I guess, you know, it's no big crime. You don't have to go back and read your old comics. But, you know, we here on the Cosmic Treadmill, we like when you do it's that. It's kind of so our gimmick. It's kind of our thing. <laughs> um, if that's your thing or if it's not your thing or if you want to tell us what we got wrong or suggest another comic to read, uh, you should definitely write us, write to us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. And I'm at Ace Comics. And I'm going to tell you, every week, and especially this week, you should go check out Chris's blog. Chris is on infiniteearths.blogspot.com. Uh, you just reviewed that Ordway Yeah, issue, Adventures right? 443. Yeah, um, I did that one. And, today. you know, you, you might see this uh, kryptonite, this very issue, uh, Superman number 233, show up pretty soon, I have a feeling. Uh, but really, every day there's a new review for a DC comic. Really very entertaining. Often weird stuff that you would not expect to uh, see reviewed yeah. necessarily. <laughs> the uh, reviews, nobody, nobody, nobody's asking for these. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody asked, nobody wanted, but here they are. Uh, but really, go, go check that out, and uh, definitely send us a note, let us know what you think, and uh, I think that's it for us this week. We got anything else for the people, Chris? No, I think we've, uh, I think we've gone on long enough. I think we have, so from the... Uh, <laughs> Depths of Quarm, we want to tell you to keep it on the the treadmill cosmically. See ya. Flash reviews. Yeah. Flash reviews, we have a couple. This is going to be quick and painless. We do have What's a couple. What's the first one, Reggie? First one is Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys, number four, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Frank Thierry, art by Morissette and Hi-Fi. The gang of Harleys tracks Harleys into the island of horrible death, where something awaits them. I can't quite remember what it was, uh, but surely there's something in store something. for the gang there. <laughs> oh, yeah, horrible death. Also wow. featuring a parody of Donald Trump. Of course. That, that's about it, right? That pretty much was it. It was good. I liked it. Uh, you know, I, solid issue. Been uh, consistent throughout the whole series. I'm not saying much because I'm desperately trying to find the other Flash review as we talk. I did not read this. <laughs> I guess I'm not saying it? much because I did not read it either. Yeah, I, I didn't read yeah. it either. It's This is one of those books that is odd. The timing should have been better where that ended as the rebirth started. I agree. Crossover. Yeah. It's very odd. But considering, it, it, considering Harley Quinn had the least rebirth title, I mean, they basically just renumbered it, you know. So, yeah. If, if you're like, you know, as I always say with all the flipping Harley stuff, if you're on the Harley train, 
this is just more of the scenery for you to look at. But you know, if you don't, if you don't give a shit about the main book, well, you're definitely not going to care about this. You know, this is the this gang is, of Harleys. This but is this, extended, an extended Harley cut. This yes. is better than Harley Quinn and Power Girl, though, right? Oh yeah, I did okay. definitely big time. Well, uh, I mean, there's there's a, there, there's a there's a story going on at least that's uh, coherent, <laughs> so that's something. Yeah, and and it isn't just nonsense that just ends with nothing happening. Well, well we don't know yet. They could wipe everything away in the sixth yeah. issue, and they'll be like, "Oh, now we're on planet. Fuck, suck my dick." You know, yeah, Patrick Duffy walks out was. of the shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the second one. The second one on Flash Reviews is an odd one because it didn't come out this week. It comes out next week, but Eric doesn't like odd numbers in the. Nope. In the Flash review, so we're throwing it on. It is Suicide one Squad. One is the most loneliest wanted. number, Jim. Yes, Suicide Squad most wanted. El Diablo and Boomerang number one. An El Diablo story written by Jay Nitz with art by Cliff Richards. The burning ex gang members that decide what? What the hell does this say? Jody wrote this. I don't know what the freak. Uh, and when I see Nitz too, I later Nitz. But uh, yeah, I'm going to start again. I don't know what Jody wrote here. An El Diablo story written by Jay Nitz with art by Cliff Richards. The burning ex-gang member demands to be let go from Task Force X. But when Amanda Waller refuses, Uncle Sam, one of your favorites, Reggie, right, Uncle Sam? Oh, big time. Yep, comes in and pulls him out of Bell Rev. He explains to El Diablo that Checkmate needs him for a mission that involves his expertise, but also lets him choose whether he joins or goes home. What will he pick? If you wanted to learn more of El Diablo like I did, that's Jody, not me. Anybody here want to learn more about El Diablo? Uh, I can stand to learn seriously. a bit. Yeah, no. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be against it, but I did think I, you were talking about my Uncle Sam. Yeah, no, not your Uncle Sam. Not your yeah, Uncle Sam. Samuel Screech Powers. Samuel Screech. <laughs> this is a good starting point. You learn more of his background and his personality. Granted, though, more telling than showing. The art's pretty good, but I especially love the creative use of panels meshing with the overall image. While this doesn't have nonstop action, it's a good setup for what I think will be a good story. And Captain Boomerang's story, written by Michael Morrissey. Is that Morrissey or Morakai, maybe? Morakai? With art by Oscar Basil Duya. We find our Australian rogue left behind in South America after a mission goes south. Now Digger Hawkins Harkness has to find a way out before he gets destroyed by an army of very hostile metahumans. While the story seems like a very simple run, the most story, the thing that drew me in was the character of Boomerang himself. He has the charisma and wit to make this journey a fun time. While the art was pretty good, the character design of Boomerang's partner throughout the series left much to be desired. While it might not show me something new with the character, I'm more ready than ever to go on this fun ride with our Boomerang-wielding task force member. He gave both stories a 3.5 out of 5, with the whole comic being a 7 out of 10. There you go. So if you went and saw that freaking Suicide Squad movie and wanted to know more about El Diablo and Boomerang in a comic that probably has nothing to do with the characters in the movie... (laughs) Then you can join in. But yeah, DC let this out to review early so they could get on the Suicide Squad uh, hype train. The trolley. Yeah. yeah. yeah I Smart move by it. them. I paged through it. I actually think that it might be a little bit of a, uh, a thing that they want to put it out before too much bad publicity goes out oh. for that Suicide Squad movie. And then people forget about it. But yeah, shall see. I'll but, read it yeah. next week when it comes out. Yeah, you, <laughs> you will not be reading it. And I won't fit. either. I'll never even read one page of it. I paged through it, and the art looked okay. But it's just like that other Suicide Squad first one. Did you read any bit of that Katana uh, Deadshot one? Yeah, I read the first issue. Did you read it? It was terrible. It was awful. 
So I read, I read that katana and I was done. The katana part was was nonsense, yeah. and the Deadshot stuff was okay. And then it got a little crazy because then they put <laughs> the ad like that Will Smith type guy that didn't yeah, look yeah. like Will Smith. But that is Flash Reviews. And we're back. Blood. What are you? What What are you doing? Blood. Blood. The lines. Lines. Are Are we the only ones talking about this book? There's, yeah, seriously. Definitely. Yeah. This uh, is and it. why? Because I really enjoy it, and it, it's it was never a, a huge seller. But boy, people have really fallen off. They have I walked just, away from it. I don't know why. Rebirth yeah. starts, and then people. Why? It's weird. Why not but finish it off? Especially something that isn't in the quote unquote, you know, full out continuity. Though it could you. be. But also, yeah. that's that's also you know finite. You know, it's only six issues. So I feel like if if you went along three issues and you liked it that much, exactly, you don't yeah. might as well just run down the back end. What's what's the big deal? You know, yeah, that would drive me nuts. It would me as well. But well, what are we talking about, Reggie? We're talking about Bloodlines number five, written no. by J.T. Krull, art by V. Ken Marion, Sean Parsons, Andrew Dollhouse, and Soto Color. The entire town of Pine Ridge is under the spell of that old Bloodlines magic, and it's leading them to their doom. Duncan and the gang behave more as a team, and Blake's power continues to confuse the hell out of me. Later, within the gigantic tentacle monster's lair, the impact site for the Bloodlines meteor, Blake appears to turn evil. Yes. Yes. Which is what happens. Yeah. I, when they get to that meteor, I thought it was like a really odd uh, version of Pokemon Go. It really show up there. <laughs> I was like, what is going on there? Pokemon it looks Go. like Woody Woodpecker's hair or something. Yeah. It's like a really weird uh, spaceship meteor, but I guess it's, you know, to make it look like it's made by some kind of intelligence. Uh, I, I like this issue. And I like it because it did continue that whole. I, I don't know. We've, we've said about the horror movie vibe that it had. I don't know what this one really stressed it to me with with yeah. the flash more flashbacks and stuff. And Duncan is a badass. He's the oh, best. God. He is the He's, best character in this. I, I love. I'm saying though, his flip flopping though between I'm gonna kill you guys. All right, we're cool. Never mind. I'm gonna kill you. It <laughs> got on my nerves. A you know bit. what? I, it didn't get on my nerves because I really don't think he wants to kill anybody but Blake. I think he just wants I, to kill Blake. Yeah, he he wants to kill Blake. Then when it almost is like he's so centered on Blake, and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And then Eddie comes over and is like, Hey, why don't you kill me? I'll do it. And he's like, He snaps out do of it fuck. then. The minute Eddie walks by, he's, he sees Blake again. He said, I know you're going to go bad. I, I can't kill no white child. <laughs> yeah, really. And Eddie, I, yeah, I even really like that, where Eddie jumps in. He's like, hey, you know, I think Eddie just wants to die. Yeah. You know, he, well, really, he was already he, miserable even before. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's got a miserable for it anymore. Unless a big blue monster. Yep, yeah, a big blue monster. And that's where I kind of do like this 
uh, because of that as well. We got the idea that, say, just Eddie himself, he turns into this big blue monster and he can walk and all, and we thought this was going to be like oh man look at me I'm no yeah. they are not happy with it they know what's going to be coming about and yeah it looks like right now uh, hopefully well, we're going to get in you know the next issue the final issue where they can be cured I'm not so sure anymore they might just all die no, just but I mean, the maybe town. they'll be able to stall it so that they only have the powers but they don't turn into the murderous yeah demon and, monsters and really because especially with Duncan there he's really stressing that there is no better alternative. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually, but maybe That's what I like, too, about this issue. It's very low-key for the first half, but we just have the whole crew just hanging out. and like like In in between the issues, we had the exposition dump on them, so we didn't have to run through it again, and now they're just waiting for the second foot to drop. Like, all right, shit's gone bad. It's going to get worse. So what the fuck are we going to do, guys? Hey, I'm Eddie. Blow my fucking brains out. Yeah, blow me up. And I really do like how Duncan just basically, we get a little more of that backstory with his family. I think it was very well done. That oh, yeah, it was there. really quick. Like you there's said, a good, There's out. a good amount of uh, development here, though, yeah. you know, and uh, but not over, not overdone. It's not ridiculous. You no, know? because like, he, cool. and really, Duncan just, he's another guy just waiting to die. <laughs> his, yeah, his pretty family, much. His family's yeah. dead. He just yeah. wants to be killed in action. Yeah, he just yeah, he wants to have a good death. He wants yeah. to go down fighting. Blaze of glory and all that good yeah, shit. Yeah, and I like it. I really do like it. Now, and... one one problem I had while reading this because obviously it seems like Duncan is just wants to kill Blake at, at any given point. Oh yeah. And yeah. then they talk him out of it and he's like, "Sorry, son." I'm like, "Is that what it is? Is, is Blake your son?" <laughs> well, I actually what a wrinkle. To me, I actually thought that they showed that flashback so that uh Duncan actually sees a bit of his son in in uh what's his name in Blake. That's where I think that they were going. And not that he says son. He's a monster. He just you know I think that he's just mad. And also I don't know. You would get the idea that Duncan would even be mad if say say Blake doesn't turn at the end. It looks like he does. But say say all these guys are well off, and he thinks to himself, you know what, my wife and kid. Why the hell did they get consumed, and you fucking pieces of crap can keep going? And I just, I think that he's actually just waiting, hoping that they, so he could just pull that goddamn trigger and move on. His humanity has been stripped away. This man is just a pure weapon. Yes, you know, it's like me. and uh, it's like when he me. gets his solo series, I want to review. <laughs> You're a weapon of oh the fag. I, he is. Uh, yeah, he is. I love him. He's so great. I love him. He's the best. That's why I called it Duncan and the Gang. He's basically running the show, as far as <laughs> yeah. I'm concerned. You know, but I, I really did feel like there was a little bit of conversation between members of the team that get to know each other without, you know, in an obvious way that we're supposed to take yeah. for granted that they're getting they're bonding. But yes. not over, not overdone. They don't no. spend a ton of time. It wasn't bad at all. Even when they're yeah. walking out into the street, and Albert just says, "Hey, I need to ask you a question about being invisible," because I forgot yeah. what Albert's power was. Going yeah, on. So, yeah, okay, I did was too. Real quick. I'm back in. Yep, and it was yeah. funny too because they have he's a asking. Funny exchange. It's cool. He's yeah. asking uh, Blake. And he's like, hey, I got a question. Uh, is it trespassing if you're invisible? Yes. Uh, what yeah, a, yeah, yeah, it'd be breaking and entering. I really like it. Okay, yeah. good to know. It's and really yeah, I forgot to. Back in the story. I'm with you. And then there's uh, Eddie and Dana, and they're kind of, you know, getting chummy, but not too much. It really wasn't forced. I really did like it. Then they turn the corner, and then again, 
it's it's one of those things, and I don't know if it's because when the Rebirth books are coming out, we're getting them every two weeks now, that it's like, oh, I, I never have a problem. But this, I did have a little bit of a problem where I had forgotten kind of what happened. But I then forgot again, yeah. I'm right in. I see these zombies, and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, and then I realize right. when they show, okay, I remember the, the church and all that. And uh, I like when Dana sees Stu. Hey, Stu, what's I know. he just yeah. slaps her it, upside the head. Right upside the fucking head. <laughs> Crack, you know. It was so you know, good. It's, I use sometimes when I review, you know, an issue, I go back to the, my review of the last one to kind of re- remind myself. Yeah, but yeah. I purposely left off the end where the priest commands the whole yes, the priest thing. I, I wrote some bullshit at yeah. the end, like, I'm not going to tell you the end. And I was like, well, fuck, what the hell? And but now I did, you were I like, God remember. damn it. Yeah. Now, uh, when once we, get we to the saw priest, the priest, though, I remember. I was a little bit thrown off because it's like, oh, these guys, they want to stop us. I'm like, stop you from what? I don't even know what you're doing yet. They don't even know who the fuck you are. What are you talking yeah. about? Stop you. And I guess this is uh, where I want it to be a little bit forced. Tell me what's going on well, now. And, and really, it ends up it really to me. It stopped them from just walking to the, you know, the area Shit, where the, yeah. the thing came. We find out later. Uh, but even that, I like it because you get these zombies. Yeah. Dana gets slapped and, and there's the fight, but it is the, the, uh, the priest controlling them a bit. And then you get to see all of them fight. And yet they don't want to hurt the people because they know these people are innocent. So yeah. even, uh, Blake yells to Dana, you know, don't use your, your, uh, blades. And she's like, you know, she can take care of herself. Uh, I really do like that panel though. Where it's right after, like they're gonna, they're trying to stop us, and then you get that one panel where uh, V. Ken Marion's art, where you're getting the beginnings of them transforming and oh, doing I their. Oh, I'm looking at that right so now. I like that too. Yeah, that like, was awesome. He is so like awesome. standing on his own. He's starting yeah. to get more muscular, but he's not blue yet. Blake's powering up, and Albert's almost invisible. Albert's becoming invisible. It's so good. And, Although and now, I really can like... someone explain to me what's that? What what's Blake's power? He can kinetically charge things, and he then apparently blast as well. Yeah, it yeah. also spew out like plasma. Yeah, out of I don't know. It what that seems is. like it seems like an energy plasma. That is, I don't know. What I always considered him like Gambit charging up things kinetically, but in this one, it does take a turn where his powers is this becomes shooting shit out of his fucking. Maybe hands. he's like kinetically he charging the, the air hose. Yeah, he's charging air. But well, yeah. Like, I, I'm saying though, like when after they defeat these guys and Eddie just knows, like because of his power, where everybody's going, he just has this idea of where they're going. Maybe it's with Blake as well, where uh, he is changing as we see at the end of this. Yeah. Month. He's becoming yeah, like one of the monsters. Part. Yeah, maybe his power, when his Eddie power is knows, just evolving, and he yeah. knows it, but just goes with it. But uh, even so to I mean, the point where it's I not, love... it's, not like, it's not like it's it's not like breaking my heart, but I just keep, oh, no. I just find it funny that like. I understand all of their powers. They're all pretty yeah. much cut and dry, except for Blake. It's like, what do you do? I don't really understand. Yeah. You, you make shit explode. You make shit yeah. disappear. What do you know? I have you do to say, value? too, uh, Albert, I all, you know, basically up until now, the only thing that we got of what he was going to do with the power is go peep yep. and yeah. possibly Perfect. break and enter. And yeah. I like this. He turns invisible and goes and clocks that goddamn fucking priest. And I did like also how the priest too for the amount of yeah, blood coming out. He had round. to have jumped in the air. He's a short <laughs> fella. He's he needs a step ladder. Yeah. But uh, and I like the priest and even like that call out by Albert. Like, oh, you got uh, mind control and telekinesis. I really like that. And and yeah. again, this might be something where, like you said, Eric, where it's like this priest is is gone past like the point so he has two powers because you know he's like two chains he's yeah. got two because he is he's getting more and more because yeah then after this fight they, they saying, go off 
saying though, even with that Albert bit where it kind of seems like a forced line, oh, you have te- like telepathy and telekinesis. It works for me because even in the beginning of this issue, we see that Albert is so fascinated and wants to talk yeah. about these powers yes, the entire time. Yes, he really time. is. He so it is, is not forced for that character. No, yeah, I don't it think it is exactly at all. exactly the way he is. Yep. And again, a- another sort of book or another uh, guy writing might be like have the priest like yelling that to people. Yeah. Like, look at me. I've got – and you'd be like, nobody would do that. Why would you announce your powers in this? I, li- I really do like it. And I like how the priest just shows where Albert is by getting the uh, fire like, Getting him wet. And, yeah, I really, and even uh, that, I like the water going onto him, and he's he's sort of coming into play. From we all saw in Predator, if you get wet, you can no longer be invisible. Exactly. That's right. You can't. That it shorts it out. But yeah, then they all get attacked. They all end up under rubble then because the priest priest is pretty kick ass. I mean, uh, I'm not really even sure what happens here either. Yeah. It looks like it looks like Drake touches him, and that causes like some kind of a green nuclear yeah explosion. I, I, I couldn't tell you. But this is the, this is the weirdest part of the book for me because everything goes dark after Eddie gets a building collapsed on him. Yeah, but and when it, he finally it looks like out, the whole yeah half the town fell on him. Yeah, everybody's gone though except for our heroes and nobody yeah. knows what happened. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of weird. You never really explain that in this issue, but this but is, you that do. is the worst they part. You kind of the do book. explain it. They all well, they, 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 they you know what I'm saying. By, yeah, well, that's what they were doing when these for, guys for showed up. Know, like I have no idea where they went. Yeah. But I, it ends up where when he goes to do it. But I like that because when they show up and the priest is walking with the things, these, this priest has no concern. None of these people have any concern with these people, with our yeah. heroes. Uh, they just want to get to the site. And so when they get him out of the way, they just walk away. I actually like that because they weren't these crazed out zombies. They're just being mind controlled by the priest who's making them or even they're even more you know, into it where they're also getting drawn like Eddie knows where he, he thinks he knows where yeah. they've gone. They're all just being drawn to where that, uh, you know, the meteor site or whatever. Yeah. And I, I do like it. Just the way it's presented here, though, it really seemed to me like from reading it, I was like, OK, they disappeared. Maybe I don't yeah. really know. Well, that's why I like, really, see what you're saying because, transition. because we, we just, so yeah. we have an explanation for why Eddie is blacked out, but not really why the rest of the team did. And if, yeah. and if those guys got buildings dropped on them, they'd be dead. Yeah, you know, it, so it, actually, it is a little I don't know. It, it looks like weird. they were looking around. I don't know. To me, when this happened, there was that big explosion. They were knocked down, and those people just started walking again. Like you would it's, just it's, see them walking through the streets. And, and maybe that no explosion concern. pushed them so far away. Maybe. From, Everybody, yeah. yeah, that they that they were just out of sight. No, I just found it odd while reading. No, when I was reading it, I actually thought like I thought that was pretty cool. Like, oh my god, what happened? Uh, maybe that, and I even thought at one point maybe all these people got blown up as well. And then when he's like, I think I know where they went. And then when you find out where they went, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool because these aren't typical like zombies. They're not going around eating people's brains or attacking anymore. They're no. just heading to this place because we do find where they go to this crater. They ate the it wrong is crazy. hot dog. Yeah they, yeah, they did that. And also, they're, uh, <laughs> what is that? Uh, I don't know. What, what Pokemon would that be? Because it looks like a big fire head. It looks like I don't know. One. Yeah, actually, I said it looked like the hair to a Norfin troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can d- see that. Right? You remember that? Uh, and I forget. I wish I could remember that one skateboard company had the one with the flaming head. Oh, I know head. you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, it I looked like remember. to me. Uh well, I just want to know, oh. when we're going to this alien craft, if we want to call it that, why would Eddie turn back to human to freaking hike into the woods with his goddamn crutches? Yeah, I, I think that maybe he can't because control Because he's it. handy-capable, Eric. Yes, <laughs> he, he is, Eric. What is he? Why are you so himself. bad? 
Eric doesn't. He just saying, doesn't like cripples. He's I don't. Asshole. I really don't. It's funny too because when they get to the crater, then you look and he becomes blue again. He's yeah. the big blue monster again at the crater. I don't uh, need help. Maybe that's what it is. He's just like, listen, I can do this. I can go. He's like him macking me. That guy in the fucking wheelchair. Oh, he's freaking, oh, he's doing that. I love that movie. Don't we all love Mac and Me? This that's is why, that's why you're eating the fucking big box twice that's a week. Right. That's right. Dancing it up. Dancing it up. But yeah, they <laughs> they get to the um they get to the crater and even then I, I do like the dialogue between them because Blake's like, Hey, you know, these sound like famous last words. Ah, shut up, Blake. I mean <laughs> I was gonna you. say Eddie sort of does explain why he's not blue as he walks up the hill. He's like he doesn't want to think about this parasite. Inching yeah. up towards his brain, it's like he's yeah, maybe that's what it is. Depressed. He's also, you know, he's a sad sack. Also, he's at a, one point, uh, Albert says things, and he gets to hit Albert <laughs> with his crutch. Yeah. Uh, you know, those crutches come in handy. He hits Albert in the fucking arm with him. That's fucked up. <laughs> so good. Uh, but then they go in and to, they get. I used to have a cousin. Actually, I guess I still have a cousin. I just haven't seen him in like thirty years. But now he's dead he, now, man. He had a wooden leg when oh, I was. Oh, really? Uh, that's why you didn't like him. He had a wooden leg. Poor guy. Well. He would he would kick all of us, all the oh, other really? family the wooden members, legs? fucking sure. wooden leg until I, I, you know, we had to beat the hell out of him. And did you did. ever take his leg and and try to get him being the one legged man in the ass kicking contest? You ever you try know, that? Looking back on it, I don't know why we didn't just grab his fucking leg away from just him. Just fucking yeah. grab his leg and hit him over leg. the fucking head with it. You didn't in his or something because you stupid. you you probably would get in trouble. Because I failed to. A lot of people like that. Like Story a lot of, of my people, life. Well, it happens to me all the time when I meet guys with wooden legs. They're always taking advantage of people feeling bad for them. Then they're assholes. We, we had a yeah. guy in high school. Yeah, we had a guy in high school who had a cane, and he would be like, he'd walk around. He could barely fucking walk. He was fucking shaky. I, I think he got in an accident where like a, a fucking uh, tool, like a fucking big ass wrench, hit him in the back of the head, and uh, he would be like, say the teachers there. You know, you're all in class. The teacher's there, and he'd be like, oh, you know, almost like, do you have a shilling, ma'am? And that, the minute the freaking teacher would like, God bless us all. And then the teacher would leave the room, and he'd turn around and go, I'm going to fucking kill you. And, and then would try to hit you with the cane. Oh and I told God. Eric about this. My buddy Brett then grabbed the cane and fucking sawed it in fucking shop class. Sawed the cane in like six pieces and threw it out. Wow. Yeah. Didn't even and get then, in trouble either. And what did that kid have to uh, be airlifted home? I don't know. I really didn't, don't care. Didn't the guy's Brett name also was Jimmy too? The, didn't Brett also run no, through the school with a freaking tr- Jamie ran through the school with a fucking uh, track starter uh, pistol, starting pistol yeah. and was p- pretending to shoot up the place. Yep, had a, uh, a freaking mask, ski mask over his head, shooting off a starter pistol, yelling, I'm going to fucking kill her. Not fucking, I'm going to kill everybody. And it was a big joke. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Look at him. Those were, that those little scamp. Class yeah. clown Jamie. Look at that scamp. Yeah. What a time. <laughs> freaking crazy. What but yeah, uh, Duncan continues being a badass. <laughs> oh, and I don't know about, about comics. you. They're in, they're in this crater. And I really thought that this was going to be the point where you found out that Duncan was also infected. I, I, when oh. he has that, when he had the uh, torch, I really did think that the torch would go out and he'd have some fucking glowing shit or something. He'd, and be, he'd be all like, like "Holy yeah, shit!" Faced, yeah, yeah. No. I really He's thought that he was going to be John Carpenter's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was infected. Dog face came out of his. He neck. was, and I yeah. like that. Uh, Dana gets to use her power. She's like, oh, cool. you know, yeah, everyone gets the power up. Yeah, I think I think if if the bloodlines parasite tried to get Duncan, he would just shit it right out. I mean, it would, yeah. you know what I mean? It would, 
He would just yeah. shit it right. I eat parasites and shit out. Fuck you, parasite. Yeah, and you he, then he would turn around and shoot it in the toilet bowl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they get to this uh, kumbaya uh, thing going on, and there are innocent people there. There's this crazy alien uh, that looks like it's, you know, the thing controlling everybody. And they're, they're yes, going to yeah. attack. Uh, they actually kill a guy. And then Duncan changes. Junk, Duncan seems to switch. Though, you know, we're left as that with a cliffhanger. I don't know that. Because if he is changed, he's getting a bullet right in the face. It's well, like yeah, Deadshot. Blake, Blake switches, not Duncan. Yeah. What's that? Blake switches. Blake switches. I, but yeah. Duncan's going to kill him if oh, yeah, he is, gonna, in fact, switched. Yeah, Duncan's going to kill him in the instant that if he is. I don't think that he's actually I also changed. admit that all the people hanging, uh, Eddie says right here, it's too late there for is. those ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah, they've already been the face So there's already, like, fucking, you know, 400-plus people dead. Is that the Yeah, is this, that the is a, this crazy like, town. Yeah, there's Goodbye. some crazy town going went on. downhill fast in between issues. Well, it, it, yeah. So much for that football game. It's not happening. That's why nobody it's, showed up. Yeah, it really. Was. There's this one guy who has like lobster claws and, and oh, right God. in the front of the people. There's a lot of people there. And yeah, you see the priest there. I really like it. Lady with her hair on fire. This whole, <laughs> I think this whole miniseries is an allegory for not letting a bad element move into your neighborhood. Into town? Bring the property. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like just ruin yeah. your town. It just ruined the property value. Yep. It's all down. It's like when Eric moved into Quakertown. All hell broke loose. Oh, That's what, uh, that's what, uh, His mother going around with her pink cowboy hat. Next thing you know, the neighbor's house went down in value. J.T. Kroll's real big into real estate, right? Huh? What's that? J.T. Kroll's real big into real estate, right? Yes, he, he is a uh, real estate... Just like uh, what, his hobby. He's I don't just even know what you that, call yeah. the people. Yeah, he's really big into real estate. Actually, he's just mad because uh, Eric moved in next door. Eric, oh. <laughs> he actually lived in Quaker Town. Yeah, the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's going on here with that kid? Hey, I don't know why. JT, JT Crawl. <laughs> Here's my impersonation. JT Crawl. Hello, love. What's going on here? I Eric's probably the best neighbor you could have because he. I, I, I get the impression he doesn't move a lot. No. Nope. And yeah. he's watching movies all day. I remember so. at one point I, I had talk the, to you or bother you. I had the insanity <laughs> workout, and Eric's like, "Oh man, you got to make copies of that for me. You, you know, make some copies. I'll do the insanity workout." So I yeah. give it to him, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to upset the guy below me." I'm like, "Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there's your excuse." <laughs> it's all about jumping up and down. I'm on, jumping I have a up guy and down. Below, I can't do that on the third floor. That is right. Uh, I second floor to me. I, I still don't believe that building has three floors. It just doesn't seem right. You think this uh, is, does Eric live in like a half attic? I, it might be. I don't I live know. In a, like in the court of the owls, in between the fucking floors. Yeah, yeah. The floors. That nobody ever heard of until yeah. now. There he is. What did What did you give this, Reggie? I gave it an eight out of ten. I I would go eight five. I love the art. I think the art's great. I love the colors. Like I said, Andrew Dollhouse. I don't know what colors Soto Color did, and and that's a crazy name to me, Mister Soto Color. Uh, but it, I love the color. I I love the art in this. And I, like we said, we've been talking about the story, the way it's not forced. And this is a you know, it's kind of it is. It's a callback to the '90s comics. It could be really forced, and you could even go with the the whole. Hey, it's it's part of the era. You know, it's it's. I really like what J.T. Kroll does, where he how he sets things up in a non-forced way, even yeah. reminding you without. You know, we're not getting a flashback of last issue. Instead, he throws in a couple conversations, and you're like, okay, like Eric said, he forgot all about Albert's powers. He got that right out in a great conversation. 
a great conversation that a kid with invisibility might ask a cop. Yeah. You know, hey, would this be illegal? And I really did like it. Uh, they're, they're playing it straight. They're not mocking. Yeah, nice that's what I mean. It is. Or, you know, they're, they're just kind of just letting it yep. be what it is. And it's been yeah. so consistent the whole run. Yeah. This is just, I guess, you know, it's the same team on every book. But yes, it's just it been uh, consistent. And you know, I, something I, I look forward to every month. When this comes out in trade, if people haven't read it, I think that they should check it out. Uh, I, yes. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to get it in trade. I was uh, like, yeah. and I it's weird because this. that first issue, people really shit on it, and we liked it right away. And to me, it's gotten stronger and stronger. Uh, the me, story is, and uh, yet you don't hear anybody talk about it at all. It's like I the coming remember, of I mean, even we did. We were tying it into that event. That '90s event, you know, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. bloodlines. Yeah, which we this, were trying this to figure out what really, it was. It, it's similar, but it's not the same thing at all. Well, it's, and again, it's you're going to you're going straightforward. Yes, and you bring out you bring out the bloodline. Really, this had a lot of chips stacked against us or against yeah. it from the get go, and it's impressing me. But though it seems people listening could even probably even think. You know, we're we're seem to be into these minis when like this yeah. and a six pack and uh, coming a Superman that we really latch on to these things and like them. Uh, but I really do like it. What would you give well, it? There? Not only like the '90s comic feel that it has, but also Reggie and I like talk to each other each time like a new issue is coming out. All right, what horror element do you think yeah. this one's going to have? Because each issue has its own different horror element yep. or sci-fi. And, and I'm not a huge too. horror guy, but to me, this issue was the Duncan. Like, yeah. There was a time when I, I used to care. And then you see the whole thing with his family and stuff like that. I really liked it. Like, I mean, this one was like Village of the Damned. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Kind of the body zombie snatchers, going on. A little bit of that. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's even got maybe, I don't know, a little bit of Prince alien of Tides. Type thing, aliens, like, yeah. like next issue. Right Prince now, of I'm going to go with John Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing. Oh, you're going to go with The Thing? I can see I it with, the last, with The Last Monster, right? Oh, the yeah. Devil Wears Prada. That, that, Probably that like the one? movies you watch. Something like that. You like that? <laughs> Titanic. But no, even with all this stuff, I, I love the series. I love the art in this. But I think I'm, this one's a little down for me just because I didn't understand everything right away. So like a 7.5, I think I'd give yeah, it. Yeah, actually, like I said, the stuff that threw you off was the stuff I loved the most. Where yeah. you didn't know, like, holy shit, where'd these fucking zombies go? And then when you find out at the end that they didn't care about them, that they just walked away. They were getting to the what what looks like a feast I don't know what it is, but that was is, their concern. The, these heroes, they're the quote-unquote heroes that the villains care nothing about. They're, they're nothing to them. They're from just we, going in their drones to get to this This From uh, what I get in this thing. issue, though, it's like uh, this alien race, these parasites, they go world to world. And I think they drop the same kind of things because there's always going to be this priest character that can control everybody to bring it back yeah. to the freaking source. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what he did. And even even that, the priest character, I it's weird. You could even go to the point where that's just to gather the people because when uh, Eddie even knows where they're going, he kind of gets that sense of yeah. that's where they're supposed to go. And, yeah, those people yeah. are already gone when they get there. And well, the priest did, is even I, surprised that they're not part of the mind yeah, control. That's what I'm but saying. He it know it they seems like church, he's yeah. kind of like the gather guy. And yeah, I like that idea too. And I really did like how it ended up where, like I said, you, you don't even know what the hell these zombies, what happened to them. And then they do find out, okay, they, they really don't care about you. Uh, they're yeah, just moving on. And so. now they're going to try to stop it. Duncan, to me, is going to go to town. He has been waiting for this. Uh, he doesn't opportunity. have enough ammo. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't even have to aim. It just freaking I think, those, boom. I think those swords are coming off. You know, those yeah. swords are coming off, and he's gonna hack and slash his way to glory. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, he'll be standing above on a pile yeah. of uh, bloodlines. Pile of bodies. just 
freaking severed limbs. Well, let me ask you guys: Would you would you want to see these characters folded into the regular DCU? Yes. Uh, yeah. I want to see I, a lot I, more of that. Enjoy that. Yeah. I it's weird. I, I don't it, know. I can see it some of them more than others. Well, uh, it, obviously Eddie could join. Yeah. And he, you know, he's basically a, a berserker superhero. Well, right there. Teen, teen Titans. I was but thinking I mean, you go right to Teen Titans. I was thinking that as well. But even if they had another dark book that ends up, you know, Constantine could show up and, and you know, yeah, find out what's going on with them, or like a like something like that, a swamp thing or whatever uh, could end up. But yeah, Teen Titans I, though is the thing I thought right away that would you be. You could crazy. definitely give Haley. You know, Haley is like a fake Wolverine sorta, of, so she yeah. could have her place as like the antihero. But like, what are you gonna do with a kid like Albert? Yeah, he's dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to the uh, I, like, I like Blake too, and I love Duncan. But again, the they say that you know people. Who are these people? They say that, that you know making a new character and a bunch of new characters is the hardest thing. It's a hard sell. Yeah, I think yeah. they do a great job in this book. I know oh, all I, the characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really I'm really not them. trying to denigrate it, but it, it's. Uh, I think all the characters are working well. Yeah. Within the context of this story, I'm just curious, like you know, if you threw Dana on the on the Justice League or something, it'd be, it'd yeah. be you know, it would be interesting. It'd be cool. Yeah. Well, that uh, we'll move on, right? Certainly. Right. Uh. Yikes. And Batman Beyond number 15 is next, isn't it, Eric? It is. Oh, man, I love that Bloodlines. How about you? <laughs> is that what we did? We just talked about it, Eric. Boy, you have very bad shit. I'm getting early. Memory. I know. It's early onset Alzheimer's, man. I don't even know where the is. fuck I am just right now. Just talk about Bloodlines with Reggie. You just left. Yeah. And then you just can't Quiet fellow when he anyway. leaves. It's weird. I don't know if he is that, that quiet, Eric. You know, usually it sounds like this. There he nice. goes. He just left. He just slammed the door. He Bye, Reggie. upset with us. He was very upset. Hello, Weird Science. Oh, shit. Oh, hello, Dan's Jen. Here. How are you doing there? Right here on Weird Science. Yes, thank you, yes. Thank you. Well, right uh, here at Weird Science, you get Batman Beyond number 15. Yes, you Written do. by Dan Jurgens with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Maialo, and Dave Sharp. Dave. We don't get much we haven't seen already in this issue besides for our heroes finding out that Rewire is Terry McGinnis. But as long as Spellbinder is out and about, it might not even matter. Nope. That's what I got for you, because the end. everything <laughs> we have dealt with happens again here, except for yeah. our characters finding out that Terry McGinnis is indeed Rewire. Yeah. This because book is fucking a poorly stalled. Fitting mask. A poorly fitting mess. I do think that when Rebirth was announced, uh, they had the whole thing. Like, listen, we got to slowly get to where Terry McGinnis is back to being Batman Beyond. That's how Rebirth will start, and that's what uh, you're supposed to do with Dan Jurgens. I don't know that it's a lot of his fault. I do think he was giving a ton ass of issues to slowly get to this. It's ridiculous that this book is still going on. There's no need for us. We could have dropped it and said, hey, look, Terry's back, and then wait a few months. Hey, look, it's Batman Beyond. I was just going to say, I didn't know what you were going to say, but yeah, I agree. You could have ended this book in May, (laughs) <laughs> you could end it in June, just when when Rebirth hit in June, just end this book. And yeah, if it takes a couple months to have Batman Beyond come out, I don't think that there's anybody who is going to think in those couple months, oh, you know what, fuck this Batman Beyond. I yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. All this is, is unfortunately to me, is getting the bunch of Batman Beyond fans to shell out more money. Because if you've been invested in, if you've been invested in this series since the DCYOU started, uh, you would think that you'd keep buying them. No, no, I've seen the sales. 
They are not. Yeah, but the core people are like Mark. He's buying it, and I bet you that's enough to keep it profitable. Me and Mark are reading this book, and we're pissed off about it, but we're still doing it. You're pissed off and reading it, but you're going to keep reading it because you've been invested in the story. I can tell you right now that a couple issues ago, you could have stopped reading it, and you would have known exactly. Plus, that's the funny thing. When Rebirth hits – you know the whole concept of rebirth is to make it so it's a jumping on point exactly. for everyone. So you could just give it up, but you Same know, you, is in the case. You the and Mark are all like for punishment. It's, it's crazy all the shit that went down with me a couple months ago, but now I'm back and we can start the story right. Thanks, Terry. All right, let's move yeah. on. Thanks, Terry. I do like uh, a couple things about this. There uh, are what, things to like. What's his name? What's his brother's name? Matt now McGinnis. I'm, Matt. I like Matt kind of being an Oracle type thing or even being a Robin there. At he's doing the same thing he was doing up right that now. Costume. What's I'm that? Saying, he's doing the same thing that Duke's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging out and, you know, doing things. Is this I, – I don't know. That Robin symbol ju- does throw me off. Oh, I was so the, fucking pissed when, off. When Matt was eyeing up the Robin costume that maybe it's like one of those where it's a prelude to when Matt is Robin and they'll have that symbol to call him, but it makes no sense. No, um, the thing it, is I'm pretty sure he was looking at the Robin costume and not the red Robin costume. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, he, Because they shine the red, Robin, red Robin. the red Robin symbol in the sky. But I, before we'll talk, we'll actually talk about this book a bit. Yeah. Our, our issue starts off with Batman and Barbara Gordon fighting off a bunch of looters because the city is going through fucking blackouts They're all going over. Random blackouts. We're and, in Baghdad now. And we we even get a point out it wasn't even this bad when Brother Eye was attacking nope. everybody. No. But for some reason, shit's gone bad now, and they got to keep going from drugstore to drugstore because looters want them goddamn drugs, and they're taking everybody wants stuff. drugs. They're, everybody they're there for fucking Percocets. There, Percocets. I, I don't. I'm trying to think of what you just called those other pills you took earlier. Fucking mini thins. Mini thins. <laughs> mini thins. That I don't know if that was the brand name. That's what it said on the bottle, though. Mini thins. I bought Thin those. Mints. That's all I they think of. Very. They were very cheap. Those mini thins, and that that guy at Seven Eleven should not have been able to sell those. It really, when I was taking them, it threw me off so much because it. it Made me think also of the places that sell bongs and yeah, water pipes. Head shops. It's for tobacco use. Yeah, right. I remember I freaking uh, bought a pipe at a head shop. Mm. And I was like, "Can I get a bowl?" He's like, "Whoa, whoa, you can't call that it that." I'm like, "Yes, I can." He's like, yeah. "No, you can't." It's, yeah, really? it's a, it's a pipe that? for tobacco. It's like, a water. It's a tobacco what I'm doing water pipe. Yeah, right. Water pipe. Wait, who's that guy? Wait. Steve at the freaking uh, the Q Mart. Oh, really? The that... alligator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who it me was? shit like 20 years ago, yeah. Jesus Christ, man, with the fucking alligator. <sighs> yeah, many cents. They're, they're going after the many cents and the water pipes, Eric. But the, the weirdest part is, like, we have this rolling blackouts, and we've been dealing with an electricity-based supervillain for the past couple of issues. Nobody seems to want to think about this until Barbara Gordon is taken, and they find scorch marks that are, you know, electricity-based on her car. And then Matt's all like... You know what? This could be right. rewire. And then Batman Beyond is a dick. Tim is a dick because he's all like, he's acting like he's been in the know this whole time. Of course it is, Matt. Yeah. Get the it's fuck like, out of course. here. Of course. Why would you Take it till you make it, Tim, huh? You son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, I do like, I, I actually did like when Barbara kicks the mask off and sees that it's oh, Terry. So and it, it really does take, what's that? The helmet is so loose. I know it is. And he's like, ah. And I do like also with a spellbinder in the back and the old lady persona in the back in the middle. The, really, I know the whole the whole guise of this, but what old lady is walking around in this like sort of thing? She's in the Hard middle of Neo Gotham like, old lady. Really? 
she like appears to be in the middle of a fire. She's just standing there. Eh. But yeah, they, they go so on like you Terry said. Terry McGinnis Batman is alive. Fine. Barbara's all shocked as shit. Yeah. She gets taken. And I do like they're like, oh, we have to find where she is. We're going to go get her. And as they're going, uh, they're heading off to Blackgate, right? Yeah. And I, now I actually one of my favorite lines is when Matt's like, maybe the you know, maybe it's a trap. Oh, it's definitely That's a trap. trap. <laughs> I really like that. Actually, I like that. He's like, yep. And in my mind, he's like, I may not be coming back. And he's going into the whole thing thinking that, yeah, rewire can kind of manipulate my suit. Yeah, shit's going I back. actually at this point, I actually thought that he should just take off the goddamn suit. I really do. He's still Tim yeah, Drake. We still might as well because he, he gets there and his suit is disabled and if, he ends up hey, taking that bike. If it's me, Red Robin outfit goes on. You want to call Red Robin, you're going to get Red Robin. I wish that he would have done that. Like, okay, he's back at the cave. The Red Robin symbol's up there. I don't think, I don't think his suit fits anymore. He's yeah, grown up a bit. Make it fit. <laughs> he's, it's like a half shirt. His belly's hanging out. Actually, you see him. He's there. He sees the symbol and he's like, okay, wait a second. He's there. He's got the sewing machine out. <laughs> he's making up that. Okay, wait. And then, like, they, it keeps getting bigger. Because he's getting so angry that he's not getting showing impatient. up. Yeah, he's getting real impatient. He's sending up fucking uh, planes with banners and then smoke things. Now there's like, seven Red Robinson oh, yeah. in the sky. Oh, yeah, they're all over the place. But, yeah, I, I actually would have liked him to say, like, hey, I'm going after cool Rewire. Hit. He can manipulate the, the, the suit. He wants Red Robin. He's getting Red Especially Robin. Especially for Get where we're going in the no. series where Terry's, yeah. I mean, Terry's going to be back in the Batman Beyond suit. Yeah, so that I would have loved cool. that. I, I thought that would have been awesome. I sat there and pondered when I was doing my review, though. It's like, all right, I guess I can kind of say since they took Barbara and she is in brainwash when we see her, that she spilled the beans that Tim Drake, Red Robin, is now yeah. Batman Beyond. Yeah, that I can kind of go with I, that if you want to. But like even Matt's, uh, Mark said in the freaking mail, having a Red Robin, where did they get this? Yeah, I know. It's fucking it the middle of the night. Sense. They're at a goddamn abandoned prison. Did they go shopping for supplies on the way yeah. back? Yeah, they just went and got supplies. They got the Red Robinson. Well, Barbara's only so been funny. gone I like missing know. an hour. I'm looking at it now, and I, I had it's weird because it's one of those things where when you see it, what I was concentrating on was the black part of it, and it just looks like a, almost like a smiley face. And then because it's kind of upside down at points. Like yeah, it's I weird to decide to go upside down for different yeah, angles. I, I didn't know what it was until I found out. And then I'm like, okay, it's one of those. Now all of a sudden the picture comes into view. I see. It was very odd. You're looking at the, the negative space. Yeah. Well, and the point where, like you're saying, even at that point, I didn't even think of the symbol as being that because I was like, you know, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. Like you said, all of a sudden it's, you know. They, they've been working on it a while. It is a, it's a multi-use symbol. They just, it, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, it would have been kind of cool for him to show up as Red Robin. And they're it like, oh my cool. God. That would have fucking you know, enhanced I, the story we, in my mind. And then you know what else happens? Uh, Terry McGinnis is, uh, is not after Red Robin, really. Nope. You know what I mean? He's been told all this time, he's been brainwashed that Batman is his villain. Batman has tried to kill him. Batman's always after him. Red Robin shows up. I think that throws a whole thing. I got no beef. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have beef. And then fucking Spellbinder would have to try to kind of do something a little out of the order. You know, oh, no, no. Red Robin's well, killing. And I think Terry would be like, wait. Think, a, Davis you know, Dusk. Uh, time back, out here. Back you know. uh, 50, 35 years ago, he, yeah. this Red Robin I, really harassed your grandfather. Why the hell could he have done this? I would have really liked this issue. <laughs> Uh, I'm talking about what this issue should have been. Uh, there's not much to what it is. No. Uh, basically, it's a lead up for 
Tim to find out it's Terry, but especially to me, Matt, to find out oh, that his brother yeah. is still alive. And he does see that, and it, uh, he's unbelievable. He's like, holy shit, it's for real. He's alive. Because, because Rewire gets his fucking helmet knocked off again. Yeah, he gets his helmet knocked off. And then you get more of Spellbinder's whole talk and a, a repeat of when, you know, Batman attacked and, they, you know, all this nonsense. We, it's, we've it's, heard the story before. It seems we know the, that it's the little mix-up in this issue where they try to change things up a bit because we've had Terry, who believes he's Davis Dusk, Rewire, going around and stealing batteries to keep his suit charged because he yes. believes it's keeping him alive. Now Spellbinder has him believing that he has to kill Batman because the only thing that will keep him alive is the Batman Beyond suit. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that this happened at one point. I might be mistaken. I thought that they were spelling out at one point that the battery whole thing, the batteries were running out. They weren't going to be able to keep those going, that yeah. the Batman suit would be able to keep him alive. I think at one point he even said that when they attacked Man, don't fucking take part. this away from me. This is the one thing yeah, I was no, trying to I, go I with that I didn't put in my review. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird. I think that at one point when they actually – remember when uh, Terry went back to that one place that that they – his first like uh, time when he was trying to find out where yeah, that freaking, Tim had uh, gone. funeral home or whatever. Yes, that funeral, morgue, I, or, I, I, I don't swear even know. to God that at a point he even said something to, to Batman, the Batman Beyond, like, oh, if I had your suit, this would keep me forever and I wouldn't need to do this. I, maybe I'm making up. Yeah, my, I don't know. Maybe I'm the I do remember shit. something, though, about that or maybe uh, – Spellbinder told him that before, but yeah, even so, it's just thrown out there. And and oh, this whole issue is just the same story. Well, oh, one thing it does oh. really clear up, which doesn't really make any sense, but it kind of clears shit up, is when we get the real backstory of what happened to Terry McGinnis. He was the yes. brother I attacked. He was taken on some cyborgs and went like you know fell in battle. And Spellbinder found him, and he's been fucking working on him yeah, for a couple it, of years. It, it seems like. Too. It was even spelled out, too, that the whole thing was uh, like Tim in the timeline and changing that is why he ended up not dying the way he thought he did. Uh, that's and the thing, though. That's what it bothers me because it really seemed when t t uh, Tim came back or to the future and he's talking, yeah, your brother died. He came back. Everybody seemed to be OK with the fact that like, oh, yeah, that's what Terry did. He went back in time to prevent this. Yeah. Yeah. But here it's just he fell in battle and everybody's like, oh, he's dead. But it doesn't explain Tim's connection to Terry at all. Yeah. It, it's weird. It, it bothered the hell out of me because yep. I'm okay with finding things out as long as they make sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm going through to, to see, like, the whole crazy things. But, yeah, it, it is odd. <laughs> but, again, it's it's okay. It's just the same thing. And, it, uh, you know, Spellbinder was teamed up with Cuvier and – you know what? Getting, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what throws everything off in this is that we knew before. I think it was a mistake to show us that it was Terry McGinnis all the time as Rewire. Right. We kind of knew it. it I know, it but they revealed up before it. they revealed it. But the big reveal should have been now. It should have been like at one point, Barbara. Again, I'm talking about what I think the issue should <laughs> have been. But uh, you know, Barbara kicks off the mask. You don't see who it is. And Barbara's like, oh, my God, it's you. And we're like, oh, my God. You know, if it was a real big surprise, oh, my God. Then they go and finally Tim and Terry battle it out. Mask comes off and, you know, the helmet. And then you're like, oh, my God, that's been Terry all along. And then they can dun, explain dun, the dun. whole thing because we've had this explanation of Spellbinder. And, yes, it has changed a little whatever. But we've had this whole thing now. For the last three issues, about oh, I found you. First, it was her telling Spellbinder. Oh yeah, but it's like you know, telling he Terry. He rewire. 
Yes, and it's all it just keeps coming and coming, and we get it again now. Pretty they're much so. It's just, it to, instead of rewire the whole backstory we had before, it is Batman Beyond instead. There, yeah. So it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's the same, and that's when you get Matt's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta get there," and you're you're getting the point where it is a uh, Winter Soldier type thing, where there is Terry. He's completely brainwashed, and you get the idea that when Matt shows up, he'll remember, "Oh my God, you're my brother," and then she'll come. Oh, Open your mind, Quaid. You would you would think that yeah, they'll open their mind, and you would think that uh, Terry and Tim will both take down Spellbinder together, and, and Barbara. And they'll go from and there, Matt. and I think, and at that point, well, that, that's the funny thing too is I actually didn't mind the whole concept that the bat suit would protect him, mm-hmm. but Barbara at one point they basically say like no. Or is it is it Barbara or Tim who says that no? She's you know it's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. You don't need that and. I think that that's the case. So you know, I. I guess I guess the whole thing of telling Terry that you need the bat suit that ensures that he is going to have to kill whoever is Batman Beyond at this point to get the suit. So you're kind of you know two birds with one stone type deal. Two red robins and, with one yeah, stone. Yeah, okay. but um, I really think at one point something bad will happen that he may need the suit to go on. And that's where Tim will give him I the suit. I hope not, because that kind of feels like Dick Grayson in Earth 2, where he yeah, needs the exosuit. Yeah, I just, I, I, you think that they're going to both fight Spellbinder, though, right? And defeat oh, yeah. him. Matt will be there. Tim, I, what happens yeah, with Yeah, kick Tim? his ass, bro. What do you think happens with Tim going Wait. forward in the, in the rebirth? I, either they're going to send him back in time somehow, you, or he's going to die. Think, you think He they, can't they, be in it, in my huh, mind. You would think they'll send him back in time, right? But you have not, nothing has come out... Well, even that, his timeline doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. He has to die, right? Or is he going to be... No, he he wouldn't be the mentor. Well, maybe he is the mentor at this point. I have no idea because he's not that much older than Terry in my mind. That's what I mean. And also, we've already seen now that Terry seems to know more about the suit than Tim. And as we've seen from Future's End into this, Tim doesn't really want to be in the superheroing business anymore. He's kind of forced. Maybe he'll walk like Bruce Banner. Um, I'm off with the, the Hulk music playing. But who wants to be in this terrible, terrible fucking future where everything is destroyed except for fucking Gotham? I don't know. I, I, that was the biggest yeah. problem with this goddamn story arc. To have him die, even though his timeline... I mean, series. Yeah, it's just, he can't be going forward, right? No. <laughs> He's a man out of like time, and he has no yeah. time to call his own anymore because it's been erased. Yeah. It's weird. We'll see. I, if you went back in time, there would be two Tim Drakes. Maybe he'll be more of like, instead of the mentor that we usually get, he'll be more of like an oracle where he'll be in the, the cave. Or maybe he'll become, maybe it's one of those where Matt will become Robin, per se, you know. Yeah. And Tim will mentor Matt. Or maybe Tim and, will take on, become Nightwing Beyond. Yeah. I got Batgirl Beyond. He'll dress up. Like, I don't even know where Tim uh, Dick Grayson is in this timeline. If he's dead or not, I don't know where anybody is. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, the the whole factor to me though is what will happen with Tim. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, but yeah, what did you give it? Six out of ten. I did love the art though, but we have we're not really dealing with any new territory here. Yeah, I, I'd probably give it a six out of ten. Really, the the big reveal of him being Terry is not a big reveal. We've known this for well over months. Yeah. You know? And, and it's like Mark pointed out his mail. Mark pointed out his mail. It's another issue where Tim Drake, Batman Beyond, gets his ass kicked. That's his shit kicked out of him. Really? When when Terry becomes Batman Beyond, who wants this Tim Drake as a mentor? Seriously. Is he going to show him how to take a hit? 
He's like the so rock knows how to do. in DC Universe. He just like, takes punches then, to the face. And then you go and you show up and they kick your ass there. And then you hey, cry, Tim, but, but you but don't wait let a minute, them see Tim, it. Why do I want to do that? No, no. That's being a superhero. Why did it, anybody want to kick. do it? I, I think you're a bad superhero. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen. That's what I'm a doing. genius. And then when you, you, <laughs> You're crawl, not him. you crawl back up, you're bleeding out of every orifice, and then you sh- and then you get your ass kicked again. And then you go to the boardwalk, and you see these guys, and they say, is that Such your boy? And then what you say is yes, because that leads to another ass kicking. And you know what? Ass kicking means you win. And then you go back home, and you fall down the stairs, and your shoes fall off. I, I'm bleeding. Therefore, I am the victor. That's the end. Blood the, is life, Terry. Yes, but yeah, that that is the end of the podcast as well, Eric. We have our pick of the week. Pick of the week, Eric. Mine is Batman. Batman uh, is my pick of the week. You Batman was going to be, even though I think I gave that and Nightwing the same score. I want to go. I'm going to change things up. I because I really had a good time talking about Nightwing. Nightwing it is. That? Holy moly! Actually, no. But Bloodlines. If, I think I gave that an eight out of ten. Yeah. Who would have thunk it, Eric? It's weird because oh, that was the last lines. book we talked about, right? The book that you forgot about. Bloodlines. <laughs> oh, yes. But, yeah. Uh, no, no. I think I was down on that issue. I think you gave that a 7-5 oh, as well. Goodness. I'm going Nightwing. Just, how can you not remember, Eric? We just did it. <laughs> You're going Nightwing? I'm going it's, Nightwing. I think that'll make uh, everybody happy that we are on the Nightwing trolley. I really didn't uh, think I was going to be. I'm happy about it. Oh, are you happy? Your happiness makes me happy, Eric. Oh, that's Everything, amazing. Anything that makes you happy makes me happy. You want to hear the happiness that we'll have next week? These books never end, Eric. They no. never end. We have Action Comics number 961. You think something's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't read that one yet. I was going to no, read No, I'm it. just saying in general, like your thoughts. Do I think something's going to happen? Yes. Besides I, a fight? No, I don't. I think that he's gonna <laughs> fight. Doom's gonna arc fight is almost over. <laughs> That's all we're gonna get. It's just this is a seventy-issue arc, and it's just Doomsday fighting. Who? The next book, Eric, a new number one, All-Star Batman number one. That all is right. Scott Snyder and John Romita Jr. I have read it. And I'll tell you, I'm impressed. I am very impressed. Oh, that's cool. I, I am actually reviewing that, and I have not read it yet. Yes, you have I was a little bit worried. I, I can't. I'm not supposed to spoil things, but I am impressed. I like that. I'm very impressed with John Romita Jr.'s art on this, and that is something that I was yeah. very down with. I did not like his art. Oh, you were down now. with it? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was down on it. Now I'm down with it. You're going down on John Romita. I got you. Yes, I might go down on him after this. It looks really good. The the detail that he puts in it, he really is putting his best foot forward. Best foot forward. The next one is Deathstroke Rebirth number one. Nice. Christopher Priest. Uh, right. I hope it's good for how much we enjoyed it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not read it yet. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Ha. Hmm. I have. I have. Next book, Eric. Uh, I'll tell you, it, it looks like it's, I, I paged on it. It looks like it's going to be good. It, it is a little slower paced than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the next one is Detective Comics number 938. Uh, Get a little down on I, that book, man. It better pick up a bit. I think you'll be into it now. The next book, Earth 2 Society number 15. The book that never ends. It is. It's like Harry Potter, The Boy Who Lived. Earth 2 Society, the book that lived forever. 
That thing is immortal. That the thing is, too, for this weird-ass, uh, you know, twice monthly now, I don't yeah. remember what happened in last month's issue. I know. It, it's weird. I said that before where the I'm so used now to the, the two a week or two a month, I mean, that when you do get that month, it, you, you do. You forget completely about oh, the yeah. goddamn book. Oh, the next one. Hal Jordan, Green Lantern Corps, number two. I'm looking forward to that. I hope that that – I've actually enjoyed that um, – the Hal Jordan book, uh, but that's another one that shit has to start happening, right? Real quick. Yeah. Uh, New Superman number two. That's one of the monthly ones, and yes, it, again, it throws me off. Uh, but remember, that ended with uh, Kong Keenan. I'm not going to be racist with that freaking J-Man. I'm not going to call it Ching Chang Chong. That's terrible. It's inappropriate. Ching Chang Chong. That's J-Man. He's the Ching Chang Chong man. Uh, no, remember, it ended up with him being attacked by the Chinese Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, I look forward that, to it. That was I, cool. I want to like the character because in the first issue, he was such a dick I could not get into yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the next one's Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth number one. I look I forward to that. Rebirth number one. That shouldn't be Rebirth number one. No. That should just be Red Hood and the Outlaws number one. That's great. They messed up there. Um, but yeah, I, I have read that. And I liked it. So I'm looking forward to reviewing that. Next one is Suicide Squad's Most Wanted, number one, Eric. El Diablo and Boomerang. We talked about that tonight because it was released early. So we already talked about that one. We Maybe I'll Su- read that. Uh, no. Don't. No, I will not. <laughs> Superwoman, number one. And I will say one thing about that. I don't know why that woman is woman and not women. Shh, women, Eric. That is fucking spoiling shit. Women. I'm not saying anything else. I have read that book, and I think there's potential there. I don't like it. Uh, Flash number four. Looks good. Flash number four. Yeah, I just, I'll give you a hint, Eric. Do not ever let your superhero identity out on, out of the bag. No. Uh, the don't Flintstones do number two. Number two. We ain't talking Wonder about Wo- that. No. Wonder Woman number four, which goes back to the year one stuff that I am doing. I have a lot of books next week. Yes, you do. I am the man, the highest man on the totem. I'm telling you, originally it was you doing Superwoman and also All-Star and Batman. All-Star and Batman. it's like, oh shit, Jim has every goddamn book next and, week. So. Yep, we were talking, you were taking All-Star Batman off my hands. Yep. And that's fine. That's good. I, I don't, I'm glad that I'm not doing both big Batman books. Right. That's, that's something that should been that should be kind of split up in my mind so that you don't have one guy with this one opinion. So And, and you, depending on how lazy I am, though, because Reggie took Superwoman off your hand, I was thinking about trying to take it off of him, but it all depends on how lazy I feel. Yeah. Well, he likes it. Oh, does he? Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, he liked it. I, I was not that thrilled with it. I'll, I'll let that out of the bag, and that's why I said, you know what? I asked Reggie if he had read it, and he liked it a little more. So I, I said, got strange ideas for that series. I was thinking a lot about it. Yeah, really? Hmm. Little theories on, on oh, your hands? I was even thinking about putting some fanboy theories up, but also depending on how lazy I feel. Yeah. Every, well, if anything deals or relies on your laziness or lack thereof, we're not seeing much, Eric. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm like, hey, what happened to that fanboy theories? But, Jim, I'm playing Zelda. Zelda, like, Jim. Zelda's Twilight not Princess from Zelda's not giving ago. us clicks. There's no clicks coming from that Zelda. I didn't hear you mention Zelda once all night, so it wasn't giving you any pop culture references you were slapping on here. No, I haven't played today, man. Oh, no Zelda. I didn't play last night either because the fucking Olympics were on. Yeah, fuck those Olympics. But yeah, that's it. that is it, Eric. Um, one thing I will say, I forgot to put in the song for the week, the the pep song. 
you know, our morning zoo song oh, yeah. week. You kind of want to leave it off with that. Get people fucking um, going. What's that? Yeah, I, you you like it at the beginning, right? No, no, I, I don't know. I was thinking maybe it is more of an ending thing. We'll leave you well, with this the for thing, the week, though, people. You realize that most people are ending this podcast. I also thought Thursday. about that as well. Yeah, that's the problem. But I think I'm going to end the podcast with that after our C17 party's over. You can you can hang tight and listen to the pep song, morning zoo song for the week. Uh, I don't know. I hate the week. I hate the weekend, Eric. I hate everything. Kill me. Kill me now. I am dead inside. Yeah, but that's it. That's the podcast. Uh, that is the podcast. That is what we call the podcast. I'm desperately trying to find my sound that we end the podcast with. <laughs> what do we say at the end there? Everybody, have a great week. Keep it proud. weird, and we'll see you on 7. Proud, proud. Penis is clean, your highness. Good morning, Vietnam! Don't you know my name? Who's up in here, okay? I am a peacock! You gotta let me fly! Death by stereo. I'll fire the Kuma chain, make my father proud. 69, dudes! You're all worthless and weak! Of the moonshine, Ricky's dead pappy used to make. <laughs> but Rick, not him back. Would you 